Welcome to the Broken Token Classic Arcade and Pinball Podcast. Hey, Whitney, we're back kind of soon, aren't we? Dude. Weren't it, you just here? We just did this a week and a half ago, man. What's up? Man, you're spending too much time here. <laughs> I, it's because it's because it's so much fun, man. Oh, my. Well, episode 22 looks like our second episode this month, thanks to a special appearance from a Mr. John Trudeau. It's either double shot or double jeopardy. I don't know which one it is, but I'm going to go for double I'm shot. Thinking twice, I'm, I'm thinking twice the pain. <laughs> Oh man, January, dude. I, how was your Christmas? Oh, it was awesome. Good. Yeah, good. I got I actually got some stuff that uh, we'll talk about here later in the show. It was yeah. related to uh, the game room. Man, I got the flu. It was great. <laughs> I, I felt like Charlie Brown, you know, getting the sack of rocks and everything with the little ghost sheet with all the holes cut out of it. That, that's Halloween. I, I just got the flu. Yeah, exactly. It was, enough, it was like Halloween at Christmas. Oh, I just oddly got enough, I almost said Thanksgiving, which is completely wrong. But yeah, that was the Halloween, Charlie Brown. <laughs> that, that it was, but it felt like that over Christmas. No, I had a great Christmas. I just wound up uh, just wound up getting the flu right, just pretty much almost right after Christmas, and uh, it rolled through uh, the, the end of the the end of the month and and on and on into the rest of the you know on into the rest of the the vacation there. What did Santa bring you for Christmas, Whitney? A bag of rocks and the flu and the flu. That's exactly right. He, he brought me some uh, uh, some flu germs and <laughs> gosh. and everything. Yeah, and you know, like two packs of Tamiflu. Man, it was great. Well, I, I stayed relatively healthy, and I had a great Christmas. Like I said, I got some arcade-related things, um, maybe not directly related. Mm-hmm. It, it, if I were just to mention them outright, the average, you know, without being, quote-unquote, in the know, which means in my little head, yeah. people would say, how's that related to the game room? Well, yeah. guess what? I'll yeah. tell you. Yeah, okay. Well, good. I mean, I got I got some pretty cool stuff as well, but I'll talk about that in, you know, when I kind of go through you know my updates and everything. A lot of, a lot of what I acquired over the holiday break was you know, just kind of long standing stuff that I needed, you know, crimpers and, and just connectors and stuff like that. It, n- not very exciting, but in the realm of the hobby, very necessary. So, you know, all, all still good stuff. So coming out of episode 21, uh, hopefully everyone's given that a listen. If not, I suggest you go back and do it. It's a short episode for us. It is, it, man. It, it was only an hour. I mean, it was like, you know, soap opera and it was just there, there and gone. Yeah. And it was uh, an hour with John Trudeau talking about WrestleMania. Yeah, it was a great episode, and Brent, we've gotten a lot of really good feedback. I mean, I have been fielding, you know, Twitter responses. We've been seeing the Facebook page as well, and uh, it, it seems like there was a lot of positive response to that episode. And when we get into the feedback section and everything, we'll we'll talk through some of that. But yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. And John, you know, we, as as we said earlier, thank you very much for taking the time. So if you haven't listened to it, make sure you spin back. It, it's not an error if the file looks small on your. <laughs> Yeah, there's nothing wrong with it. We promise. Yeah, it's not our normal 350 megabyte MP3. This one was down like around 65, and you know when it's I fin- kind of shocking. Well, when I finished exporting it, getting ready to upload it to the to the web server, I was like, "Hold on, is there something wrong with this? I'm expecting like a half a gig file or something." That's because that's what we normally do. You know, you mean, you mean it's already uploaded? Something's it, it, wrong. It's like, man, something's wrong. But- you know. Uh, we tangent all the time. Just just wait to an interview later in the show. You want to talk about some tangents? Wow! But uh, I, I of course you know we we listen to a lot of the other podcasts. Oh yeah, yeah. And I have noticed that after or, let's see, so this is twenty two. John was twenty one. Yeah. 
twenty was the ma- the mammoth. W- yeah. Would we call that a high water mark at seven hours? <laughs> it was it was tough, man. I think it that was, was a high water it, mark. It was for definitely us. it was definitely the high water mark for the for the show thus far. Yes. So we've had a lot of feedback, not only on that, and, and great positive feedback. Oh yeah, and I've I've even got some seven hour show feedback later. You know that we'll cover later in the show. So yeah, I mean we t- we we take a little bit of a ribbing for it, but then a lot of it's positive as well. And so I just chalk it up to it's all good, man. Yeah, we just keep on rolling. We, we I think we had at least one person that was happy to have gotten it because it was able to <laughs> occupy their entire drive time for exactly. the holidays. Yeah, I know, yeah, and it's great. And it's like, hey, man, that makes me feel good. It's, so, so it's all good. I've there's even been comments on other in a, in a good way, oh, yeah. in a good way, which is great. You know, it always makes us smile uh, about. You know that seven-hour mammoth show at the holidays. You know it's like it's a gift that keeps on giving, it, man. It does. It's, it does. It's like the jelly of the month club. Does, yeah, I, th- I think we said that just like the jelly of the month might, club, man. Oh gosh, I already did it. That's a show title. We are <laughs> the, the jelly, jelly of the, the month, month club. club. It, a gift that keeps on giving. Well, Sparky, you know that's yeah. just how it goes. <laughs> so, uh, astute listeners, hopefully you don't fast forward through the credits yeah. at the beginning and the end. You know, and I, if you do, you may not want to. Just you know, there's a hint. There's other stuff in there you yeah know, we're, we're, we're almost kind of like a marvel movie you <laughs> always want to stay through the credits the cinematic universe yes absolutely yes. yes you may notice that our music our intro music has changed uh, special thanks go out to gary brewer for providing music for well over the past a, year a year and a half essentially absolutely yes yeah gary's provided the music that we've used for the majority of our our fades yeah. and our bumpers between segments as well as the intro and the outro musics mm-hmm. however every once in a while you just got to change a little bit so whitney we have been able to pick up hasty dixie as i guess show music our show music yeah, yeah. that's the best way to put it so, so let's set the background on that just just a little bit so for everybody uh, out there listening brent and i have been long fans uh, of bluegrass music and being from kentucky i think it's uh you know i think they go kind of hand in hand and brent real quick have you seen the newest penguins uh madagascar movie by any chance no i have not dude it, I, I, uh, how does this relate it, it, okay listen to this so i don't want to ruin it for everybody but at the very beginning of that movie uh my daughter and i went to go see the movie and we laughed and laughed and laughed at the very beginning of the movie, the penguins break into Fort Knox using bluegrass music. It was the greatest, it was the funniest <laughs> thing I've ever seen. And so I don't want to run it for everybody, but the penguins said, man, we're in Kentucky, let's use bluegrass music. And then Fort Knox just pops right open. So there's a lot that goes to it, but it was it was awesome. So... Yeah, it, it's been great. I mean, I think the music has definitely fit the theme of the show, but we wanted to kind of progress a little bit. And as much as I like bluegrass music, Brent, you know what? The other side of me, I like to rock, man. So looked over some music that we, that we thought would fit the show real well. Love ACDC, love other you know 70s and, and 80s rock and roll, and Hasey Dixie brings both of them together. So we reached out to, uh, to Hasey Dixie over the Christmas break, and they you know, very graciously allowed us uh, the use of the music for the show. And so, uh, I guess, Brent, we kind of uh, did like Emerald, man. We just like, bam, we kicked it up a notch, baby. And, I, you know, I, <laughs> I don't know how to follow that. I, I don't, I, yeah, you I, know, I think was, I've led it to somewhere that he, it's just like, uh, well, where, 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 yeah, what we do we do next? We, it has been suggested that we video these sessions. Oh, yeah, because I talk with my hands. Well, and so do I. And yeah. I, I actually almost try to sit on my hands because I'll end up hitting mics. I'll, I'll knock <laughs> these laptops over. My drink actually has a screw top on it yeah. so that it doesn't end up in all the equipment. Yeah. And if you'd have seen Whitney, he, he led up to that. He went, bam. Then he looked at me like, it's yours. <laughs> <laughs> 
Do something with this, man. <laughs> what do you want me to do? Double bam it? I'm done. Uh, but yeah, so we hope everybody enjoys uh, enjoys the you know the 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 new sound of the show, and uh, we'll be integrating more you know more of the of the music as we go over the next couple of months. But uh, yeah, dude, it sounds sweet, man. I mean, you know, as, as soon as I started, you know, as soon as I, I started hearing some of the some of the tracks cut for the intro and the and the outro and everything, I, I mean, what did I tell you? It just brought a smile to my face, just like almost immediately. So uh, I don't know, Brent, sounded pretty smooth, man. Yeah, I was I was smooth. very happy with the way it turned out. Yep. And I think it's going to be a uh, a good change for the show for it is. you know yeah, this, it, this coming year. It's going to be fun to get all this different types of music kind of integrated into the show and still pay still pay some homage to where we've come from, but then also have you know also have a little bit of you know kind of kind of kick going to it going forward. So it, yeah, it's going to be sweet, man. I for one am really excited about it, and um, you yeah, know we're going to be rolling some new graphics for the for the MP3 files and stuff like this. I've I've been working on some of the logos while you've been working on some of the music. And yeah, dude. We're, so hopefully, we'll kind of kind of reskin this thing a little bit as we go. So you know, now we've set a precedent. Now every year, kind of, you know, there's some shows that I I listen to, yeah. some like terrestrial based shows. Oh, and okay. every year in January, you turn the show on and you're like, okay, that doesn't sound what, like it did a week ago. What, what happened? You know, and it's <laughs> we, like we can't has, do that. Has the whole thing taken a tone change? Yeah. And then and then you, and then it grows on you that. Uh, now that we've set a precedent, every year we're going to have to change. You know that, I, don't you, dude? I, I don't, we're going to have the December crunch. I, you know, I, there's there's something to be said for you know the show maturing, and then there's there's also something to be said for change for the sake of change. I think what we're doing to the show right now is the show maturing. I don't really want to just do change for the sake of change. I, I mean, I think man, you're making excuses. Uh, okay, because it is a lot of work, dude. <laughs> I, I no, I'm just giving you grief. Uh, it is I a just, lot of work, but but when it turns out good I, like this is, it's work you don't mind doing. So, absolutely, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So we've matured a little bit. Yeah, at least at least in the production values. We're, we're, we're less than we are we're more than we were how about that so Whitney let's touch on a couple of the things that are going to, that are going to come up in this show yeah we are going to have an interview with the the founders of the Louisville Arcade Expo sounds good so I sat down with them for about an hour yeah, and, and I, I was sick man so you carried the water on that one, oh dude. man and it was yeah. it was uh, uh it I was, was a, flu ridden it was an exciting interview we had Joe Stith in this year when we had Matt and Jeremy flights in for episode four yeah. Joe couldn't make it that day so we get a, a little bit of his take on the expo and his he's background. A, he's a funny guy. He's a great guy. Yeah, yeah, he is. It, I'm sure that's going to be. I'm sure that's going to be fun to listen to. I haven't heard it yet, so I'm looking forward to hearing it too. And it'll come out in the uh, in the interview. Louisville Arcade Expo isn't just arcade and pinball. There's also a, a real heavy console and home computer side to it as well, and yeah. that's kind of Joe's forte. He uh, he talks in about that a little bit, what his background is. So we actually dip into consoles a little bit in that conversation. Oh, good, good, good. And, and here's a cool segue for you, too. New Year's Eve. Now, what would that be? Is this New Year's Eve 2014, 2015? What, what do you call that? That came up in, in this conversation. I, New I, Year's I, Eve. I don't, I don't know, dude. I don't it, know which one it is. It's, is you're it? making me think too hard, man. I don't <laughs> it's, know. It's, I can't think. It's taxing. So New Year's Eve. Uh, uh, that bridges 2014-2015 I made a trip up to Cincinnati to yeah. the place Retro Arcade yeah. and you know sat down had a talk with uh, Kerry Chaney mm-hmm. owner of the place um, his wife Estel Goffin and his wife was there as well so got some short interviews with, with all four of those folks yeah. and consoles came up again so I, I think I, consoles are starting to you we, know dude we, I, I don't want to I, I don't want to 
you know, completely. It, it was a short conversation. Well, on no, it, it, well, here's the thing, though. I do want to say this is that at some point, and I know we talked about this early in the show, okay? Probably like around episode four or five or six or something mm-hmm. like that. I have to go back and look at the notes. But we talked about covering some of our console memories and our in and, and touch on our favorite consoles and everything like that. And we haven't done that yet. And I, I for one, would still like to do that because I am a closet console fanatic. All right. And I, I definitely... I definitely have a lot of, I guess, you know, nostalgia for for a certain number of consoles, and I, I'd love to cover them. I don't want to. I don't want it to veer the show. I don't want it to side rail the show so bad that we take on a completely, you know, a, a third tangent to the show or a third, you know, part of the show. But I still would like to cover console stuff from time to time. Well, if, if anything, it's closely related to our our core topic, mm-hmm. and I, I know personally it's in the history, both of our histories. Oh yeah, big time. So I mean, behind you, uh, well, not you. You're looking at a, at a green wall. Yeah, but but, but I behind look. that wall. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, fair enough. In, in uh, back in the storage area, there's a lot of my console collection. Yeah. I mean, just literally feet from you. Yeah. So, and that's what got me started. You know, we we've had Ed, Ed Lutz, Edward Lutz, on the show a couple times. He we interviewed him live at LAX last year. Yeah, uh, he, he was a uh, I think our first interview. That's how, that's yeah, how that's how I two. that's how I first met Edward was yeah. via a console something I needed for a console and it was <laughs> for a Wico Wico made trackballs for consoles back okay. in the day and yeah. it was basically uh, a nine pin interface into like an Atari twenty six hundred and I think it was also compatible with other consoles that the software allowed it okay it was a Wico trackball that we all know and love but it was in a square little was it in the black case that had like the the sides kind of folded over no on it? it was um it was i remember i'd have to go pull one out whitney i know it was there was a lot of red in it i can't remember if the bottom half of the case okay. was red or the okay. top the lid was red but it was the same rollers it was the same optos it was uh the same ball but yeah. it was in that you know what the x arcade sticks look mm-hmm. like oh yeah it's yeah, like I a do. freestanding yep um uh, I don't assembly mm-hmm. like whatever, but it's got a joystick in right, it and buttons. Right. Yep. Imagine that, but on a small form factor, it's like, you, like for a, a control, like a control panel. Yeah, box. like like a portable control panel. Yeah, exactly. You could literally hold it in one hand and then actuate the ball with the other. Yeah. And uh, I think it had a button. And it uh, here we go. We're yeah. off. Well, you know, console palooza. Well, you know what was funny about it this past this past month um, on 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 our Twitter feed, I've had a couple listeners. In uh, one in, in particular uh, that I'll, I'll call out here, Ty Laurie, Ty was uh, posted a couple pictures of some duplicate cartridges that he had for his ColecoVision, and I chimed in. I'm like, "Hey, Ty, take a look at this. Look at all my duplicate Activision cartridges." And then it just goes, it, then it just went down a rat hole, you know. And I don't know. It's it's part of the vernacular. It's part of the hobby, whether you focus on it or not, mm-hmm. you know. And so I, I think it deserves. I think it deserves some time. We'll we'll just need to organize yeah. that and. And then and then make sure that we do it justice rather than just you know rather than just kind of going in and out of it and in and out of it month after month after month kind of I guess kind of like what we're doing yeah, exactly. right now you know but uh, yeah console stuff I, I definitely look forward to hearing Joe's interview I do have a lot of interest in that topic and I look forward to covering some of it you know at a later show hopefully here sooner rather than later so we've got that coming up we've got the little arcade expo interview coming up yeah and uh, we've also got the discussion with the folks at the place retro arcade yes so yeah Whitney, do you want to roll into some updates? Updates, man. So, Brent, this past this past month, um, I've had 
Well, if, if everybody's been, you know, kind of watching the Facebook page and has been kind of keeping track of the of the pictures that I've been posting on there, I think it's no secret that I'm I'm, I'm working on my zookeeper, and so it I can't have, be a secret. When you've got billboards in the city, I, Come I, on. I know, I know, I man, it's, it's great. It's I got great. It. I got a zookeeper. <laughs> it's orange and blue. Yeah, hey, I've, I've repainted part of my part of my basement orange and blue, man. Just it just is an homage, but um. I didn't get to do as much work on it over the holiday as I wanted to, just simply because I was sick. And then plus two, you know, there's you want to you want to spend time with family, and you want to make sure that you're kind of cutting your time up to where you do take advantage of of the downtime with the family and and friends and everything like that. But then also, you know, get a few hours here and there to where you can make some substantial progress on a project that you may not be able to do, you know, at night after you get off work and stuff like that. So despite my best laid plans, Brent, I pretty much got not a whole lot done on the zookeeper. But what I have done has has really, I guess, kind of been a little schizophrenic, simply because um, I've had I've had a lot of fun working on the on the game up until this point. It, it's been it's been enjoyable. It hasn't been tedious or anything like that. But um, I haven't started working on um, I haven't started working on the PCB, and it's going to take it's going that's going to take some work. Even though it was working when I yanked it, uh, yeah, I've got to I'm going to swap the headers out. I'm going to repin the harnesses and everything like that. There's there's a lot there. I've got to um, I've got to install the the coin processor PCB eliminator and get rid of that board right there. Now is that a is that I've heard of that board. I, I've not worked on this platform. It, it is, is that a problem? Is that a weak spot? Something that might. It's it, it's it's considered troublesome and it, and it is considered. Um, well, I'm considered troublesome. I mean, there you go. Me me too. Me too. You can you can ask my wife. She would say the same thing. Um, it is considered troublesome and it is considered one of the weaker spots of of the entire PCB assembly, simply because issues on that board um, will prevent the game from from playing properly. Even I mean, like though, a, like a failure thing or. I've not well, seen it, one. It, it'd is be it? like a, it, it would be more so like a test, like stuck in test mode, not able to get out of test mode, not able to coin the, not able to coin the game up, it not recognize, um, you know, it, it not recognize, um, you know, essentially running properly, being okay. out of test mode. And the thing about it is, it has a lot of harness connectors going to it, so it has ribbon cables going in and has ribbon cables going out. It's, it's additional points of connection, it, and, additional points and, of failure, and, and stress and, and failure. So there is a ROM that you can substitute that completely eliminates that board altogether. All oh, okay. And, and so right. it's it, so it's not a hardware. Uh, elimination, if you will, it's software. It just doesn't test or check for it. Th- that's right. It's it's software that eliminates the hardware, gotcha. so, or, or the need the need for that hardware to be there. So, um, I, I still have to do that, and uh, I am still running, or the game still has the original uh, Tato power supply in it. But I was um, able to get hold of the arcade shop um, switcher uh, switcher kit for for Tato cabinets, and what that does is allows you to install you know a switcher. It has the adapter and everything like that. Uh, so that you can run all of the all of the DC components inside the cabinet for you know the PCBs and everything everything like that of which there are multiple um, all the PCBs and everything um, will run off the switcher and then of course the monitor and everything runs off of you know runs off the the uh, the regulated or the isolated AC that the that the Tato power supply still still supplies so you'll still have both of them in the cabinet it's just one will be doing DC one would be doing AC so I've, I've got that to install because um, apparently. Apparently those Tato power supplies are just they're they're just a nightmare, man. I, I've not I've not worked on one. I've not really um, had much experience with one. It's just if you look on Clove and go through you know go through.
through a lot of the zookeeper threads, I mean, that topic comes up again and again and again and again. And um, one of the guys that, I, that I've been speaking to on there uh, goes by the name Local 413, Peter Grace. Uh, Pete has told me that a lot of times when those power supplies fail, they'll just take out the boards. <laughs> and, man, that's a very expensive board set to ruin. You know, that's one I have not worked on any any Tato games. Mm-hmm. And so I, I don't have experience with those supplies. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I, I, am, do I. I am pretty close to having everything I need to put together a kicks. Yeah. Honestly, I hadn't even considered the supply. Mm-hmm. And thinking through, I don't think in anywhere in any of my parts that I have any Tato linear supplies at all. So you know, I just go straight switcher at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just go straight switcher, and then an ISO transformer for the monitor, and you and you, you ought to be good at that point. But and that's how I would do it if I was building one from scratch. But the nice thing about the Tato linear supply is that on on um, on that board that it sits on in the bottom of the cabinet where the ISO is and everything, it has got um, a really nice set of uh, 110 volt outlets you know in the bottom of the cabinet so you can pick up ac you know for uh you know for the switcher you can you're talking about it. like like about a tr- like a transformer assembly mm-hmm. type of yeah, situation yeah. it's, okay, it's right. nice i mean it's really nice I, I still need to clean it off because mine's pretty dirty i need to get you know a paintbrush and a in, in the shop vac in there and just kind of brush it off and clean it up but it works in, and it works well on that side it's just the dc side of it i think is what really kind of kind of kicks the can so there's, to speak. there's whitney's tip of the day a paintbrush and, and i do that too you yeah. know for, for people that are trying to kind of clean out the bottom of a cabinet and they've yep. got like a transformer assembly set in the bottom of the yep. cabinet and they're like how do i clean all this out because the the dust goes you know, everywhere and it kind of wants to stay it you does. know you kind of almost have to get in there and and get a little aggressive with uh-huh. it yeah i do the same thing i i have a, a couple just junk paint brushes you know yes. inch inch and a half two inch paint br- paint brushes yeah and i'll chase the paintbrush with a shop vac and that's how i'll dust the bottom and, of a cabinet and, and, out. Man, and i'll tell you and it works well oh, with a cabinet off with it off, <laughs> yeah but the one thing i will say i will add to that you have to wear a face mask while you're doing this because you need I, a better shop vac <laughs> you still have to wear a face mask while you're doing this because man dude I, I will say this live I, on the edge well, I, I tell you what, I, I've lived on the edge in a stupid manner. Okay? I remember you talking about that with an Nintendo. It was a Donkey Kong Jr. And, and Brent, that thing got me so sick. And I, it, it gave me a sinus infection because um, I did not work with a fan. I, I did not have enough air circulation where I was working on the game. And I was, and I, I was stuck. I had my head stuck inside the cabinet mm-hmm. a little too long, a few too many times. And so I was breathing um, what was in the bottom of the cabinet. Even though I was running the shop back, I was still breathing what was coming up. You know, mouse, you know, mouse poop and everything like that. And dude, it gave me a sinus infection like I've never had before in my life. And I'm like, no more. So now I, I, when I clean out a cabinet, I do it with a fan at my back. It's, it's circulating air around me. And I always want to feel it at the back of my head while, you know, while I'm working just to, just to keep the, the stank, I guess, from, you know, from just like being straight up in my face. That, that's a good show title right there. <laughs> That was that was that sounded really weird after gonna, I said it. So well, yeah, I'm going to make a that. note of that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we need to. <laughs> that, that would look awesome on some on on you know everyone's phones and MP3 players and iPods when they look down and they're like, yeah, it's like stank in my face. Yeah, stank, stank in my face. It's like, how do I even get a good graphic for that that doesn't destroy us? But I don't even want to Google that. Just let's just yeah. keep going. Just let's keep just keep going. going. But um, pretend that didn't happen. Yeah. So. 
having a having a shop back, having a face mask, and having some moving air, you can tackle this stuff. But to bring it all back around, what you're talking about with the paintbrush, dude, that's key. Yeah, and that's that that's a lesson learned right there. I, I simple was, little thing, just, and it's it, a simple little thing. Once you do it, it I've even uh, used that. Well, I, I say even as if I've only done it once or twice. I do it all the time. When I'm going through a monitor, I'm cleaning up a monitor. Mm-hmm. You'll get, I've got, I don't know how many that that just have dust just caked right into the yolk. Uh-huh. And I want to knock all that off because eventually just in there just working on it, I'm going to hit it. I'm going to knock it down. It's yeah. going to get all over me. It's going yep. to just whatever. Let's just go and get rid of it. Yeah. I'll do the same thing. I'll just take, just lightly brush it. And instead of letting it all fall, I'll just follow it gently because uh-huh. you you got to wash the neck of the monitor, but I just follow it with a with a shop vac. And clean <laughs> you only get one clean chance it up. on those. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now, if it's real bad, that's when we get that's when we kind of go nuclear on it, and take yeah. it out, and take the hose to take it. Take the but hose to it. Nine times out of ten, I'll, I'll just shop vac them. Well, let me ask you this: when you um it, when you're when you're cleaning the tube, because I when I clean a tube, I will always start with the paintbrush, okay, and I'll start knocking the dust off the tube. So as where, where the where the dag is where the dag is, is on the back of the, the back tube. of the tube, okay. okay? So let's say ahead of the yoke, you know, around the around the the, the bulk of the tube itself, the mm-hmm. back of the face of the tube and or the body of the tube, I guess the best way to say it. So I take the paintbrush and I knock the dirt off of it. I chase it with a shop vac and that really helps to clean it up. But you're right, there are times when when that's not going to be that's not good enough. You have to take it out and you have to spray the tube off. But have you ever had to put have you ever had to reapply the dag paint onto I have the not. back of a tube? I have not. Okay. I have now what I the only thing I've ever used, honestly, on the back of a tube where the dag is, yeah, is Windex. And okay. even if I go out and, and I want to and I'm going to hose it off. Uh-huh. I'll soak it down in Windex, okay. and I may even take another paintbrush and kind of you know abrade it a little bit, okay. just kind of you know work it in. Okay, spray it off. I've never quote well, you know knock dag. on wood quote unquote whatever you, you know. I've never wa- washed the dag off. Okay. Now I have read about people saying you know got to be careful what you use. You don't want to. I've done this on. Any monitor and every monitor I can think of that's common in an arcade game and not had a problem. Okay. Now, where I think that 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 comes from is from folks that have a background or maybe that bridge over and like collect old televisions and the material used for that DAG or how, you know, maybe the age of it. Mm-hmm. It's brittle for older units, yeah, yeah. like in the fifties yeah. and and you know sixties. That is either aged out to the point where it's weaker and it's easier to physically wash off, mm-hmm. or it's formulated in a different fashion. And you know Windex or something, a little ammonia, or some modern maybe really harsh chemicals can wa- wash it right off. Yeah, and I've seen you know like like uh, uh, articles online where people have gone back and there's a there's like dag in a can i can't yeah. think of what the product's called and yeah. they'll re mask and reapply yeah well I, I, the reason i ask you is because i i have done it okay by, oh you by have accident. i have knocked some off what yes. did you use well um I was using as as the cleaner. I was using Wesley's bleach white. Okay, okay. and it's a good cleaner for 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 cleaning like monitor chassis and, and things like that. And it does it does a really good job on on the yoke and the tube and everything like that. What I have come to find out though is. I, sp- I early on in the hobby, I was spraying the tubes too hard, and I would uh, and like I would with the hose. Yeah, yeah okay, yeah. Right. I was I was just in, and I, I mean, think like that's the I was I was just picturing you out there with your your Wesley's bleach white, just 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 <laughs> pumping the crap out. No, of it. It, it, it's not. <laughs> 
it's it's not. Uh, it would it would look like cousin Eddie holding the, holding that hose. Okay, you know, I got just, you. Just wearing it out. I got you. But um, the the like issue, you're working that bottle of bleach white. Yeah. Okay. No, that's not that's not it. It's more so just the the pressure of the water out of the water hose, and it would take some of the dag off. And I'm like, whoa, 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 got to back down. And so over time, I've learned the proper way with the hose that I've got and the nozzles and stuff that I have. The proper way to, to yeah, clean I don't, the tubes. <laughs> I don't pressure wash arcade parts. <laughs> <laughs> when, if Welcome I take to a, Whitney's world, man. If I take a hose to anything, yeah. like arcade-related, yeah. um, I'll put it like on a sprinkle-type setting, like yeah. like a garden sprinkler-type of that's deal. What I, that's what I've had to do. And just basically just kind of let gravity shower do its it. thing. Shower. Yeah, there you go. Shower the shower it. setting. Exactly. Yeah. And exactly. it'll all come off. Yeah, see, me, I get mad at the dirt, man. And so I want to <laughs> I, I teach the dirt a lesson. I want it gone. Have, so. you, air, have you ever uh, air-compressed music? I don't even know how to how to say this. Have you ever used well, duh? Let's say it this way. Have you ever used compressed air compressed air on a, an entire cabinet? No, I have not on I, an entire cabinet. I had a cabinet, and, and if you if you're a long time listener of the show, you don't do that in a closed room. No, I can guarantee no, you that. No, no, no. Yes, I did it in a driveway, and you could see the cloud. You mushroomed it. Mushroomed yes. it, huh? Uh, Longtime listeners of the show may remember back to one of the the prior. Um, uh, I think we were leading up to our, one of the prior arcade expos. Well, we, the show's a year and a half old, so it would have been uh, probably the discussion maybe from the last tw- year. Yeah, it would it would have to be. Yeah, well, I had, regardless, I had a, a four-player Williams Pong. It was called a Pro Tennis. Yeah. And it came from a buddy of mine, retired operator. We've talked about him before. I had gone through the game, and I ended up gifting the game back to him. I'd gotten it from him, and... Well, that game had set up in his warehouse since the 80s. I mean, oh, the thing was made I in, see. like, 73 or something. Okay. And it had probably been up there since 76 or 77, whenever it quit earning. Yeah. And it was just decades and decades of dust. And before oh, I brought yeah, it into the yeah, house to yeah. work on it, I took one of my medium-sized compressors. I think it's like a 32 <laughs> or 38-gallon, you know, just on wheels. And I went through, I think, three tanks. Probably looked like Vinkman out, oh, there, yeah. out there with the proton gun, man, just oh. just letting it go. I was all bundled up and had the face mask on, and I yeah. had safety glasses on, and I, I've got uh, an, an air gun that's like got an 18-foot pipe on it. You use it to get down like in the engine compartments mm-hmm. and the yeah. like. Yeah. And I was, I was up in, I was in through the coin door. I had the back door off of it. I mean, it. It was shocking. At, a, at one point, I was like, "All right, I'm gonna let the air compressor recharge." Yeah. And I, I walked down the driveway just to, you know, give it a little time. And I looked back, and there was a liter, literal cloud yeah. hanging over. So. Yeah, that's that, that's that's crazy. There's man. A, there's a tip for you. If you get something that's been sitting around for a long time, take compressed air to it. You know. <laughs> yeah. Just just move it outside. Don't don't do like I did. Or oh, you know what I should have done? Leaf blower. That would that would work well in this situation. Yeah. It was so bad yeah. a leaf blower would have done it. Yeah, that that would that would work well. I mean, I use that to to blow, you know to clean off my lawnmower and stuff, and it works so like a, works yeah. like a treat, man. So well, we're learning all kinds of stuff today, man. I'll tell you. I'll okay, tell you. but yeah, so so yeah, so to bring it back around to the zookeeper, I mean that that's really you know what I've what I've been working on uh, working on the cabinet uh, at, at this point. The one thing that I have done, or a couple things that I have done to it. 
because like I say, I, you know, I've, I've set the PCBs off to the side to where I can really concentrate on them and not be, you know, 15 minutes here, 15 minutes there and stuff like that. But one thing that, that has worked well, uh, from, you know, from a, a, I guess, refurb standpoint on that particular game is just cleaning it because that's something you can do a few minutes at a time. And Brent, I will say this, uh, I, I still need to post them to the Facebook page and they will be by the time this episode, uh, drops, but dude, I have taken before and after pictures of every section of that cabinet before I started cleaning it and after I started cleaning it. And dude, I, I went through a little, it took me a few, uh, a few tries to find, I guess the, you know, the, the cocktail recipe that I wanted to wind up using for the, you know, for getting the cabinet clean. But man, I would start off. Please with, tell me there's no bleach white involved. <laughs> no, actually, I did use bleach white, and it did a it did a heck of a job. Okay, but, okay. All right. Here, here's how it goes. So I would start off with simple green, just just to just to cut it, okay, or just to give the the initial cut on it. And simple green really wouldn't do a whole lot, man. It it. it it helped, but it didn't get it all. And then I would hit it with the bleach, come back behind it, hit it with, with the bleach white. The bleach white really did a good now, job. Now, what do you... Um, it, it ever, there's, a, there's a reason for this particular line of questioning, and we'll get to it when we talk about my updates. I don't want okay. to kind of give anything away. But, all right. So... Uh, what are you? Are you just spraying and wiping off? Wiping off? Ugh. Wiping off? That's easy for me to say. Mm-hmm. Or are you doing anything to kind of work it in? I mean, what are you doing? How, uh, what the, I'm the doing, simple I, green surprises me. Well, the, the simple green helped to get like the topical dirt off of it. The the bleach white really helped to get the ground in dirt off of it. Okay. And then I would spray it, let it sit for a few minutes, and then just come back and very gently just just kind of just kind of wipe wipe it down. Okay. So you're not, not you're not using anything like a magic eraser. That was step number three. Oh, uh, yeah. I was that that's step number three. And okay. then I follow that with a magic eraser. And Brent, the cabinet looks beautiful. Okay. After after going through that process, um, I only lost a little bit of paint down on one corner on one side, and it was uh, it was it was so dirty. And the magic array, I had to to get everything else um, to get everything else clean. I did lose a little bit of the blue on one corner, but um, outside of that, the rest of the cabinet looks night and day different from when from when I rolled it into the basement. So I may have to go pick up some uh, uh, some some more bleach white. I you know yeah. something I, I know I've mentioned it quite a bit but and it is pretty strong but Brent it it did not and I watched it very closely because uh, you know I tested a little part of it and everything I worked very close, very diligently with the bleach white, and it did a very good job. It is strong, but it it never removed any paint, or it never removed any of the blue silk screen. Well, okay? what I've got to clean up is uh, I don't believe it's painted. Actually, I'd have to walk over here and and put a, a close eye on it. Oddly enough, and we'll talk about it here in a little bit. It's okay, super secret. Yeah, um, I think as, it's you know I think as, it's, as these things are. I think it's mel- I think it's just you know. Uh, melo is it melamine? Mel- so like, melamine. Yes. So you like you'll get a white melamine sheet mm-hmm. or a black yep. melamine sheet yep, and yep. whatever is in the. You know, honestly, I, I'm not. Hopefully, someone out there is not yelling at their iPod, <laughs> going, "You're such an idiot!" It's this. <laughs> but I envision melamine is like the center of it is probably like a particle board or something, it, it, and it's it's, it's me, got it like a like laminate chip, coating over chipped it. wood glued particle particle board with like it. a coating over mm-hmm. it. Yeah, that, with, that with gives like it the a hard color. coating. Yes, it gives and it the I, color. I believe that's you know the cabinet that I've got to clean up here. I believe that's what it is. It's not painted. Okay, so it should be a little bit strong. You know, yeah. a little bit stronger yes. than you know silk screen over whatever particle the board. particle. 
Uh, yeah, so. which is essentially what what you know what this Tato cabinet is. But Brent, I was via diligence, I was able to get the entire cabinet, front sides, everything cleaned up. And uh, my daughter even helped me on it as well, you know. So she she's a big she loves to install T molding. So I give her T molding, <laughs> I give her a rubber mallet, and dude, she goes to town, man. So we'll probably get the T molding installed here within the next week or so. Um, still have to to uh, strip and and redo the coin door just to make it consi- just to make it consistent with everything else. But the cabinet is clean. It's it's ready for you know it's ready for from a cosmetic standpoint to kind of be quote unquote put back together. But dude, one of the things that I've been working on is uh is reconditioning all the fasteners and that that thing's got a blue million that bolts takes in forever. it dude it does yes. but uh but here, here's here's my little here's my little uh recipe on that and i'd welcome anybody to comment to the contrary this is just the way that i have found it to work out best for me because brent i'll remove the fasteners i put them into the media tumbler to you know to cut the rust off of them and everything like that and then i, I swap the media bins uh and go to the go to the essentially the the, the corn cob media just to just to go ahead and, and get them all nice and smooth and everything and then what i'll do is after um after i get them out of there i will go ahead and um and then just take the you know just take a little bit of sandpaper and for anything that the media tumblers didn't get i'll just cut it off with a little bit of um you know like coarse sand paper yeah, and you're talking primarily like uh, um bolts with oh yeah yeah heads, Bol- bolt uh, head uh, essentially just bolt heads okay, okay. I mean, mostly carriage bolts carriage bolts yeah that's where I was so, going. so carriage bolts and and this tato cabinet has got about a thousand and three of them in it so it's amazing man i think if you were to yank all the carriage bolts out of the cabinet at one time it would actually like do like a blooming onion the thing would just, just go lay apart lay open. like that in in yeah both, i can see exactly what you're doing but no one else back. can Great. yeah exactly <laughs> but just think of it like an outback blooming onion the thing just Opens up and then falls over on itself. I think that's what the zookeeper. You're going to have to get a picture of that for for maybe European listeners. That <laughs> I'm not sure where Outback is. That's a good point. And man. Australian listeners are laughing at us because I'm sure there's really no such thing in Australia. Yeah, yeah. They, they're probably saying you guys are hurting. Everybody <laughs> down here knows that there is no Australian in an Outback Steakhouse. <laughs> That's probably like us going to Australia and yeah. like you this is a cheeseburger? Yeah, exactly, what? exactly. Anyway. But uh that's what I envisioned that the cabinet would do. So you, you have to you have to kind of do it in shifts so that the cabinet doesn't really fall apart on you, but um but then after that, after I've got, you know, everything kind of cleaned up, man dude, I just poke holes in a pizza box and then just put all the bolts inside the pizza box and then I hit them with primer and then wait a day and then hit them with paint and man they come out looking beautiful. And I'm using the the Rust-Oleum uh, the universal paint. It's like a paint. It's like a primer and a paint all in one. And um, you hit that. You hit hit a couple coats on that. And man, it's probably. And I think I even said this on the Facebook page when I was showing pictures of the PCB plate that I, that I painted. It's probably the closest to powder coating that you'll get out of a can. I mean, it's it, it creates a very beautiful, very mar kind of like an enamel, uh, almost an enamel, silky smooth enamel finish. And man, I, so I've been doing that and uh, getting you know everything. Re- installed and man it really makes the cabinet look significantly better oh, than, uh, than a bunch of just tarnished silver the, carriage the, bolts. The little step of going through all the carriage bolt heads mm-hmm. it, it makes a huge difference. Oh it makes now, it makes a huge difference. I, think, I thought we've talked about this before. Do you know how I do carriage bolts? Uh, if, if we have I don't remember. I'll, so pull, I'll pull all the carriage bolts out that, that need to be gone through yeah. and uh, I'll chuck them up in a drill uh-huh and it, oh and I, spin them and spin them yeah and yeah i'll just yeah. use I, i've got some some small but yet very powerful um 
uh, drill drivers Dude, and I, actual I saw drills. You had a couple Hitachi's yes, back there, which Hitachis. is what I use. Yep. And man, I, I don't, you know, I, I know that we're veering off of our, you know, harbor harbor freight, you know, friendly, <laughs> you know, status here. But dude, the the Hitachi drills, I don't think there's an equal to those. Those, those things are great. The the yeah. the uh, the drill driver that I've got, and it, the drill driver is kind of made up so that you can, the the end of the chuck, you know, kind of pops out a little bit, and yep. it'll take like your standard Phillips head kind of. I don't know how to describe it. The very end of it's got like a, a valley cut in it so that it locks into those chucks. You know, they're like quick change. It's yeah. not it's not a conventional drill, quote unquote, chuck. Yeah. Okay. And the, it's actually got a hammer action. And this thing is itty bitty, teeny tiny. It's, they're so small and they fit in your, your hand like really well. Right. You know, I've handed it to people and they're like, are you sure that this will? Oh, yeah, it'll just <laughs> like, trust me, it'll it'll take a three or four inch screw, you and know, a number eight or something. Nail it right on. In it'll there. run right through. And if you don't stop it'll snap the head off yeah yeah and you know what's amazing about th- those and I, i'm and they're getting to be very inexpensive i think when i bought those for people that are listening uh-huh. i think those were in the 80 dollar range a kit and the okay. kit was a charger and i've got a, a, a straight up drill and i've got the hammer the drill driver side with the hammer action yeah it's got you know where you can quickly interchange the bits uh, with a spare battery, but I want to say now that they're down in the fifty or sixty dollars. I, I need to go pick up another one because I, I use mine way more than I probably should. Mm-hmm. So I, I probably ought to have a backup or a second. Just, I want, and they're so tiny you yeah. can get into all the little spaces in a cabinet. And the batteries are small too, man. Yeah. Th- those little teeny lithium tiny. batteries are teeny tiny. And the thing that I love about them is that they will run at full strength until they die, and then they're dead. And then then they truly are. They're just dead. But I, I mean, right before they give up the ghost they're i mean they're just they're just rolling at it as fast as they can and it's just like i'm done it shuts you know, off shuts off and then it's there's no coast to a stop like with a nicad battery or mm-hmm. something or nickel metal hydride it just it's either on or it's off one of the two so i'll take the drill which yeah. is just like a conventional drill you know with a conventional type chuck mm-hmm. i'll take that that hitachi tool and uh, i'll chuck up the the carriage bolt and i'll take some you know uh, 180, 200 grit, somewhere in that range. I, I don't like it super smooth. I want mm-hmm. a little tooth in it so mm-hmm. that when I when I go to prime it, it, it sticks. It sticks. It yes. sticks and it sticks well. Yes. And I'll just and not real fast because if you if anybody has ever had a drill bit or anything catch, <laughs> catch a piece of clothing <laughs> or a like if oh you're, it hurts if you oh, got on like rubber gloves and you're doing some kind of work just to kind of keep your hands clean and it yeah. catch oh yeah oh it, it it's so painful and I, I'll. I'll put the sandpaper in the palm of my hand and I'll just kind of swirl it around uh-huh. and then you can look at it and see, oh, I need to hit the edge a little bit. Yeah. And then I'll do exactly like you do. I'll take an old box and I'll yeah. pop holes in it. Yep. And I've got a couple laying around here that have probably been painted 400 times. Oh, yeah. Well, I Paint mean, my, up. my pizza boxes are the same way. I'll just, you know, is if we order pizza or whatever, you know, Pizza Hut, Little Caesars or what have you, I'll just, I'll keep the box. This is like product placement. This it, shows like, product. I know. Well, it, it's hard to get pizza boxes without yeah. saying what pizza box you have. You know, it's just kind of the way it goes. <laughs> But I'll get Wait, the Broken Token podcast is not insp- uh, sponsored <laughs> no, no, by no, a Little Caesars Pizza Hut or Hitachi. We're sponsored by no one, dude. But we do know what we like. How about that? So I'll I'll, I'll leave it at that. So you take the pizza boxes and yeah, and just poke the holes and put the bolts in, and then man, you can just use those as uh you know as as your holder for the for the bolts to to uh, spray them. And man, everything comes out looking beautiful, Brent. And it, it does make a difference on the game. But uh, just to kind of wrap this up, uh, you know, I, like I say, I've been going through all the fasteners and everything and and brent here's one thing that i did not realize that i did not have 
to the extent that I did not have it. If that makes Comment sense. any sense at all. Yeah, if that makes any sense at all, then No, we you've got no sense at all, just like me. <laughs> <laughs> but dude, I I had like um over over time I've collected like little bits and pieces of Molex connectors and you know, in pins and everything like that. And so this this zookeeper, um, the harness is pinned with amp connectors. And so there's really no sense that the, the, the connectors themselves are fine on the, the harness. Ha- the housings. Yeah, the, thank you, the housings. And so the housings are good. I, I will correct myself on that going forward. The housings are good. They're not burnt up or anything like that. But the pins and the, the headers on the PCB, it, they're all 30-plus years old. So I'm going to go through and, and change both of those out. And those and, are, I think you've showed me one of those boards. They're, they're the, the headers are the round or round, They, they right? are round and I'm going to switch to the square. Okay. I'm okay. going to switch to the square uh, 156 headers. And so over the course of the holidays, I mean, Brent, I have, I have ordered, um, more than, more than once from both, uh, Ed at Great Plains Electronics getting pins and getting some, and, and then getting some housings and also some, you know, some headers and also from DigiKey as well, getting, you know, just kind of really fleshing out my inventory, you know, because I've got some Atari games to work on that, that I know are, are going to need the same type of service. And I have, um, I, I have a big problem just ordering enough just to get me through a job. I, I like to order enough to get me through five jobs, you know? And so I took some time, I researched the pins, you know, the, the housings, the connectors, and did a lot of, I guess, kind of self-education on Molex connectors and amp connectors and everything along those lines. And I built up my inventory on both of those pins and housings and everything like that. And then I had to get, then I had to get some crampers as well. So I've got, I I did make a a purchase on a really nice set of open barrel crampers. I love to get tools, man. I love to have, you know, multiple tools and everything. And so I've I've bought out some crampers and stuff like that and just really kind of tried to uh, flesh it out. Well, doing as many connectors as you're going to do, I can see wanting to have a specific set of crimpers yeah i've yeah. got one of the uh the kind of like the single shot crimpers from great plains mm-hmm. i think sergeant is sergeant the brand tool, on it. sergeant yeah. tools is the, is it, the brand it, yes. if you look at the molex uh the actual molex set yeah they're they're identical yeah. just the difference is, is one's got sergeant engraved on it and the other yeah, has, has molex, molex so on it. Yeah. i don't know if sergeant makes them or there's a third party or I what the deal know, is but, but, but you, if you sergeants re- are a little cheaper they, they are a little cheaper but if you look on clov and do some research on the tools they seem to be quote they seem to be kind of like quote unquote interchangeable with each other i mean people I think they're people, exactly the yeah, same people mention them really almost one substituting for the other so I've got a set of the sergeants for Molex like 156 connectors because I do those quite often. Okay. And then I've got just kind of a generic set that I'll use. Uh, I think they came from Bob Roberts for like fifteen dollars. Yeah, yeah. And they've got two different like bit sizes, if you will, that's yeah. in the jaws in the front. And then I can I can pretty much crimp anything else with those. Everything yeah. down to you know the dot one hundreds or the amp pins or anything yeah. like that. Because I just don't I don't do those in mass typically. Well and I don't and of course I'm just really kind of getting started on this journey. So I, I haven't to this point really either. But the thing that gets me Brent is, I mean, we, we both have fairly demanding careers and we, and we're both challenged for time sometimes. And so the thing that gets me, I guess, kind of 
riled up more than anything else is getting ready to sit down and I, I, I squirrel away an hour to an hour and a half to work on something. And then I get 30 minutes into it and I realize, man, I've got to order something. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, then I, I've got to shelf this thing for the, for another week while I wait on someone to ship me something that, that gets me to the next stage of the project. So I am really trying very hard to research everything up front, figure out what I'm going to need to get me through the project so that I can just sit down and get it done all, all, in, all in one sitting, so to speak. Well, that's why I have a, a wall that's in my shop that's well, all those parts. And you know something? I Over time, I am slowly building my wall. Okay, and it it's dude, it's expensive. Yes, it is. It is expensive. Here's something that I do. Uh, now, I, you you mentioned DigiKey. I mm-hmm. I've I'm trying to remember. I don't think I've ever ordered from DigiKey. Well, you, you know why I like DigiKey, and the reason being is that they stock a lot. But from a geographic standpoint, Brent, when I order it, I almost always get it the day after it ships. Just because oh, okay. of us being right. here in Kentucky and where the, and where they ship out of, like I'll order on a Monday and they always ship. If, if you get it in by like 3 p.m. Eastern time, it'll ship that same day. And even with them shipping at UPS ground, I get it the next day. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. So, so they're. I'm not endorsing them, endorsing them, but they're always. Yeah, your mileage may vary. In your mileage yeah. will definitely vary because th- this is just one of those lucky things about where we sit versus where they ship out of. But um, I, I get to pay for the cheapest shipping, and it shows up the next day. Gotcha. Yeah. So, so I really like them simply because of that. Well, I may have to look look at their site. Yeah. I, I want to say I've looked at them at the past. In the past, I've always ordered from Mauser. Oh yeah, and Mauser's very good. And I want to say that at least on the things that I order, the you know the pricing is is you know spot on. Mm-hmm. One of the things that Mauser has is they've got a project manager. So yes. you know once you've created an account, you've got a project manager. And, and it, I I remember a few years ago on Claw, folks were actually going out and creating projects for, for cap kits. For cap kits. Right. Yes, yes. So and then they were sharing them publicly. So if you needed a GL seven kit or you needed a whatever, you could go and get that project and say, okay, order me five of them. Uh-huh. And then they yeah. would, you know, they'd go in your basket. Yeah, you could order exactly. It. Yes. And I love Mauser for that. Well, I do. It's neat. What the way I use it is is I use the projects basically to represent orders. Uh-huh. So you can't go back in, and at least in my history and say, okay, well here's a project for this cap kit or here's a project for this or here's a project for that and then maybe i order you know four or five of them and, and get all those parts like i said I, I use them for orders so every anytime you sit down to my and look at my account i have a next order project mm-hmm. so if i'm working on something and i need something or i'm running low on something or um, like last night i was working on a monitor and i needed a cap i had that value yeah. but the closest voltage i had was way overkill yeah i mean it's still fine yeah it works. I, I used it. I put a cap in there that probably was worth 50 cents versus maybe a quarter. Yeah. So what I did is I just went over, you know, wheeled over to my desk, fired up Mouser, and I added, you know, I found the caps within the range that I that I didn't have. Yeah. And I threw them into my quote unquote next order project. Yeah. And then when I get it to around $100, $150, depending <laughs> on what's going on, I'll kick it off. <laughs> You'll cut it loose. Huh? Yeah. And then when yeah. it all shows up, I'll put it in, in 
on that massive on that wall of massive parts that I've got in there. And you know, that's one part of this hobby that I really did not have any um, inkling into when I first got started as to what it was going to take yeah. to build a serviceable inventory to fix your games. I I, I don't know, Brent. I, was it naivety? Was it uh, it was it ignorance, or was it just you know bl- or just blissful amounts of both? I don't really know. But once you get into fixing your games, you then you the gravity of, of it sets yes, in, yeah. and it's like my goodness, I've got to have this, 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 and this, and this, and this in twelve pin, fourteen pin, twenty pin, eighteen pin, you know, and it just goes on and on and on. So uh, it, it works out, you know. So I've I've ordered enough to to re- to realistically repin harnesses for um, a lot, <laughs> you know, a lot, and so uh, I'm good to go on that. So I should be able to repin harnesses for years at this point in time. So I, I'm good. None of the, none of the parts cost a lot no they don't individually but it's the sum of them that it's kills you exactly that's exactly right exactly. I, I never knew that i could that my credit card would bleed 77 cents at a time and that's really what it turns into it's like oh those caps those caps are a quarter a piece and it's like oh well i need you know six of them to to do this one but on mouser if you buy 10 then they're down to 20 cents a piece exactly and digikey will yeah. do the same thing i mean so they'll, then, they'll, they'll give you price breaks and i often find myself bumping up to to get the price yeah. break simply because it's like i don't want to pay shipping to get these things again yeah so why not just go ahead and hit the price break have a few extra on hand and then that line of thinking though causes a 25 dollar order to be a 175 dollar <laughs> order need, I, you need self-control <laughs> Uh, I, it, it, there's self control comes in when I hit the submit button. Take take a look at if you're ordering yeah. like on your mousers and your digi keys. I think Ed does this too on on, on your Ed, Ed does it as well. Yes, on he your price breaks on your and I'll say commodity type components or mm-hmm. your that, common, that would be Ed from Great Plains Electronics. Yes, that we're from, talking about yes. exactly. Yeah, if you're looking at like uh, um, you know resistors, capacitors, yeah. housings, pins, the stuff that that, that you're kind of your hash and trash, your day in day out type, you just go through them burn them like gasoline type Mm -hmm. things yeah the price breaks are usually at 10 and 25 pieces they're Mm -hmm. low yeah they're low they're not at like 100 or 500 unless unless you're doing like two cent pins yeah you know ceramic resistors or something like that yeah and then then even even then that's that's why i've got bags of resistors where i i needed three three and i'm like it's the same way for me man well i buy 50 and it's another nickel that's exactly right so here it is i got 50 so here it is and that's what happens so so man so i've been doing that i just am really just trying to stock my you know my harness my repin uh inventory and things like that so um i guess you know to kind of you know to kind of round it out brent um this is loosely connected but it's something that we've uh you know something that we've got a facebook album running on and talked about as well and it's something that i'm getting closer and closer to covering more in depth i just catching the flu and not and and just kind of i guess being in the holidays kind of of starry-eyed on other parts of the cabinet but um but dude i was able i and i texted you a picture of this yesterday but man i was able to score some uh some uh, 19 inch color tvs from my local recycling center and so for for tube swaps and uh just a cursory look at them it looks like a couple of them are going to be very usable and so uh you know i was able to pick those up for uh you know for just really my time and it worked out really well so um 
you know, I'm just trying to build up a little bit of a, a tube inventory for doing tube swaps and things like that. But as I said on last month's episode, this zookeeper is going to have to have a tube swap just because of the, the sheer amount of burn that's in the ca- that's in the tube as as installed in the machine right now. So I'm going to cover that in depth. And you know something, man, when it comes time for me to to repin the harnesses and everything like that, um, you know, I'm going to do uh, I'm going to factor that into the album, kind of like what you did for the Battle Zone and, and everything, and in, in, um, on the harness repair on that pinball machine as well and I'll, I'll document that as i go so I, I think it's pretty neat and uh you know man i'll tell you even in doing my research you know i've referred to what you've posted in some of your albums on the facebook page just to help oh just you're to, in just, trouble just to help me keep some stuff straight you're so in trouble here's the thing about it though man it is so easy to get yourself so confused yeah if, if you're looking at part numbers specifications and everything like that you've almost got to have something at a higher level to kind of step back with and work with so so yeah so i've gotten i've gotten some tubes uh and i've been working on the zookeeper and outside of you know between the holidays and uh you know like i say just uh unfortunately catching <laughs> catching the flu uh, that's pretty much been my month man how about you well i've had quite a bit going on so I mean, just a cursory look around uh, the Broken Token Studio slash my game room. It looks like I've been testing missiles down here because everything and anything has been moved around. So you've got some interesting stuff going I on. Do. Now, I'll say that. First off, the Burger Time. I know we we get a little traffic about the Burger Time. Asking yeah. about it right now. I have uh, the Accursed Zenith monitor mounted yes. in it. Yes. And you know, along that with was that, hashtag last month, Brent. Oh God, Zena sucks. You <laughs> remember that? Sucks. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm going to revive that just so we can keep the conversation going. We should trend that nationally. <laughs> yeah, and, and wouldn't that, wouldn't that be hilarious if that picks up picks up and becomes some, something about the corporate company that is Zenith today? They're like they're like what what, what did we do? What's going on? Who are these broken token guys? Know, and why should we care? Did, did we make an arcade yeah, monitor? Yeah, and that would be what they would say. Now, I think the question is, what's an arcade? Yes, yeah. Yes, exactly. So the Zenith is mounted, and along with that is um, kind of hard to describe, but anyone that has midway cabs of that vintage, you know, this is the same like in a Pac-Man. I think my Domino Man has these. There are brackets that go on the sides of the monitor facing forward, coming out kind of at the the viewer, if you will. Okay. And they are used to mount the the plastic kind of inner bezel Mm -hmm. that that shrouds the shroud if you will that shrouds the monitor and yeah. then ma- mates to the outer bezel yes so i had to pull a you know set of those from kind of my back catalog of, of pieces and parts that i've got stashed away you know you mentioned that and i i was fortunate enough i picked up three of those from um a seller on clove over the holidays three sets or just three of the, the brackets no three sets okay yeah because my rally x does not have one mm-hmm. for whatever reason it, it came without one what is just the monitor and that was it well I, i've had games like that and yeah. i think it is is when someone goes maybe in the field to change it yeah they because you actually have to to take loose the four bolts at the corner of the tube bracket yeah, yes, where the where the bracket is affixed to the actual yep. glass tube That's exactly right the bolt that bolts that into the frame yeah and then slide those off yeah and you know not to derail you but mm-hmm. one thing i will say is they're surprisingly hard to find yes it, every it, time it, i get a set i snap them yes up. yes they are surprisingly hard to find i picked up three sets at a at a very good price thanks to some generous uh some generous sellers on clove because i've got a couple games that are missing mine and it's like you know something i, I need to while i was while i've been doing my tube inventory it, as far as what i need for which game and stuff like that uh i noticed that i've got a couple that are that are missing that 
that. And that, and you know, I knew that, but I didn't. Not paying much attention to the game, I didn't. It didn't really jump out at me. Mm-hmm. But then once you get into the game, and you're like, oh yeah, that is missing that. And it's yep. like I got to get that. So yeah, so I did. I did pick uh, a few of those up. And you know what, man, I was stoked because uh, I got everything with it. You know, that was that would be something for Troy. You know, Take yeah. Man on Cloth <laughs> to, to reproduce. Did. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, it it is. Uh, I think it's. Well, he'd have to have them punched or cut out, but it's thinner than a control panel, which mm-hmm. he does awesome jobs. You know, Fun. an awesome job doing a control Stellar panel. Job. Yeah. There, there's no bolts. There's no. There's nothing like that. It, literally, once you have the blank, there's two bins in it. Yeah, exactly. And I, I know they're needed. Another thing, you know, like kind of a related aside. Once you have those brackets on the monitor, then you lay that shroud on the monitor. You know, if you notice that shroud has a recess in it, and then there's supposed to be a tinted piece of plex piece that of sits plexi. down in there. And dude, I was so stoked because I got the brackets, I got the the bezel, and I got the plex. I've got a stack of them. I had I had to have one cut. Yeah. So when don't, I went, don't don't lose them. Well, don't, when don't I get rid when, of them. when I went, I had I had one. Yeah. That I used as a template off one of my games for a game that I had that didn't have one somewhere. Okay. Someone probably changed the monitor, worked on it, yeah. set it aside, and it was gone. Yeah. So when I went and had it cut, I, while I was there, I was like, you know, cut me four or five more of them. Heck yes. So I've got a stash a stash of them. It's good. And you know if, if if I run out of them, at least I can get them because it's sh- it's just tinted plex. Yes, I can have yeah, them but, cut but to it's, dimension. it's the shape and it's it's the shape and everything because of where it recesses into that yes, bezel. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the Burger Times got the monitor mounted, and I've started to look at straightening out the power portions of the harness. You know, mm, I've got okay. I, I've got a harness for the PCB that I got from Bob Roberts. The game, as best as I can tell, was converted over to JAMA at some point in time. And what what they had done was, I'm really thinking they had put an LCD in it or something. Seriously? Yeah. It still had a Zenith frame hanging in it. Okay. And the Zenith frame, it's got a metal side, metal sides and the bottom, I always call it the pan. Okay. The pan is actually wooden. Okay. And yeah, bo- I remember you saying that. Yeah. The, the bottom portion being where your, your chassis secures. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it was cleaner than the other two that I had. And I may have mentioned this on the prior show, but as it turns out, apparently there's two versions of that Zenith chassis because of the wooden pans, two of them have one pattern for everything to bolt, and the other has a second pattern. Mm-hmm. And then the two chassis I have, the the main chassis is the same, but the, the power section, which is kind of this separate assembly, mm-hmm. the footprint in the layout, the way all the boards are on this frame is mm-hmm. different. Oh, I see, I see. So... Um, the chassis I had matched the layout of the pan, the wooden pan that was in the game, and it was nicer and cleaner. It's like, okay, well, I'll just use this one. Yeah. And I go to put the whole thing together, and the tube <laughs> wouldn't fit in it. It was like an inch too narrow. <laughs> and I got looking at it, and it was obvious that someone had cut like an inch off the wooden pan yeah. and then had put the sides back on it. And there was a couple small, like, eighth inch holes that were also in the in the metal side frame so like i said as best as i can tell someone had i don't know whether they had grafted maybe a pc monitor tube in it okay. or they had tried to use it to hang an lcd or what the deal was uh, but it was it was a project gone wrong is what it, it yeah was. exactly yeah. exactly yeah so in, in the middle of all that they had they hadn't really disrupted the, the transformer assembly and the like that was in the bottom of the cabinet i had that it was separate it was out of the game so 
uh, I got that out, you know, took the bottom of it off, just kind of inspected it, uh, remounted it. And then I started looking at what is ostensibly the the AC, the power side portion of the wiring, the heavier portion of the wiring. A lot. I have all the connectors. There's plenty of room in terms of length in the wires for reconnections, but a lot of the connectors were cut like an inch inch from the connector so they just cut the wire and, oh. and do, the, do you do you have enough oh slack yeah there's, in the there's plenty of slack okay yeah, so right. what, um I, I was looking at it first thinking well i'm gonna have to end up just grafting these together you know nicely soldering them together so, yeah, and so, much, so much work though and, man and as as i started to look at it there's more than enough slack yeah and i think you're right it was a conversion gone wrong because the con- the control panel was was rewired to a degree there was no additional holes or anything drilled in the control panel. Yeah. So I was able just literally just to unplug all the additional wiring and just kind of toss it. Okay. The the power wiring that I'm talking about there they were, it was cut, but it was never stripped. Like yeah. it was like it was stripped back and reused, reattached to something else. So I I'm just going to with a new tool that I had to go get because I didn't have. <laughs> these are these are amp. Dude, dude, the more you talk the more you sound like me. I know. <laughs> These these are the O ninety three sized amp connectors. Yeah, and you have to have. There's a version of these in Molex, and there's a version of these in Amp. And you have to have. It it almost wow. looks like a hollow tube wow. that yes. slips down over the connector, and then like a little plunger that pushes the the, the pin itself back out. Uh-huh. And like I said, you can't use a Molex on the amp because the Molex ones are bigger. Yeah when molex makes their tools and they won't fit down into the ant yeah. anyway yeah it, it's exactly it's so, yes that <laughs> that, yeah, that yes yes so i had to go get this 15 dollar little tool that i can use to pop all the pins out to reuse the housings mm-hmm. and uh go ahead and just crimp new pins on yeah. and, then, and then away i go so yep. that's where that is i've kind of pushed it off to the side because i i've had I've had to kind of focus to get ready for Arcade Expo. Mm -hmm. I've got a lot of games that I want to take to Expo. So it's over in the corner of the shop now, and I've started to rattle through things that I had here in the game room that's going to go with me to Expo. And in all honesty, a lot of these are going to be put put up for sale Mm -hmm. so that I can make space in the game room. Mm -hmm. One of the things I had was... I had a cabinet for a game called Devastators. Okay. Now, this was a Konami game. It's JAMA. It's a, a vertically oriented game. It It's actually a dedicated cabinet. So, it, if you look out on Clove, the picture that's out on Clove is a conversion. And I okay. think the majority of these games were kits. Somewhere along the line, when I first got this cabinet, someone had dug up a friend of mine. And I've since tried to find it. I can't. Um, a a a flyer from Konami that actually showed this cabinet. Okay. If you look at the side art on it, it looks like it's a conversion because it's it's you know mainly square art. Okay. It's placed kind of low, and it's got this odd cut to fit what is the the side of the cabinet, the contour of the cabinet, like where the monitor is, and it almost looks like an operator or someone put it on there and they put it on low so that you could see the majority of the art and you can read the name and they had to cut as little off as possible. Okay. I really think that they just use out of the factory. They took basically the kit and they had these cabinets that they bought, you know, a handful of, and they made some and they sold them as a quote unquote dedicated game. Okay. I I see. I see. I've since seen a couple others. So, okay. 
I have seen it on a flyer from actual, you know, on Konami so literature. So it has some legitimacy to it. It does. Yeah. yeah. For a Jamma game. Yeah. You know, it's <laughs> for most, a Jamma game. Most of yes. those Jamma games were kits. That, exactly. I, I was using it for, I was using it as a vertical Jamma cabinet and the length of, you know, it stay in my game room. It's been running an, a first generation arcade shop multi-game okay. board. Uh-huh. And I changed the control panel a little bit. Basically, I rewired it, and I used the right stick since it was almost kind of centered. Mm-hmm. I used that as as the joystick, if you will. I had a little coin co stick in it. It worked really well on four way games and eight way games. Mm-hmm. People played it; they loved it. Yeah. You know, and I just kind of abandoned the left side of the control panel. So I ended up kind of deconverting it and put it back to the way it was. Was originally Wicco sticks that were color coordinated, or like red on one side and blue on the other. Okay. I got all that kind of back the way it was factory. Pulled the board out of it, put the Devastators board back in it, and uh, generally just kind of, you know, touched it up a little yeah. bit. Got it ready to go because it was as we say in Kentucky, you gussied it up. Exactly. It? Yes. Exactly. Yeah. It, it's. <sighs> I just, you know, I want the space in my game room for yeah. something else. I've so, gotten to that point. So, are you going to sell it? I mean, is is that, yeah, is that gonna, a candidate? Yeah, that's going to be. Yeah, that, I'm okay. going to I'm going to put a for sale sign yeah. on that one. Yeah, I, yeah. At one point in time, it was very appealing to me to have a vertical jamma cabinet, uh-huh. and I, I've gotten to the point where space is is at a premium. And if I want to put the original dedicated Burger Time out here, yeah. I, I got to start cutting loose of some of the games that that. I mean, it's the, the more it's not, generic game. Yeah, it's not yeah. my wheelhouse. Yes, yes I've had yes. several people look at that game. Oh, I remember that game. I played that game, and then they realized it wasn't Devastators. It was something. It was playing Frogger and Pac Man and all this other yeah, stuff. It was yep. playing games that are in my wheelhouse. Yes, yes. So, yeah. I have a feeling that when it shows up out at Expo, there will be a lot of folks who who's that's in their wheelhouse. Oh, it, it'll and, sell. There, there's no doubt about it. I mean, those, those types of JAMA games, they, there is a strong and thriving market for that that just never seems to go away. And, and you know, more power to them. Mm-hmm. I, we mentioned earlier the, the LAX guys and, you know, Joe Stith, he was down here, the console guys. Yeah. Console guy. He remembers Devastators. My voice just cracked there. Something terrible. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, <laughs> he remembers Devastators um, from back in the day. That, he's a joe's a little younger than me yeah. so you know i don't uh, joe would you like a nice <laughs> devastators so anyway yeah work on the devastators that's cool a kung fu master that we talked about before now that yes. is kind that is kind of in that kind of classic kind of range that's yeah. kind of in my wheelhouse see and that's the one that i confuse for karate champ yes 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 yeah, yeah. now see if i had the if i had the choice between the two uh-huh and, and this is this is what i grew up with yeah. i'm a galaxian guy versus a galaga guy yeah, same for me my i'd have a karate champ in here before a kung fu master well and you know something i went back and after i made that after i confused the two i went back and looked at both of them and it's I, in my mind I'm definitely after a karate champ. That that's what I want, you know. So yeah. Well, you're not going in my building because there is a karate champ out there. (laughs) Well, dude, I don't want to take your karate champ. I fortunately they're they're plentiful enough that that another one should show up. But at some point, Whitney, uh, Whitney's gonna he's gonna hand bone on a karate champ, man. So yes. Well, you might have to go out there and take a look at it because when we get to something later, I've actually uncovered it and you can actually get out there and kind of see it because it was 
buried in the middle of a bunch of games. Yeah, so yeah. I, I've got one. They're they're a pretty cabinet too. Yes, man. they are. They, they're a very pretty cabinet. So yeah. Okay. So on on the Kung Fu Master because otherwise, dude, I'll talk about Karate Champ and we yeah. and, and that's not the, this isn't the time or the place for that right now. So I had the Kung Fu Master in my game room. Yeah. And I had kind of a mini row here that's out in the middle of the main floor. Mm-hmm. I, when I did the game room, I put uh, receptacles in the ceiling so I could do like rows. Yeah. In out in the middle, if you will, and I, I have you know a little bit of of, of leeway to kind of change up and, and reposition things. So I actually had Kung Fu Master here in the game room. It had a um, a HAP micro switch joystick in it. Okay, and it just it just didn't work. Yeah, you know it worked, but it didn't. Probably felt just like really clicky. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it was it was one of the tall sticks. I don't know the HAP line. I don't know the super they're, versus they're just the, real you know. gated and clicky. I, yeah, I don't, exactly. I don't like that. It yeah. works great on a fighter. Sure, but just it just didn't work right on this type of a game. So yeah. I had that little coin co stick that I really like. They're it's they're really short sticks. They've got a real short throw. They work great for four way and eight way games. Mm-hmm. And this is something I got out of an operator stock forever and a day ago. I've got a, a stock of them, and I just kind of favor them. They they mount kind of weird. They've got the standard kind of wicko larger pattern. Yeah. They're not the smaller pattern like the import sticks. Yeah. But the tops aren't flat. Uh, the, the, the yeah where the where the actual joystick comes through the body. It's got a not a relief, but it's it's a positive, if you will. It's not a negative. It's not sunk into the body. Yeah. It actually protrudes up a little bit. Okay. So if you were putting this like in a metal control panel, you might have to drill I don't know, about an, an inch or an inch and an eighth, maybe about the size of a buttonhole. So and it would kind of poke right through, uh-huh. you know, if you will. Yeah. It's not you know, it's not flush, yeah. so to speak. Understood. So I had to I had to work I didn't change the control panel up, but I, I worked out a method to actually mount it into the panel and swap it in. And the game plays much better with this, you know, with the stick, at least in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So once I did that, I went ahead and I moved it out of the game room too. You taking it to the arcade expo? Yeah, now? I'm taking it yeah. to expo. It's yeah. I like the game. Uh, I've mentioned it before. I'd originally gone through it with the intention of a friend of mine that had really liked the game, and he just isn't in a position to have you know to, to have games right now. Yeah, it's it's not a, it's not in my wheelhouse game. It's right in there in that classic period though. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm I'm really happy about that. I know a lot of people have uh, have commented on it and enjoyed playing it while it was here. So yeah, I'm going to go ahead and and take this opportunity. It's going to go on to Expo as uh, kind of one of my quote-unquote classic games that I'm going to bring this year. Yeah, cool. And I'm going to go ahead and put a for sale sign on it, see yeah. if I can move it on somebody else that wants it in their collection and make some space in my game room again. So, yeah, cool. Now, uh, back into the Jamma realm. Yeah, this one this one ought to sell like hotcakes, man. It just ought to vaporize and be gone. Yeah, and, and it sounds like I'm using Expo as a dumping ground. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> but Brent, you just said. No, I'm, just, I'm joking. <laughs> You know, uh, it, it is a. I'll, I'll be honest with you, not just Little Arcade Expo, but any of the expos that let you bring games. Oh, it, it's it, a good it, opportunity if you've got something that you want to move out uh, of your yeah. collection because it works we, well. We all get to that position where we, we know what our pecking order is, we know what's in the game room, and we know that if we bring in that next game that we want, there's got to be something Some, that comes something's out. Something's got to go. Yeah. Something's got to go. Uh, a show is a good place to do that. Yeah. If if you know you've got other collectors, you've got the public that comes in, and, and I take I take games to that aren't for sale. Yeah. 
I, I will do that this year. You know, I've taken my Domino Man several times. Last year, I took uh, my two Tigers. I think I'll, I'll take. I haven't decided what I'm going to take. I may take the rip off this year because oh, cool. you know Domino Man. You don't see a lot. Two Tigers. You didn't see a lot. Yeah, rip off. You definitely don't. see You don't a see lot. a lot. So yeah. the rip off. Uh, it, that may be one of the games I take this year. Yeah. Just as a, as a quote unquote game to show. Yeah, sure. You know, yeah. and it, it will not go for sale. Yeah, yeah. So understood. Yeah, I don't want everybody to think, oh, expose a dump. It's not. Yeah. It's not. You know, and I'm taking. But it serves multiple purposes. It does. Is it what does. it does. Yes. A- any expo. Yeah. Any expo. Yes. So out in in my uh, building, I had a Mortal Kombat. Yeah. And this Mortal Kombat, it's a it's a kitted Mortal Kombat in a generic cabinet. It came as part of you know several games that I that I was able to pick up. Mortal Kombat's not in my wheelhouse, and there, there's a lot of people out there. Oh, I love Mortal Kombat. Yeah, I, I mean it's fun, but but it I was out of the arcade by it, then. It, I I largely was as well, but I would play it from time to time, like at a convenience store or something. So I do have some nostalgia for it, but I don't have. I, I don't have collector quality nostalgia for it. That that's probably the better way to say that. Yeah, yeah. I, it, it it would not take up a space in my game room. Yeah, it would my for for my for for me it would not either. You know, I've got a nice Neo Geo two slot down here, mm-hmm. a dedicated. And it, honestly, I would probably let oh, it. Move. I love the Neo Geos. I, I didn't play them back in the day. Yeah, I, I would let it move on. The the thing that stops me now is family. Yeah, I've uh-huh. got family that loves it. Oh, My I nephew know. loves I know. that game. I know. Kids, yeah, young kids, teenagers, and stuff. They they love that thing. That, that is a nice Neo Geo. It, it is. You, you've got a very nice Neo Geo. And I tell you what, I love to play on Neo Geo is Metal Slug. It is yeah. so much that's, fun, man. That's it, my nephew, oh, Uncle dude, Brent. Where's is, the Where's the Metal Slug? Where's the Army guy? Game? Yes, and it is so much fun. So we, I have to go over and usually if he catches it and it's it's going through a track mode and it's yeah. swapped to the second game, I have yeah. to go over. And hit the button for him yeah. and there he is and he's, yeah. he's set to go he's set so to go. yeah but but i've got a mortal Kombat. okay it was a kit game in a generic cabinet and uh it, it needed a lot of love yeah it was filthy filthy dirty uh i tell you you talk about control panel bolts and all that this thing had about 40 bajillion uh-huh you know you're talking uh two sticks it had some additional bolts uh, plus all the buttons. Yeah. So what, what took me the most time on it was someone had spilled a, a soda on the control panel, I, it looks like, and it had dripped between, you know, in the gaps under the buttons and it had gotten under this plexiglass over, oh, over kind of overlay that yeah. was over the overlay. So I it, t- it probably took me a couple hours to disassemble all that and clean it. And uh, uh, a couple little things needed a dust washer on the joysticks and just kind of it just a real good thorough yeah cleaning just a going a going through a, go, a going through I re- a going through a going through yes yes i rebuilt the monitor on it has 40 wells garner 4900 on it and uh i do need to pick up a piece of tinted plexiglass as a bezel it needs that all in all it came out really really well it plays really great it's going to make somebody a, a, a good game and you know what you t- we talk about the expo and how i made it sound like but you know i'm saying that it's not this you just go and sell everything it's not like a big flea market mortal kombat's a big thing there i think it's mortal is it (laughs) It mortal kombat they have a tournament on every year they do man and it's 
you you hear cheering oh, and I, I mean the kids are just lined up had just happy happy and they're going to play a lot of people are going to play in that tournament and then they're going to walk back and they're going to find one in the row and they're going to play it and they're going to play, play it again and go say oh man that thing's for sale it's going home with me there's a couple of the folks in the uh, uh the organization of of Louisville Arcade Expo that actually will they have costumes that are kind of in that Mortal Kombat genre cosplay yeah Yeah. I think the Street Fighter stuff and that's they'll get in and they're the ones that'll kind of organize it so I mean it's a big deal I'm not a Mortal Kombat uh, yeah (laughs) so I mean I'm the same way I mean I totally respect it I totally get it it's just just give me Donkey Kong and I'm happy you know that's kind of the way it goes we're simple people yes that we are I've got like a Space Invaders trifecta going on right now too Whitney Whitney walked in my shop earlier and there's a, a Space Invaders in there. That Space Invaders came my way last year at Louisville Arcade Expo. I'd worked uh, kind of a, a trade deal with some pieces back and forth with a local collector. Uh, he's been on the show before, Steve Ridge. He had the Space Invaders. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, Steve. So I've already actually got it up and running, and now I'm going through and kind of solidifying it. Okay. Now that Space Invader will come into my game room. So that's going to be the one you keep. It'll be in the game room. Yeah. It's the kind of the white and the blue cabinet, like uh-huh. your first run, it's I pre- think. It's pretty sweet looking, Yeah, it's actually. a nice it's a nice looking game. It is, and what I like about that cabinet is it's a bi- it's like a it's like a, a bi-level cabinet where it has a, one part of the cabinet is overlaid by another part of the cabinet. Yes, yeah. It, it's kind of stair-stepped. It's kind of got it, a dimension it, to it, it. It does. It has a dimension, and, and, and it ha- it's not flat, and it really gives it some personality, and I, I, I dig it. You know, I dig it from that regard. Now, I've also got two Space Invader Deluxes, Mm -hmm. which is, I think looking at year-wise, I think it was a year or two after the original Space Invaders that's in this white and blue cabinet. Okay. And the Deluxes, it's... Are they the red ones? It's the red one. That's what I thought. It's the red ones. It's the red ones, yeah. So, it runs on the same hardware. It's just ostensibly just a difference in in the game ROMs. Oh, okay. Okay. So... I've got the two cabinets in, in various states of completeness, but I've got, I think, enough parts to go ahead and go through them. So once once I get the Space Invaders I've got kind of nailed down where I like it, I'm going to use that as a bed to trade off and get the other two working. Okay. You know, work through the monitors, work through the board sets, all that kind of fun stuff, yeah. work through the power side, all yeah. that. Okay. And uh, my intention is, is I'm going to come Space Invader strong at Expo this year, and I'm going to talk about bringing some classics out there for people to play. I'm going to bring those two deluxe, at least one, hopefully both Space Invaders deluxes out to Expo this year for people to oh, play. Oh, okay, cool. And... That's a lot, Brent. Oh man, I'm not done. I mean, dude, that's that's significant. So, Whitney, what is sitting to my left in the middle of my game room that looks like it's participating in the fallout of the missile testing? <laughs> and this is something that I was not was not familiar with. I really had no exposure to uh, during my time back in the arcades or as a kid. But Brent, you've got this labeled as a Kitty Rama cartoon theater booth. That's what it is. Okay. It's a and, I, and I only know that because it's in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> I freely admit it. Now, you know? I'm, we've got uh, a link that we'll put up in the show notes. This isn't my game or my game. This is coin-op related. It's arcade related. Yeah. But this isn't my actual booth okay. i'm taking pictures as i'm going through this uh there's a gentleman that goes by the name of billy seven and, huh. and when i first got this booth long ago I, I interacted with billy a little bit asking some questions he had been looking for some at one point in time and he was able to buy 
I think I think he's got maybe five of these booths that he'd bought from the, someone that had originally operated them back in the day. And mm-hmm. on Billy's site, he's actually got the well let me give it let's here, here's a quick description of what it is whitney would you say that is about i don't know as wide as maybe your class your your standard arcade game maybe a game and a half i'd say i'd say a game and a half i mean i'm going to say your standard game is 24 to 26 inches uh nintendo cabinets are a little narrower than that but that's probably I want to say 32 or something, you think? Yeah, it's probably close to three feet. Yeah, close to three feet. Yeah. And you're probably 18 inches deep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, about that. And there's a cubby on the right-hand side of it with a little seat. Mm -hmm. And you can get in there as a child and, uh, you know... I could fit in it. Whitney's a little bigger than I. I'm kind of. I'd, I'd hulk out in it. Dude. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm not the tallest person in the world. I could fit in it. Uh, Whitney. We could probably get Whitney in it with with a little effort. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you being so kind. Whit, you're it's, taller it's broad, than I am. It's, it's you're broad, broad shoulders. It's broad shoulders, dude. That's what it is. And so you'd get in in this. Mom would. <laughs> mom would drop a quarter in it, uh-huh. and it actually had a projector in it. Yeah. So the projector was this little deal. It was really actually like an industrial thing. Salesmen would carry the projector. Uh, you would see them. I vaguely remember these back in the day at car dealerships, mm-hmm. and they would have them. You'd have a kiosk there now that ran on a PC, and it would run their 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 demos or you know their their literature on the cars endlessly. Well, back in the day, the this it was actually done on a special like eight millimeter uh, video video format videotape. And it would just play in an endless loop, like it, it would go in the projector via this cartridge. Okay. So the projectors, there was a couple different formats, and uh, more or less they would open up and they would have their own little miniature screen. And like I, like I said, a salesman could travel with it and plug it in and show a demo on it. Okay. Or they would set in a corner to a car dealership or whatever. Okay. So these projectors were modified for these booths, and what they would do is you would sit in the booth. And you would look into the other side of the booth, and there's a screen in there. They would take these projectors, and they pop the screen off of them, and mine has a mirror in it. Oh, okay. So instead of projecting into the little screen that came in the kit, in the little travel projector, the mirror would reflect that onto the screen that's made into the booth. And then they would plug into you know the, the audio on the, on the projector, and there's a speaker in the top of it, and you would sit there and you would watch a cartoon. Oh, I see. Okay, gotcha. Okay, gotcha. So the the there was a there was even a a, a little tab or a hole that was in the um, the actual film, and that would hit a pin in the projector, and that would st- and this was all part of this this technology. And whoever designed this booth took advantage of it. So I guess you know, like if you were a salesman, you wanted to show part A of your of your demo and the projector would auto stop when this little pin come up this little hole come up and then you could talk and you'd hit the start button again well in this case when you hit the start but you're dropping a quarter yeah and that triggers the start a relay that triggers the start button okay so there would be a couple cartoons on each of these cartridges and they were like walter lance cartoons and walter woody woodpecker type woody woodpecker uh mr magoo and I'm looking at uh, <laughs> Mr. McGee. The the Magpies. Yeah. I'm trying to think if who else was was Walter Lancers. I don't want to turn my head away from the mic, but there's a yeah. bunch of around the booth there are 
Whitney, can you see on the on the right side of the booth? There's a piece of plex that's actually got silk screened on it. Some of the Walter Lance characters. Yes, yes, I do. Yeah, so yeah, I'm sorry, I was moving away from the microphone, but yes, I do. Yeah. So if you're looking at the front side here, where the door is, the access door, like for the coin box into the projector. Chilly Willie. Chilly Willie. Yeah, he's yes. Walter Lance. I, I yes. just had to go look this up, but yeah, you're right. Woody the Woodpecker, Chilly Willie, and everything else. So yeah, not to distract you, but or not to derail you, but yeah, Chilly Willie. That yeah. was a big one. Yeah. Oh yeah. I I think Magoo's on the back. I think Woody Woodpecker's on one side. I think there's a cat that I don't know on the other. And then there's actually like a a, a card that's recessed in, into the door above the coin mech that gives you a rundown of what this thing is, that it plays a cartoon, and it has a bunch of the characters around it. Okay, gotcha. So, and this thing was made to be like freestanding. There's pictures on on the site that I mentioned, on Billy Seven's site. They're black and white pictures, but it shows them in... Huh arcades and it even shows them in a lot of malls just right out in the middle of the mall like a like a common day uh, a current day like picture booth i don't know if you've seen those coming back i have yes and so there's advertising on all four sides of this thing okay so what i'm doing with it i got it and the projector was gone and you mean like toasted or just no, mi- gone. physically missing? Physically missing. Okay, all right. And looking at it and talking with uh, uh, Billy back in the day when I got it, and then a little bit with with uh, Ken Layton on Clove. Mm-hmm. Ken was familiar with these as well. Apparently, they operated them. I apparently have one. They came with two projectors, two styles of projectors, and I apparently have one of the harder to find projector models. Okay, the way the inside of the booth is made up. Okay, where the projector goes. Okay. So finding the projectors is hard enough. Finding the films is darn near impossible. I see. Unless you want to go on eBay and get something on an old Chevrolet that played in a dealership, a car dealership. Okay. So my intention with this from the get-go, once I discovered there was no projector, I was hoping to find a projector and at least maybe a cartoon reel in it. Mm -hmm. Hopefully, like some people have, a box of the film cartridges Mm -hmm. it was dead empty Mm -hmm. not even a quarter was in it i see so i'm going to put a computer in it okay long ago i started writing a little piece of software to to run the booth the theater from a linux based computer a linux operating system based computer okay And, and the one thing i won't get too deep into this right now it's something for a future show okay one thing that i was struggling with was the instant power off situation like like when you just turned it off like it was a piece of coin op equipment uh-huh. i know you can do this because a lot of your modern ish 90s ish like set down drivers all your mega touches your they're they're all linux based mm-hmm. you can walk up and shut them off and it doesn't corrupt the operating system or the, so, fi- or the file system the file system yes. right yeah there, there there's ways to do it and i started researching that and honestly, I wasn't finding anything. My Linux is really, really rusty. I wasn't finding anything that I was very happy with. Uh-huh. There was no one that I was kind of coming across out there in all these forums for the operating system that that was doing anything like I was doing. They were all doing graphics editing or gaming or no one was looking for or talking about a production-esque, a commercial-esque application of the operating system. So okay. I, I didn't, I was having a hard time getting past that hurdle of how do I just turn the thing off? I don't, I want to just turn it off like the rest yeah. of my gamer. Yeah. Just unplug it and, and pack it away. Right. Yeah. So 
it kind of set to the side for a while. And this is where my arcade related Christmas gifts came in. My sister was looking for something to get me. And I said, you know, I've wanted to work a little bit. I wanted to freshen up on Linux a little bit. Get me a Raspberry Pi. Okay. And she looked at me like I was crazy. She didn't know what a Raspberry Pi is. And for people out there that don't know what it is, we'll have links to this in the show notes. A Raspberry Pi is a single board computer that runs the Linux operating system. Very inexpensive. The the unit that I've got, there's two models right uh-huh. now, an A board and a B board. The B board is the most expensive, and it costs $35. Yeah, isn't that, isn't that just isn't crazy? amazing? It is. Now, you do need to get a power supply, and the, it's it runs off USB power supply. You do need to get a, an SD card. There's uh-huh. no hard drive. It runs off an SD card. Yeah. Those are like 12 bucks. And then uh, the video output is HDMI, so you can plug it right into a television. You can plug it into any monitor you want. It's got USB on it, mm-hmm. so you can keyboard and mouse. It's got Ethernet built into it. Outside of the thirty-five dollars, you need an SD card, and you need um, what did I just say? A power supply. Yeah. Okay. I I bought mine from MCM Electronics. Yeah. And I got a little kit. It was like thirty nine ninety nine, and I got the twelve dollar SD card in the kit. So for five more bucks, I got the SD card. They already copied the operating system on it. The operating yeah. system you just download it off of raspberrypi.org. You copy it over. There's no magic to set it up. Yeah. Literally, you it's just kind of kind of turnkey and done. it's kind of turnkey and done. Yeah. So they're they're they are amazing little boxes. There's they no they are cool little yes. little little boxes. Yes, so, they are. I have been working through the month taking the little script that I had written to run this originally on uh, a, another Linux distribution, uh-huh. converting it over to the flavor of Linux that runs on the Pi. Working on that, uh, I have come up with some interesting ways to get around the power issue, okay. and that's a whole other story. We, we might get into that in a, to a later episode. I wanted to put my my script out there for everybody and if somebody wants it when it's kind of polished I, I may still do that right now unfortunately i've had to get into a real hardware heavy solution to handle this power situation yeah. well hopefully if if anybody uh, you know in our listenership has gone down this road man just uh shoot you know just shoot you an email you know oh that would yeah, be great brand it broken token.com and uh, open up a dialogue on well, it that'd be great you know you mentioned that uh preston over at the game room junkies uh-huh. he had he had made a put a post up on their facebook page about a game that he'd re- recently got and he'd recently picked up a starship troopers yes and then there was oh, a, yeah, i remember seeing that yeah. okay no that what was that pa- that was patrick wasn't it got that you're right i'm sorry it, yeah, was patrick. it was patrick it was patrick yes yes and there was some banter back and forth in the comments about starship troopers and then someone else that i, I believe was either a friend of patrick's okay or listened to the show he was going to make some kind of video mod for that game okay. and it was based on a raspberry pi okay so i started kind of messaging back and forth with him and say hey look this is what i'm doing how are you going to handle this power off on the pinball I mean, it, it's one thing if this booth, this theater was set in the game room and I didn't run it on the rest of the game room power. I turned the game room off, then I walked over to it and I opened it up and mm-hmm. I got a keyboard out mm-hmm. and I and did it. Did the shutdown? I sequence. did a proper shutdown. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. one thing. How are you going to do it on a pinball? Because, I mean, what are you going to do? Open the coin door, pull a keyboard out, plug in a monitor? No. You know, what yeah. are you going to do? You've got to handle it. And he and I talked a little bit about 
some of the, and I won't get into the technical details of some of the things I'd explore trying to handle it and make it like a piece of commercial equipment. Yeah. That's the road this gentleman's going down. So he and I talked quite a bit and you know, we're gonna see where he goes and he's he knows where I'm going. And then like you said, Whitney, yeah, there's a listener out there that's like, Oh yeah, I've done this a hundred times. Yeah. I would so love to hear from you. Well, and maybe one of the listeners is is you know is Linux savvy and knows about you know file system filters or something like that to where they could they could help out with that. So, I mean, yeah, I'd say call on the community, man, and see, oh, if, any, see yeah. if anybody That's can help you out. That's a great idea. Yeah, I, I'm thinking a little bit of this on the Raspberry Pi uh-huh. is not just the file system is it is that that SD card mm-hmm. if anyone's ever had like an SD card and a camera get corrupted or in their cell phone get corrupted yeah i'm thinking of, you know in the 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 forums i'm i'm reading like i said they're doing gaming they're they're doing application level stuff they can help me if i wanted to write the script to run something in the game room yeah. if i wanted to write a script to run the display in a pinball machine they could help me okay because they're doing stuff like that yeah they're they're not doing anything that's product that's that's commercial yeah you know where they have to have that strength but in the conversations they're they're not engineering level down to the the bit and byte level down to the well i needed a, this component here to do this level so there's some conjecture as to is it a file system problem or is it a problem I with, with the technology of the sd card I, I see okay so yeah anybody out there even if you're not doing this on like a raspberry pi <laughs> yeah i was originally going to do this with a small really really inexpensive uh uh pc uh-huh just and and then do it more like like a Mega Touch or yeah. like um, uh, like my Vapor TRX. It mm-hmm. runs it's Linux. Yeah, it runs Linux. You can watch the boot up. No, it's Linux. Yeah, just I was going to do it basically on an Intel PC. So yeah, if there's anybody out there that's done this, yeah, that's cool. Oh, I would love to hear from. I, you. I'd, I'd love to see the I'd love to see the the effects of the con- of that conversation. You know that that would be neat. So here's why this booth is down here. This I've called it a cartoon booth, but yeah. actually you're right. It's a Kitty Rama cartoon theater. Yeah, here's the reason the theater's down there down here it's going to expo yeah okay i'm taking it to expo i think the kids are going to love it uh the expo guys looked at it they looked at it last year i wanted to take it last year it didn't happen i was asked about it this year i already had it in my mind i wanted to go even if i had to hand shut it down i was going to take this thing gotcha um i've uh, worked out i'll uh, you know i'll have some pictures of this up so i can show everyone later I'm actually going to go ahead and put like a second monitor on top of it so everybody that's around it can see what it's playing. You don't have to be in it. And I'll probably actually even do like a set of external PC speakers or something just temporarily so that like on the expo floor, people can, you know, the kids can get in it and the parents can sit out there or the other kids. And here's the thing about a PC. You can put as many cartoons on it as you want hundreds you're only limited by the hard drive yeah exactly so you know i found some tools there's the walter lance stuff there's it's all over it's all over uh, yeah. um YouTube. Uh, youtube yeah so you can you can pull those right off youtube i've actually even at walmart gotten a couple cartoon compilation dvds yes, yes so yes. you know yeah you can get them inexpensively yeah and it fits the genre. Yeah, it it's does. Awesome. It does. So, it, it ought to be neat. Th- so that, that'll be a neat addition to the expo. It's going to expo. Yeah, so cool. now there is actually one other thing on here. We've talked about this before where you've got to have surprises. Whitney and I can't talk about everything. Okay. So Whitney, take off your headset. 
All right. And I want you to walk past the uh, the cartoon theater and check out the backside of the game room and see what's sitting back there. <laughs> something going to bite me or what? No, no, then, no. Do I, do I have to go like karate on it or something? No, you might have to look at it. It's, okay. All right. I'm walking. He's walking. All right. So I had made it. What am I going to see here, Brad? Oh, you're going to get there soon enough, Whitney. I made a trip. Uh, Holy smoke! <laughs> I don't know if you can hear him yell it. That is awesome. I made a trip up to uh, wow. Indianapolis. Where did you get this? New Year's Day. I'm actually telling everybody, Whitney. <laughs> oh, my bad. Well, you know, Brent, I'm just over here having my own set of fun. Uh, that is, dude, that is so cool. We're, it's picking you up, so everyone's hearing you. Okay, cool, cool. So I made a trip up to Indianapolis New Year's Day. Um and picked up a big guns uh pinball williams big guns i've I've played big guns several times first i wanted an auction probably a year and a half almost two years ago Coming back, Brent. and played it really enjoyed it had a had an opportunity to play a couple more at different shows and kind of had my eye out for one well i found one Got that was headphones a, back on man he set back up yeah had, stenciling on that's beautiful it's a beautiful it's, game it's a beautiful cabinet it is very. It's. The, <laughs> I can't wait to see the play field. The uh, the not, play, not to interrupt you, but I no, will. no. The, <laughs> I was telling the story of it. I'd made the trip up New Year's Day up to Indianapolis. Okay. I had had played Big Guns uh, several times, and yeah. actually there was one at Chicago, and I thought long and hard about that game. Yeah. And it just I I went back actually I finally made the decision, and it had already been packed up, and it was gone. Brent brings out the Big Guns. <laughs> So, I've been waiting to get that in somehow, some way, and it fit just right there, you know? I found this one for sale. It was north of Indianapolis, and I met the seller uh, and his wife, Ray and Kelly, uh, at a rest stop in Indy, New Year's Day. Nothing odd about nothing that. Nothing odd about no, that. Nothing odd about that whatsoever. No. no. Maxine no, no, and, nothing bad happened. Maxine and I, uh, my little puppy, we made the trip up, uh, New, like I said, New Year's Day, met him at a rest stop. And uh, uh, that we we made the made the exchange and uh, home came big guns. I, Man, I can't wait to see a photo album on that. Now it's still Whitney did not see it set up. It's been here since New Year's Day. It, it's still wrapped right now. Yeah, yeah. And we're kind of what right now, Whitney. We're what, midway through January, right about now. We are recording this on the balmy day of Sunday, January the eighteenth. Yeah. So, so we're yes. we're past midway on January. Yes. And it's still wrapped in plastic and it's folded up over in the corner of the game room. Yeah. Uh, it, I mean, it's a, it's don't a plain, feel bad, dude. It's, yeah. it's just the way it is. It's a playing, shooting, going game. I mean, it's, it's, it's I a could, fun game. I I knew everything that was coming yeah. was coming. Yeah, the list, the long list that I just went through. Yeah, I I was already having <laughs> to reorganize the game room <laughs> to make room, like to bring the theater down here and work on it and all that. Yeah, I've got my defender slid off to the side. I've got the uh, the rip off slid off to the side to make space out here in the middle of the main floor. I've actually got the theater sitting on a tarp because mm-hmm. I know that it's. I've got the Space Invaders in my shop. I got the theater sitting on a tarp. Yeah. I know I'm going to have to do some serious cleaning on it. Yeah. And I'm out here on my main floor on my good carpet. Yeah. So, yeah. I, 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 so I've just left the big guns folded up over in the side part of the game room. And yeah. that's unfortunately where it's going to have to sit. So, you I'm know, looking forward to hearing more about that as you get into it. I, I've, I've actually thought about taking it to Expo. Yeah. And, I know that that Ray had it in, in good shape and it was playing. I have not actually played the game, so I want to break it down. Uh-huh. And it'd be a shame to spend all the time to take unwrap it, set it up, and just to play it, 
and then fold it all back up and cart it off. But before I take it off to Expo, I'd want to play it a little yeah, bit, make no, sure I that understand. anything in transit hadn't happened with yeah, it. Just make sure it's not going to fall down on you while while yeah, it's there for yeah. three days. I mean, yeah. Ray, I think you know he, Ray. Uh, it was great working with him. Yeah, hopefully, he's a listener. You know, I, I gave, yeah, I brought him up to speed on on podcasting as a whole. He and his wife, his wife uh, is a is a big uh, fan of the internet forums and the like. But she hadn't gotten into podcasting, and Ray hadn't. So, oh, nice. hopefully, they're they're current listeners. Well, good, good. Our new listeners. Hey, Ray. Hey, Ray's wife. What's up, Kelly? Ray and Kelly. Oh, Ray and Kelly. Exactly. So you know, in, you know, he had to pack it up. He traveled in two hours. And then we transferred it vehicle to vehicle. I traveled down two hours, transferred it out. So yeah, yeah like I said, I, I don't want to just the first time I turn it on and to be out there on the show floor and maybe have to go through something that's come up in that. Yeah. So. Well, it, for the vintage game that it is, it's it's beautiful, um, and the stenciling looks fantastic. It, the cabinet does not look uh, like it has seen really any hard life at all. So, uh, and, and I did peek within the cellophane just to kind of get a glimpse of the play field and everything. It, from what I could see, it was very bright and vibrant. Doesn't doesn't look planked or peeled or anything no, like it's, that. It's very pretty. It, it looks very pretty. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing more of the game. So. The only place I could really find on it was a little wear on a piece of mylar, like where the ball drop where a ball drops out of the wire form. Yeah. And That's honestly, to be expected. Honestly, I could probably even just buff that piece of mylar out. Yeah. You know, I thought about just pull. You know pulling it you know doing the removal on uh-huh. just that little little kind of crescent shaped piece of mylar yeah. and i was like i could probably just buff it out that's cool honestly man. so yeah it's it's very nice there was a couple broken plastics ray had mentioned when he got it he'd already replaced yeah so uh, i am very very happy with it well dude i will say this uh for for it being a holiday month okay and for me getting sick you know getting the flu and you know Christmas and everything, man. We've both uh, we've both actually been going kind of gangbusters. We man. have you know, actually for, yeah. for working on games, picking up TVs, getting you know the big guns and everything else that's going on, man. That's that's a lot, dude. That's a lot. I, I was shocked when I went back to kind of put some notes down, to put the list together. I mean, yeah. I, believe it or not, for, for our listeners, I know we ramble all over. Yeah. We actually try to stay on target. <laughs> we, we have show notes. <laughs> yeah, we it's have just, show it's notes. It's just that we walk all around the show yeah. notes rather than going down through the show notes. That, Absolutely. That, that's our biggest thing. So, now that's great. That's that's some good updates. And Brent, I, I will say this: before we get into the interviews, why don't we why don't we take this time? Uh, let's kick it over and let's. Uh, there's there's been uh, quite a few developments on the you know the the restoration artwork p you know projects and pieces and mm-hmm. and some new uh, some new projects have kind of come to light. Why don't we talk through those and then uh, then let's go ahead and, and uh, you know roll into the interviews then. All right, Brent, we're back for one of uh, what has turned into my favorite parts of the show is when we talk about, uh, you know, new new reproduction artwork, new projects, both on the arcade and the pinball side. And there is there is quite a bit new this month. Uh, I don't think it'll I don't think that there's a, a tremendous amount of detail on any one specific project simply because, you know, we'll have the link in the show notes and just kind of give some background info on each one of these. Uh, a couple of them are updates from from previous shows, but a couple of them are new as well. And like I say, most of them just kind of really stand on their own. But as far as um, 
new reproduction artwork uh, that's that's out or is notable for this month. Uh, one thing I did want to revisit though is as of February first, the pre-order for the for the Rally X uh, reproduction silk screened uh, monitor bezels is going to be over with. So that's being done by Phoenix Arcade. Uh, we'll have the link to the uh, to the uh, I guess to the pre-order uh, thread up on Clove. And um, as we're recording the right threads now, on Clove, we won't have. We we'll have the link for the pre-order thread up on Clove. There we'll have go. a link thank, to thank them. you, thank you. Yes, <laughs> just, we, yeah. I am. We're at the point in the show, folks, where I'm just messing with Whitney. <laughs> we will have a link for the thread on Clove, <laughs> and we'll have that in the show notes. How about that? So, that, oh, that, that sounds great. That entire pre-order thread, we'll we'll make sure we get that to everybody. Like I say, as of this recording, we're about two weeks out on it ending. We're a little over fifty percent of the uh, of the way there. We need fifteen pre-orders to get it going, and um, just so that everybody knows, it, it's one hundred and twenty-five dollars for one bezel that is on uh, on tempered glass. Silk screened, uh, and then it's thirty dollars to ship uh, a single bezel here within the U.S. So, uh, one hundred and fifty-five dollars gets you one. The I, I think that the notable thing about this though is that this Rally X is more of a niche title. It's not one that everybody is familiar with or, or probably has a lot of nostalgia for. But if you do love Rally X, such as I do. Um, this is probably going to be the only time to get this piece of artwork. I doubt that Darren Phoenix Arcade will rerun this anytime soon, so it's really kind of a uh, get it while the while the iron is hot. Uh, the next uh, piece of artwork, Brent, uh, and this is uh, this is new for this month. Uh, we actually have a couple of them here. Uh, Tempest cocktail uh, machines are getting their glass reproduced. Uh, Phoenix Arcade uh, is doing these as well. We'll have a link in the in the uh, blog post for that. The interesting thing about this is um, these are these are now available, and Darren says that they will never never be reprinted. He has made that statement. After these are done, they are done. They are gone. So. If you uh, if you have that machine and you need uh, some new glass or want some new glass for it, uh, it looks like now would be the time to get that. I'd have to grab the cost on that, Brent. I know it's going to be fairly expensive, but you know, it's yeah, that, I'm thinking uh, yeah. co- cocktail glass is typically much heavier than your bezel glass. It, it is. It's thicker. You and know, the I'm cuts. Tr- I'm yeah. trying to remember from the from a tempest. If I think it's it's not just rectangular. There's actually I think a relief cut in it for the it, control panel. It is, and it, it has uh, it's beveled on the corners. You're right. It does have it does have a recess or a relief cut for the uh, for the control panel, just to, just so that you can kind of get closer to the to the top of the so table. So the, the raw materials, it's pretty involved. It's alone. It, alone it, yeah, art. Darren detailed it in the thread, uh, and of course that that is on Clove as well. Uh, he detailed it in the thread and said that you know. The production on this was was much more than I think was originally anticipated. The shipping is going to be a little uh, is going to be more than was anticipated. Uh, he's not necessarily passing those costs on to everybody. I mean, he's he's sticking to what he said originally, but based upon all of that, he he said these are not going to be redone. So uh, so we've got that going. The next thing, uh, also new uh, this this month from Phoenix Arcade, and Brent, I sent this over to you. I thought you might be interested in this uh, in light of you know working on a battle zone. Is uh, Phoenix Arcade is now offering uh, upright battle zone art that is screen printed as well, reproduction, and that should actually be live on their website uh, as 
as of the show being published. So Darren had said that uh, he did have to get the website updated, but that was also available. So man, that's, I mean, that that's, that's pretty significant, man. I mean, it's neat to see artwork be reproduced, especially some of the niche artwork. And I'm not saying Tempest or Battlezone uh, is our niche games, so to speak, but they're certainly not the mainstream games that, that you would, um, that you would expect like a Donkey Kong or Frogger, you know, or, well, or something. A Tempest a cocktail centipede or is, something like that. A Tempest that. cocktail is, Kind of a niche. I mean, you, I've it seen is. a lot of temps, but not a lot of the cocktails. Not a lot. Of, not a lot of cocktails. There were not a lot made, and you know, any cocktail reproduction part to me is is probably less profitable than than the corresponding upright simply because there's fewer machines uh, there's fewer machines made and there's probably fewer machines surviving and they're just bigger and everything is just uh, I would think a little more cumbersome to deal with. So so like I say so those those three things are done. So um when we look at uh, revisiting one particular project, Brent, I've talked about this in the past couple of shows, but this the reason I want to bring it up again here now is that there is a status change. These have now gone into pre-order status, and these are the reproduction uh, joystick and joystick bases with the um, you know with um, you know all the the corresponding parts in, in it for that, the gimbal and everything like that uh, for a food fight, Atari food fight. Uh, Clove member Dwayne uh, Hawley is uh, is doing this pre-order, and he is offering both a both a, a single joystick that does have a ball top on top of it as well as the joystick with ball top and the bearing assembly uh as well separately so now he's making this bearing assembly which will yes. replace the and i've looked through this shirt a little bit uh, I, I will admit that that food fight th- that joystick and that assembly i i that's kind of we talked about wheelhouses a lot in this in this episode that's yeah. out of my wheelhouse but instead of having that grommet that's the same from a food fight in a battle zone and the pivot and, ball and, and everything and, and yeah. like a pivot ball type mm-hmm. of a deal and the gimbal assembly and all that he's actually making it, it looks like a replacement quote unquote bearing if you will that goes in the pocket that the grommet would go into that, that's right and, to give you that just, same action and it sits down into the actual gimbal joystick base itself okay so so you, it's almost like you pull the guts out and put his new guts in it, oh okay it completely oversimplified but that that is in of itself what what's going on and so he builds this as is really um you know very uh highly machined uh highly machined replacement parts should be very durable and should address much of the issues with servicing or maintaining a food fight joystick so those pre-orders are on uh, i'd have to check the thread to see when they end i think he had said towards the end of january i you know i don't know if these will ever be rerun ever again i'm not i'm not thinking that he's just sitting around waiting to you know roll these off the cnc as people order them so um it's one of those things that if you are interested in i would highly suggest that you that you look into now, talking about joystick sprint, we'll go ahead and, and pop down to another uh, another joystick topic that that is of, of high interest to me. Is if you have a Nintendo Punch Out, there is now a thread uh, on cloth and a couple of parts uh, offered uh, up by the original, or I guess the original poster of that thread uh, goes by the handle of Dog P. And this is interesting because he has outlined the process by which you can convert a standard Nintendo joystick to a Super Punch Out joystick that has the fifth micro switch for when you pull up 
on the joystick itself, okay, and, and to actuate that. So uh, it's neat. Uh, he offers up the um, the three D printed uh, or the three D print file, so that you could uh, use an, an internet based service to three D print that particular this, that particular part for holding the micro switch and attaching to the bottom of the joystick. And then he outlines the process by which he he went ahead and built that. Now, um, and like I say, I'll I'll have this in the show notes and everything like that because uh, what this leads into is some recent developments uh, by Clove member 2600 where he is offering the components okay to to get you to what's called uh, double punch and that would be running punch out and super punch out on the same PCB okay and what's really interesting about this is that uh, it it looks like the um, the interest on this particular thread or this particular topic has been building for years. Okay, people have been wanting to not only convert their punch out to super punch out or vice versa, but also run both of them on on one PCB and then essentially just switch between the two with a you know with a button press combination. Now, uh, you know, super punch out and punch out run on the same hardware. It's just a difference in in the EPROMs and and the PROMs and of course the joystick and everything like that and there's also with super punch out what's called a security board and this security board is apparently very hard to come by it's very hard to find uh not been reproduced uh, up until this point but 2600 is offering a um a reproduction security board and this is a daughter board that that, uh, that plugs into the uh to the z80 cpu socket and then everything else rides on top of that and inside that thread he he details the process by which you can convert punch out to super punch out uh there's a link to the um to the manual that nintendo supplies with the upgrade kit or with the the cross grade kit so to speak and then he talks about everything that his kit supplies and everything that you would need to acquire and build on your own in order to go to what's called double punch okay so like i say all of this is all this will be inside the show notes but man brent this is i mean my eyes lit up when i found this and i started reading on it and and very to be very transparent on it you know i've just i just recently acquired a punch out so i didn't really have a need to be interested in this but then once i started digging on this and i started kind of chasing the rabbit hole so to speak i i, I then i then realized just how long this topic has been in discussion and bits and pieces all over Clove, and there not be a good solution it, to it. It's kind of funny that that when you buy a game, all of a sudden things like this come out of the woodworks. It, it's it is I know. It, it, it is kind of funny. Isn't it, it? it is, and you know something. I, and listeners may say, "Well, you're only reporting on what's interesting to you," and I, I'm trying very hard to not do that. It, but at the same point, it's it's really hard to yank a game out of the air and say, "Okay, now let me go find everything that's new on Frogger this month." Whereas we know that there's not a lot. In it. Well, you know, there's you not know, much the nice, happening. The nice thing about Clove is that they've got that subsection of the for sale forms. Or yes. The, the sale threads, if you will, that talks about projects just like this. And well, if, if you generally monitor the the general form as well, you'll get interest threads as well. That, and you'll see this stuff. That's exactly right. And again, I'll, I'll use the same term. In all transparency, I do go back and I, I do pull a lot of this this section of the show's content from that from those threads, as well as from different sections on pin side, so that I can kind of collect everything together and present kind of a more all up view of what of what's really going on. So you know, I'm. 
you know, I'm following what's topical in this section, but it is it, it is all very interesting and it is all new. Well, so I, so I'm trying to make sure that, that we're getting good information out that is relevant to everybody. I know that, that the regard. conversation about doing punch out to super punch out conversions has been has been rolling around out there for forever. Oh yeah, and everything yeah. from just you know if I've got the punch out board and I figure out a way to deal with the joystick differences. How, you know what do I need to make to convert it? Da da da. Or I, somewhere in the back of my head, I, I thought maybe that someone had tried doing like a two uh, two boards and one cabinet type situation. Of course, you got to deal with the joystick, which is I guess you can use a super punch out joystick and just in punch out you you have no option for that pull up feature. Exactly. But you know it's it's like with a lot of the Nintendo a lot of the games. If you've got the cabinet that has got. 98% of the hardware, you're 98% there, and you want that next game, game version two, you yes. know? So, man, it, that's that's really kind of cool to see that come along. Well, and, and what's handy about this is that if anybody who's familiar with, you know, with Punch-Out or Super Punch-Out, they're not the lightest games to have. Mm-hmm. They have two monitors in them. The maintenance on them can be a little tough. And, and would you really want to have both of them sitting side by side? From a pure standpoint, my answer would be yes. But from a limited game room room aspect and or a real estate perspective, it's hard to do. It's hard to do. And if I could have one run both, whether it's Super Punch Out that also runs Punch Out or whether it's Punch Out that also runs SPO, I'm happy with it either way. It doesn't matter to me. So I, th- that's really why this has a, has a lot of appeal. So is this kit situated in such a way that if I already had a Super Punch Out, could I use this kit? And, and double I, punch it and double punch yes, it yes you could okay yes, you good. could um you they, like i say they are the same boards and so you could go either direction and wind up with double punch at the end if you so wanted to okay so it's neat it does give high score safe okay and um this is something that i thought was just fantastic it gives what's called high score party mode for both games so it actually keeps a, high, a separate high score bank for each game so if you have double punch if you've gone on and taken the kit to double punch stack then it would maintain high score for for both games and i think that's that's pretty sweet now the one thing i do want to say this is not what is considered quote-unquote a turnkey install okay you you are going to have to do some rom switches you're going to have to do some e some prom switches uh, i'm sorry some eprom switches and some prom switches you're going to have to do some soldering you're going to have to do some some le- you're going to have to lift a few legs on, on a couple of chips uh, it looks like you're going to have to run some gu- you know some guide wire and things like that but Everything that you need to do this is documented here, okay? Mm-hmm. But it's not going to be like an arcade shop high score save kit install. Where you're, where just, you, you're, you're just you're plugging pull, in a daughter board. chip and pop on a daughter board and then it pirate back up and instantly you're there. This is going to be a little more involved. But that being said, this is the only way that I have that I have been able to find to get to that coveted you know double punch status so to speak i'm so, flipping through some of the documentation here. i'm up in the it, thread man. it looks good and um it looks like i mean it's it, there's pictures of boards and it's got sections of ic's like uh, Highlight, highlighted yes, with highlighted. reds and blues yep. and you know, like and, and i've not read the verbiage but i'm assuming that you take the chips that are in red you pull them out da, da, yep. da, you know and it's not like go to 12c and pull this ic no, you know it, i mean it, there's 
it's not hard. It's it's not, it's not hard, but it is detailed. Correct. Yes. Gotcha. Yes. Yes. So I, I think anybody, you know, I think anybody who is who is so to speak knee deep into the into the hobby. I think anybody listening to this show uh, in covering the topics that you and I like to cover and offer up. This is right up. This is right up any yeah. of our listeners' alley, man. They, sh- they should be able to knock this out and get this done. It's not a straight up pull one chip, put in a daughter board, set that chip back in the daughter board type of a swap, but it's not insurmountable. It it's just, not insurmountable. There's a little bit of detail. There is. And you know something, to me it would be fun because you got to get out the soldering iron, you got to do a little bit of work, but there's there's satisfaction to be gained at the end of this. So um, like I say, we'll, we will have all the relevant links uh, in the blog post because this is something that I will revisit at some point in the future and I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, over on the pinball side, uh, Brent, there, it looks like Stern has been kind of running a little bit of overtime uh, on offering up some mods. I'll, I'll kind of take these in reverse order, what's available now and what's supposedly available later on this year. But the Walking Dead pinball, I, I'm sure that it has been a you know a significant seller for them, a very popular title. They're now offering what's called a Prison Tower add-on in the Stern store. So this is something that was developed by Mesel Mods, and this mod is then being sold uh, both by Mesel Mods and in the Stern store. So this is, quote-unquote, an official add-on for the Walking Dead pinball. And I've seen pictures of it, Brent. It looks fantastic. Uh, it looks right at home on the machine. If I had a Walking Dead, I'd be buying this. So it, it looks like it's pretty sweet. Um, the other thing that is of big interest to me, uh, simply because I do have the game, is um, sometime in 2015, uh, and I've got the link to the to the pin side thread, uh, there's been confirmation that we should be getting a swinging bell mod for the older ACDC machines from Stern. From Stern, an official an official upgrade for ACDC Pro specifically uh, that will take the the non swinging bell on the on the original Pros and then upgrade it to the swinging bell that is on the quote LED Pros. Okay, and I had, I used air quotes, Brent, instead of slamming my hand on the table. So you should be proud of me for doing. <laughs> that okay but uh but <laughs> i love my pinball and just uh, hitting the hitting the table but um those are two new things and like i say I'm, I'm very excited about both of them i think that if stern continues in this mod business or these these licensed or sanctioned add-ons man that just that just increases the value of the game overall because there's more stuff you can do with it as time goes on so i, I think that's pretty sweet so you know as you know as as new things go, Brent, that's really kind of what uh, what I've seen happening over you know over the past month in uh, in the arcade and the pinball side from you know mods, reproduction artwork, new parts, and stuff like that. And uh, as always, man, I, I scour this stuff you know almost on a on a every, every two to three days, and you know try to mix it up and offer some more stuff next month. But this is this is fun stuff to talk about. Well, Whitney, you said as things go, so here's a perfect transition that you didn't know that you made. I have man, dude, I'm I'm smooth. I have man. been going. <laughs> <laughs> a lot this month. I have uh-huh. been just going and going and going, as is evidenced by both of our updates earlier in the episode. Yeah. I've also been on, on the road a little bit. One thing I wanted to mention real quick is a, a trip that I took to Zanzibar. Mm-hmm. So Zanzibar, if you're ever through the Louisville area, make sure you look up Zanzibar. A lot of games to play, video and pinball. Good selection. Uh, great food. Come in in the evening, sit down for a little bit, have a drink. You know, it, it's, it's full service end to end. Like Whitney mentioned, great selection of games, but one of the things that they have done is bring in for public play a Walking Dead LE. Yeah, that's that's pretty 
pretty amazing that an LE would be on location for, for just everybody to play. For a play. Yeah. So go back and check out our Facebook page, facebook.com slash broken token. Yep. While I was there that night, they had kind of an unveiling party and, you know, they headed up on stage. They unveiled it for the crowd had local media there had a, a lot of patrons of, of zanzibar a mm-hmm. lot of local arcade personalities yeah. that's probably a good way to put yeah, it i'd yeah. say just local yeah. collect, local collectors and, everybody and, kind of in the scene and people that had picked up the story just through you know th- through the local media just to kind of check out what you know check the place out check out uh, the machine see what was going on and they had a, an unveiling party so as part of that they actually gave tickets away to folks entering uh, zanzibar mm-hmm. and then they drew four tickets and those were the first four people that got to play a brand new inbox a brand new walking dead la they played the first four player game yeah so those pictures are up on our facebook page you can you can get a a a shot of the game a shot of the players and uh you know just kind of check it check it out for yourself i mean if you you come through town make sure you stop in check out zanzibar what they gave away now here's here's a transition on my part okay what they gave away to the winner of that first four player game was an admission to louisville arcade expo oh really they did that yes they did well i did not know that that's pretty that right there would be worth showing up for you know just in and of itself just to save some money yeah no yeah. Now there's transitions we talked about Louisville Arcade Expo earlier. So yeah. you know, uh, Zanzibar is a huge supporter of Louisville Arcade Expo. Uh-huh. Ants Wedding, who is he, he and his brother own Zanzibar. Yeah. They bring quite a few games to to Expo every year. Quality games. So you know, you get to see some of the Zanzibar collection at, at LAX. Yeah, neat, neat, neat. Now I was also on the road at New Year's Eve. 2014 slash 2015 whatever we call that Mm -hmm. and i ran up to cincinnati the to the place retro arcade and spent new year's eve with uh carrie cheney and his family estel goffinett and his wife erica were there yeah and of course everyone that was in in the arcade got to play a lot of games uh play a few games i'd never played i don't think i let carrie win a one of them (laughs) poor carrie you know (laughs) yeah not a one of them. So you just beating him on purpose, huh? Well, yeah. I don't. You know, I'm not that good, but neither is Carrie. <laughs> it's it's all about having fun, dude. Just gotta remember. <laughs> I know. I yeah. know. Yeah. Carrie knows I'm kidding. Yeah. Carrie knows I'm kidding. So while I was up there, uh, I took some of the some of the rig with me, and I actually got to sit down with Carrie and Estel, uh-huh. and we had a little conversation, kind of about what was going on in the world of uh, high score and competitive gaming and. Uh, things that had come in and out of of Carrie's arcade, and then he's always on the move. He's, man. man, he's always got stuff going yeah, he on. He does, he does. I'll give him that. He's always on the move. He is trying to, and, and if I get this wrong, Carrie, I apologize. He is he's trying to kind of focus the arcade to your your more classic genre of games, and the majority of the games are there. I mean, he has a uh, an outstanding row of just Williams games. Yeah. He's got classic era games that we all know and love, and also some that that are hard to come by. Yeah. You know, you don't see he's he's got a really nice kick man in there. Yeah. He's got uh I mentioned the Williams. He's got a death race. Oh, a, a death race. A computer yeah. space. I, I mean, yeah. Right now I'm trying to get I'm trying to get a list of the games in my mind. I'm going yeah. absolutely blank. Yeah, so no, it's all good. And we cover it in the interview. Yeah. So let's sit back for a few minutes and you know we'll just we'll just go through and and give give my interviews with Carrie uh Carrie listen and there's just actually two interviews back to back okay talk with Carrie and Estel and then I also talked to for a few minutes I, I was able to corral Carrie's wife Kim and Estel's wife Erica and, and kind of get their take on on the scene as well awesome let's do it 
I am down at the Place Retro Arcade for New Year's Eve. What would you call this? 2014, 2015 New Year's Eve? New Year's yeah, sounds Sounds good to me. All right. Listen, I've got with me, I've got Carrie, the owner of the Place Retro Arcade, and Mr. Estel Goffinet. Hello. Hey, how you been, Estel? We haven't uh, talked to you in a while. It's been a while. It's been going good. Awesome. We've had Carrie on. Uh, when we were down here watching you go for the kicker world record, you were a little busy. I mean, I talked to you a little bit, but uh, obviously we didn't get you on mic. Bring us up to date. What have you been doing since uh, how's the how'd the kicker thing go? Kind of where's that setting? Carrie told me a little earlier, and correct me if I'm wrong, Carrie, that it looks like Twin Galaxies is, is back up and they're, they're yep. accepting uh, scores now. They've kind of got everything ready to go. So are you in process? Are you in the pipe? What's going on? Uh, yeah, I got it all. <clears throat> I got it all on video. So 32 hours worth on three Blu-ray discs. I had to break it down. <laughs> oh, wow. But I think I will submit that, though. I mean, with the new peer review system they have at Twin Galaxies, it's it's going to be interesting to see how it works out. You know, that kind of makes me wonder. You just had the one system recording. I mean, if you had if you had a failure, you would have been in trouble, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, so, yeah. Kerry, talk to me a little bit about, you just had a gentleman, he was playing uh, right here around the corner, ice cold beer. Yep. He was actually going for the world record, and I think, where, where was that at? Did he hit it, but you all had a recording issue? What, what was the story yeah, of that? Yeah, somehow the file uh, became corrupted, so he's going to, you know, he's going to redo it at some point. All right, so he's going to rerun it? Yeah. And, and where was he at? Like, what was the score? And I mean, you, he had some astronomical number of balls left. I mean, what was it? Yeah, the I think uh, um, he had like 410,000 with like 32 extra balls when it was all oh, said wow. and done. Oh, wow. And then he just, he kind of was at the point, it was like, he yeah. could just go forever. I've watched oh, him yeah. play. Yeah. 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 He just got up after about seven and a half hours and just walked away from the machine, decided he was done. <laughs> I've had enough. What were you telling me earlier? He had done. The entire play field, how many times I on, seen on him, one ball? Uh, well, not not at that time, but just here recently, you know, he comes in every Sunday and plays. Mm -hmm. And uh, I saw it, you know, he went through 18 times on one ball. He did the entire play field, bottom Eight, to top, 18, yeah, 18 times, times, one times. ball. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> He's got a lot of patience. He does. I, I, I do good to get, like, to the third hole. Yeah. So, all right, so, Estel, what's next for you? We talked a little bit about Satan's Hollow earlier. I know Kerry might have... Hopefully, by the time this airs, a new addition to the arcade. Yeah. And it sounds like you've been playing Satan's Hollow a little bit. I've been playing a little bit. I'm not at the caliber of, you know, the Ben Falls and uh, <clears throat> the Donald Hayes. You're practicing. I'm practicing a little bit. I really have nothing in line right now. There's a lot of games I'd love to play. And I'm putting words in his mouth. And, 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 and put up scores for. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I haven't really decided on one. I just... Trying to get better at all of them, a little bit at a time. but uh. Well, I fail equally all the way across the board. Ditto. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like the games. I like working on the games. I can't play the games to save my life. You know what? I don't, I don't even really enjoy playing them, to be honest with you. <laughs> Seriously. I, I like to collect them. You know? I like to look at them. I like to watch other people play them. But I don't really get a lot of enjoyment out of playing them. Yeah, I've Isn't noticed. No, I wouldn't say that it's weird. I've noticed that, like up here, I've I made the trip in tonight from uh, from Louisville for for New Year's Eve, and the I've been here I don't know an hour and a half or so. I think maybe I've played one game. No, oh, sorry, I played a game of Death Race for the first time. Carrie has a beautiful Death Race sitting right here, right when you walk in the door. He's got a beautiful computer space. I'd never played computer space, so I took the opportunity to, get, to give that a play. 
And then other than that, it's I'm more of the I get more into the camaraderie of it. You know, had some conversations with you, talked with Esther a little bit, talked with uh, your wives. I don't get to the game as often as I as I probably should for doing kind of what what I do. So. You know as well as anyone, being a collector, and most of your listening audience probably agree that it's more the thrill of the hunt for us, you know, at least for me, you know, finding that next game, you know, like Satan's Hollow, that was on my top three, so I was happy, you know, right now to find a Satan's Hollow, so I'm driving seven plus hours to go pick up Satan's Hollow. (laughs) (laughs) So I think since, speaking of, since our last visit, when we were up here with Estel, when he was playing Kick, Kick, Kick. Kicker. 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 Yeah, that's right. Kick is the kick is the midway game. Yeah, kick man. Kick man, yeah. Kick kick man. So I know the computer space is new and then you've got the death race. You've got a Williams paddle ball, two player paddle ball. I think you had the centipede mini um, last time I was here. And then the I think the kick the kick man's new. I don't recall the kick man. Uh yeah, I got that the same time as food fight, so food fight okay, would be food new fight. to you then. For folks that may be coming through the area and would want to pay a visit, you know, Crystal Castles, Burger Time, Galaga, uh, Spy Hunter, Asteroids, Gauntlet, oh, the Czechs Bubble Hockey, Star Wars, and, I mean, I'm not even hitting half the games. I mean, there's 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 three or four times that, yeah, that number the, of games in the there. The Defender, Sinistar, oh, yeah, the whole, Patrol, The Robotron. whole Williams role. Robotron's uh, pretty new. Oh, okay. Yeah, All Robotron, right. Jungle King, Battle Zone. Oh, the Battle Zone's new? Yep, new additions. So, there's always something new in here somehow. Oh, yeah, something's <laughs> coming in the Satan's Hollow soon, hopefully. Yeah. Estel, do you, what's your home game room look like right now? Uh, at home? Just yeah. Just the, the kicker at home. Just the kicker. I have consoles, too. Oh. So I'm oh. sort of dabbling a little bit. We don't the, talk about those here. Yeah, yeah. I'm <laughs> dabbling in some stuff on that right now. but uh, I have consoles, too, Estel. Show 20 was Welcome to My Intervention. And that was centered solely on me. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> maybe we should all have an intervention on the console side. So we we don't give them a lot of play, but yeah, we've got them. We've got them as well. So, yeah. well, Carrie, give us a quick rundown. What's the address? What's your hours? Let's go ahead and hit all that again, so folks know. Okay, address is forty sixty nine East Galbraith Road, Cincinnati, Ohio four five two three six. The hours of operation are. Friday, 6 p.m. to 11 p.m., uh, which we do family night. It's $20 for the whole family to come in and play from open to close. Other than that, we do our hourly rates. Saturday, we are open noon to 11 p.m., and Sundays, we are open 2 to 8 p.m. And then you'll also do private parties as well. So. Yeah, we do private parties Monday through Thursday, 6 to 8 p.m., and Sunday, noon to 2 p.m. Esto hit the, hit the Williams Row kind of give you an idea of the caliber of games that are here i mean what else have i forgotten Estelle? there's uh there's a frenzy over there there's a fr- yeah <laughs> won't be here long <laughs> it yeah. won't be there long well th- there is a frenzy uh warlords yeah kung fu master oh I didn't i'm know cheating you had a i'm looking at the board there i didn't know you had a kung fu master tootin um yeah, uh tootin com yeah uh dig dug blitz uh, turbo rally x daytona usa hard driving wizard of war cubert yeah punch out frogger crazy climber Track and Field, Popeye, Tempest, Vanguard, Man, uh, uh, and of course Track uh, and Field, uh, and a Miss Pack sitting right here. Yeah. A beautiful Miss Pack right here inside the door. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. Isn't it? Yeah, it is very nice. <laughs> you need to get that away from you know like where the light can come through the glass and fade. Yeah, you know, that is beautiful. What? Yes, Ta- that's a gorgeous Miss Pack. Tapper, we got a Tapper. So uh, Tetris. 
Tetris, yeah. Oh, and uh, Fix the Felix, yeah. yeah. So, Estel, like, what are you playing now? What are you, or any game you're fancying? I've noticed you spend a little time on the Tempest and the Crystal Castles. And I have been, I have been doing some Crystal Castles. I yeah. mean, um, I'm getting close to the end of that one. So. Oh, are you? Yeah, there's only uh, what ten levels, I believe. Well, I never saw that far into it. So. I, I had, the, I had a, a nice Crystal Castles for a while. It, it's still in Louisville. And uh, the, the, the guy that's got it's actually, he's become a pretty good player. This goes back to the, I like the games, but I, I can't play the games to save my life. Yeah, I, I learned a little bit off uh, Mark Alpegger, who came up here earlier and showed me a few moves on Crystal Castle. So I really picked, stepped picked up his game. Oh, did it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Any good player is not going to tell you all their secrets. <laughs> but, you know, they'll let a few out there, I'm sure. I'm sure. So. Yeah. Well, gentlemen, I really appreciate the time, and uh, I say we all go play some games. All right. Sounds good to me. I love it. I am at the Place Retro Arcade, New Year's Eve 2014, getting ready for 2015. I have with me Miss Kim Cheney. Hello. Hello, Kim. Wife of Carrie Cheney, and they are the owners of the Place Retro Arcade. And I have Miss Erica Goffinett. Hello. The uh, the beautiful wife of uh, Mr. Estel Goffinett, who's been on the show several times. How are you doing tonight, ladies? Wonderful. Good. <laughs> so, so Kim, what's it like to be? You know, here's here's a nice generic question. What's it like to be the co-owner of an arcade? <laughs> oh, I'm starstruck by Carrie. <laughs> 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 uh, I mean, he's, a, he's a rising star in the arcade That's community. Apparently he is. Yeah. yeah, no, it's great. It keeps me busy, and he's busy, and we're all wrapped up in this, and it's just been a fun adventure. You know, we often talk on the show about the unsung hero of the arcade community, which is which is generally, it's the wives. That's I mean, right. Let's, right. let's be honest, <laughs> and this comes up on, on a lot of other shows, when you go to an event, it's mostly guys. Yeah. Yeah. And women are starting to, which is awesome, you know, women are starting to come out, and I'm seeing more women players, but behind all the guys, there's a lot of times there's a good woman. So, and Erica, you were here uh, last time I was up when uh, Esther was going for the, the kicker world record. Yeah. And you were you were here for support. I mean, you were in it for him. Kind of how did you all get ready for that? What, what was involved in that? <laughs> I slept here. <laughs> that was fun. Well, I know John Salter slept here, so I'm just hoping yeah. that John was on one row and you were on another row. I was, yeah. I was yeah, out here. right. Sure. <laughs> we'll just go with that story. Right? <laughs> it was so cold in here. I just remember it was so cold. It was, yeah. Yeah, it's exhausting. So, I mean, how much time did you all put into prep? I know Estel had to do some, some oh, run-up practice and all that no, kind of No, he didn't do much. Oh, he didn't? No, he only did about two hours. I had to practice to walk a straight line. I <laughs> couldn't imagine that. <laughs> no, he only did two hours, and he thought he had where the um, men would co keep collecting, but mm -hmm. they rolled over. I remember that. So I, we talked about that on the show. I was yeah. actually watching that night as, as he his stream. <laughs> And I, I had walked away from my laptop for a minute, and I walked back, and I was like, "What happened?" Because the guy, the the man count went away, and then he, I could hear him and John Salter talking about it, and he, he just rolled with it. It was amazing. He was like, "Oh well, I'll just keep playing." He was about ready to take a break. So. Yeah, but if we were at home, he wouldn't have rolled with it. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been a whole different ball game. <laughs> so, Kim, you've got your hands full, and. 
So who do we have? Who's this with is you? Alex. Is Alex? Oh, he, he's yawning. He's yawning. <laughs> Alex was passed out on the floor. He yeah. was taking a little nap. Yeah. And how many of the kiddos? Are, all the kiddos are here. They're tonight, all right? here. Yep, all six of them. All six of them. Yep. They're Carrie, always here with us. Carrie, you and Carrie are busy, busy people. We are, but it's a good busy. That's all right. That's a good kind of busy. Yeah. I can't complain about that. No. You <laughs> you've all always have smiles on your faces. You're happy to see everybody. Yeah. I mean, you run a great business. Yeah, it's fine. The kids are. They, they've come up a couple have come up to me and we talked a little bit yeah and, you know uh they then they go and they play the games <laughs> you think they're gonna uh, hold out to midnight i see the, uh, your daughter yeah, over here probably so you know since uh christmas they've been up pretty late uh every night just you know playing especially colin he's on his online games and stuff so <laughs> yeah i think i think they're they're good this one just had a nap so he's good to go he's and yeah i thought i think they'll make it Okay. Maybe Gage. Gage is the only one that I'm, I'm thinking won't make it to the end of the night. He's my four-year-old. So. Well, if you know, once he we didn't make it last year. Once we cross midnight, just make sure I'm awake because I've okay. got to drive home. Yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm a couple hours out. You're yeah, all you like are. 40 minutes. So. Yeah. 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 It takes. Well, the way I go, I don't like the highway. Yeah. So. It takes a, it takes a little route. longer. <laughs> so Kim, are you playing anything recently? The last last time I was down here, Ice Cold Beer was over here. Yeah. Where uh, Computer Space was and. I'd see you sneak away and play a game of ice cold beer. Do yeah. You, are you favoring anything right now? Well, he, anything he moves in back, I can't play because uh, I just have to be up front. So my game right now usually is uh, Death Race. Oh, I okay. like Death Race. I like running over the gremlins. Kind <laughs> 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 of take my frustrations out on those little guys. It's fun. <laughs> All right, so what's your, what's your score? I know, oh. Car- I know Carrie's concerned about his score, not having it beat. Yeah, Are you my be- highest score on it was 18, and then, yeah, Carrie just blew it out of the water last Sunday. I think he got 23. Keep him away from it. Practice on a little bit more. I, I will. Er, when game. he's playing it, throw stuff at him. <laughs> yeah. Erica, are you playing any games? No, no. Mega I, touch. I can only do Wii. Mega touch. Yeah, well, yeah. I've seen you on the Mega Touch before. <laughs> yeah, that's checkers against like seven year olds. <laughs> oh. We'll have to do a couple games, a two player on something. I mean, it'll probably be the shortest games in history because I'm terrible as well. I'm terrible. I love it. I just, they don't love me back. <laughs> and I don't have the patience for it. That, yeah, me neither. We, we have this underlying theme on our show, little phrases like that came up, and then we're like, that's a show title. They love me, but they don't love me back. I yeah, think that yeah, is a yeah. show title. Title. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> I think every wife pretty much vouches for that. Yeah. Yeah. They don't, they don't love, love me that. either. Uh-uh. <laughs> no, the we did. The we the we did. It's Mario Kart. Estel, yeah. Estel was talk I had Estel on and he was talking consoles and here we are consoles. We don't do consoles. Yeah. yeah. No. You wanna talk pinball? Oh, I love pinball. Oh I <laughs> love pinball, fun. but it, it doesn't love me back either. <laughs> I just like the the noises and the sounds and Oh, I, 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 uh, I am a sucker for a good light show, and then yeah. I get lost in it, and the next thing I know, the ball's gone. I've drained. You know, I'll, I'll admit I'm terrible. But. They're fun to play. Like I would never play for t- a score. No. I just play because they're fun. I don't really care what my score ends up being. Yeah. <laughs> I've gotten to the point with even my games, I'm switching back and forth whether I'm going to try for a score or like in some of the later games where you've got objectives and you're trying to do certain things and complete certain you know, combinations, I'll either play one or the other, and then I'll start to super focus on it, and, and then it'll completely ruin the experience for yeah. me. I, I'm just like, I can't hit anything. I'm frustrated. Yeah. It's like if this, you know, if it cost me a quarter, I'd been upset, but yet it cost me more because I bought the game. So, yeah. <laughs> What game is back there now? There's a pinball. Fireball. Fireball. There's a fireball. Eric and oh, I, I haven't have, played it yet. Eric yeah. and I, I have to go either. back and have the world's shortest two-player game of right? fireball. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> we'll be back in five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> or, it's going to take us four and a half to walk back there. Yeah. For, or, <laughs> All right, ladies. Well, I really appreciate the time. Thank and you. Uh, from all the men in the hobby, you know, thanks. You know, like I said, any of the ladies out there that are listening, come to the events, come to the shows. If you're in Cincinnati, come over to the Place Retro Arcade. It is what it is. It tends to be a guy-centric hobby, but we know what else is out there, and we acknowledge it, and we, we really thank you all. Yeah. Keep thank Erica you. and us com- and me company. Yeah, right? you know, they, all the girls can, can band together. and. <laughs> It's just you, her and I. You all need a ladies' night. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's what you need. Now, yeah. hopefully it's not just the two of you. I mean, there's other ladies in here, yeah. but maybe it's not just the four of you all. But <laughs> that, I want to tell Carrie. That's it. I said, I'm. She, listen, she really wants a ladies' night. I have to, have to get it started. But, ladies, like I said, I really appreciate the time. And let's go play some games. Okay. Hey, Whitney, I got a call from the guys that do the Louisville Arcade Expo, and they actually invited us back. Do you believe that? It's, uh, it's, it, it blows my mind, but you know what? Beggars, uh, beggars aren't choosers, and I'm ready to rock and roll. They must not have figured out all the things that we did last time we were there. <laughs> I'm looking forward to the show. I mean, doing the live remotes and everything is going to be fun. I think it's going to be a blast. Yeah. We had a great time last year. This time around, since we know a little bit more about what we're doing, I think it's going to be just a little bit easier. should be a little smoother. Hopefully, hopefully we'll have a little higher production value for our <laughs> listeners out there. Yeah. We've learned more about microphones in the past year. That alone will help out significantly. Quick cut to the chase is Louisville Arcade Expo is coming here to Louisville, Mm -hmm. uh, thus the name, Louisville Arcade Expo, March 6th, 7th, and 8th. Yep. And Whitney and I are are going to be in attendance yet again, thanks to uh, the great guys that, you know, I guess, Whitney, what do you want to say, that, not sponsor, that organized the show. Yeah. They they let it, they let us squat for, they let us squat there, dude. So that's, that's it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Actually, they're just too nice to turn us away. We turn up. That's what it is. So Matt and Jeremy Flights. And uh, Joe Stith, they are the, the core organizers of the Louisville Arcade Expo. I believe this is their fifth year. Yeah. We had the opportunity to visit with uh, Matt and Jeremy and Joe. They sat down and spoke with us for an hour, gave us the rundown of you know what to expect for this year. In typical Broken Token fashion, we did kind of wander all over the place, but it's all related to the show and yeah. it's all related to the hobby. Yeah. We hadn't had an opportunity to talk with Joe in the past, so he was here we got to catch up with him understand a little bit about his hobby uh or how he got into the hobby and you know what his side of the show is so i really think everyone's going to enjoy it just so that everyone is aware i say we in reality unfortunately for joe and matt and jeremy the we had to be just me yeah that was back when i was battling the flu and and still contagious so yeah brent brent bucked up and and he uh he went in and got this one done so when, that's cool. you, when they showed up and saw you weren't here they yeah. were like oh man <laughs> well we already made the trip yeah let's just exactly do it and get let's it over just, with let's just do it and do it you know it's if we gotta deal with him we gotta deal with him <laughs> exactly so. So we, we do want to mention real quick that on Friday night and Saturday night of the expo, yep. it, we'll have details yet to come. Yeah, I'd say just check our Facebook page, and we'll also do a blog post on the website as well with yep. full details once we get them ironed out. Whitney and I plan to do 
live broadcasts as we did last year. And right now, the, the tentative time is 7 o'clock on Friday. Mm-hmm. Eastern Standard. S- thank you, Whitney. Yes. 7 Eastern Standard on Friday. The, check my dates here, too, Whitney. Friday the 6th. Yes. I'll and see. Saturday the 7th. We're, see. We're, Friday the 6th and Saturday the 7th. You got it. Okay, good. Yep. Uh, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We are going to do a live broadcast on our MixLR channel. Mm-hmm. So, yes. And as Whitney mentioned, we'll have all those details out, but we want to go ahead and at least get the time out there and the dates out there for folks that may want to tune in. Yes. And I have, Brent, I'll go ahead and, and throw this out here. I have gotten some advanced report that some other podcasts are going to be in attendance at the show. And Oh, if, there can be none of that. <laughs> well, if uh, if everybody shows up who I, who I think may show up in podcast throwdown. Exactly. Uh, we may do uh, a miniature version of the uh, of the podcasting after dark that was so much fun uh, down at uh, Southern Fried Game Room. Oh, that, would be, that would be would, great. Wouldn't that be awesome that to do that awesome. again? And yeah. just, you know, not to not not to cop their idea, but to cop their idea, but simply because it was just so much fun and it produced such a a great great show and so we'll like i say we'll, we'll have more you know we'll have more details on that the great thing that that they did pa- president patrick did down in atlanta with sfge is they opened it up to anybody and everybody who wanted to sit in and participate and brent i love that and i want to do it up here in louisville so let's let's see if we can make that happen that, that'd be awesome as details as details work their way out we'll yeah. let everyone know hopefully that will come together oh yeah 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 and we're certainly going to try and uh we'll get some listeners and and you know get some people to set in and we'll just open it up and then we'll just have uh you know a, a hashtag hoot nanny brent <laughs> i don't even want to know how to spell that yeah I'm, I'm, i'll never even try to hashtag I'm from that Kentuck- yeah i'm from kentucky and i don't think i've ever said that yeah word. exactly exactly all right yeah. so leave it to with, me buddy leave with it a, to me. with the hoot nanny in full effect <laughs> let's sit back and uh, uh we'll give jeremy matt oh and joe a hoot nanny in full effect dude you used it <laughs> All right, let's hear from them. They are not going to invite us back no. after this intro. No, this no, is no, just like this, Whitney. We've this, killed them. We've killed them. We, you know, it's already out there now. So, but I'm thinking we're done for the next yeah, year. We're done. Okay, we're, right. we're going to let's gonna, make the most of the one we got. Make it fun. <laughs> Yay! All right, let's hear from them, man. I'd like to welcome a few guests here to the show. We've got Matt and Jeremy Flights and Joe Stith, the uh, the organizers of Louisville Arcade Expo. How you guys doing? Good. Wonderful. Doing great, brother. We want to sit down and talk with you a little bit about this year's show, the 2015 Louisville Arcade Expo. And we had interviewed you all, uh, Matt and Jeremy, in episode four. So we, we got a little bit of the history of the show at that I time. I hope. <laughs> I'm glad he said it because I wanted to. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. That's awesome. Episode four, New Hope. Uh, which one of you all is Leia? Uh, Joe. Yeah, Joe. no, not exactly. I mean, Joe's got the hair. We don't have hair. Luigi so. and Leia, it's kind of hard to do. So, um, they both have L's. I feel like Leia with his headphones, actually. We're going to have to have pictures of this. Joe was talking about uh, we needed to do a video a video cast, if you, you do, will. Dude. You with headphones as Leia. We got it. Yeah. So we talked to you a little bit in episode four, and we got the, little, the history of the show and kind of where you came from, and then... Uh, of course, then we followed up. We were at the show, did some live streaming, and, and had some interviews. And we're really, really excited to do it then. And Whitney and I are lined up to do it again this year. I want to talk to you all a little bit, though, about what you what you all have got going on. What What's new? What's changing? Events? Uh, let's talk a little bit about the guest roster, for example. So who, who's our headliner? Anybody? Our guest speaker this year is David Crane. He's uh, from Activision. 
Uh, he did Pitfall. He's he's actually one of the co-founders of Activision. He did Pitfall. He did I'm Pitfall, trying... Ghostbusters. Yeah, um... but I was, I was gonna say like in the past, what we've always had is, is pinball designers coming in, um, and what we really wanted to do is go away from having the pinball designer and and focus more on arcade this year, since we are Louisville Arcade Expo, and so that's why we thought David Crane would be a perfect person to to get. Okay, so. I mean, you we're also you're still doing pinball as well. Absolutely, we're still gonna have, we're gonna have video games. We're gonna have pinball machines, and we're also gonna have the console stuff as we've always had. So, but our headliner is gonna be David Crane. And do you all have any other guests lined up at this point in time? Anyone that you can announce? Yeah, yeah, we do. Uh, Jeremy knows a guy. Um Really cool. He developed like some Apple II games, was it? Or was it? Was it? No, it was. Uh, oh, the TRS. No, no offense, but yeah, Trash Eighty games. Yeah, Trash yeah. Eighty games. I think even the TRS Eighty guys say that in. Uh, uh, you know, ingest. Well, if they're legit, yeah. Well, let's let's talk about that for a second because we didn't talk about this a lot last time, episode four. Not only are we you doing video game, uh, arcade game, pinball machines, years a heavy, heavy representation from the console and the classic computer side, and that's a little bit more of Joe's arena. And we didn't have Joe here in the studio last time, so give us a little rundown, Joe. Maybe a little bit of your history and kind of what you collect and how you got started. And then let's talk a little bit about the show. Sure, yeah. I had uh, older brothers, so uh, I was the youngest of four. So my two oldest brothers are older than everyone at this table. As a kid growing up, so they had a Commodore. Did he just call us all old just in a polite way? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I yes. did. Absolutely, did. I did. Yeah. Well, they call themselves old, so uh, I, I just okay. want to. So oh, there's a out. transitive property. Okay, whatever. Nice. Leia is old. <laughs> so, is, yeah. Um, so basically, like, as a kid growing up, I played. Uh, you know, Atari 2600 and Commodore and all that. And then we got a Nintendo for the family because that's what you did back in the day. You didn't, one kid did not get a system and then the next kid got a system. Or at least you, not. Didn't you rent the system or did you never go through the rental? Oh, like, dude, we rented systems all the time. We okay. could afford like owning a system. Yeah. Yeah. So the reason I got into collecting older systems was I could never afford the latest one. So I would buy, I would go to the flea markets and buy the older ones. So I, and I don't know, I'm, I guess I'm a pack rat kind of, so I never sold the old systems. I always just kept buying them as they were older. So like this year, I finally bought a uh, an Xbox 360, which, you know, in 2005 was like a big deal. And Jeremy's making a funny face. But wow. anyway. Yeah, I didn't know he did that either. That's, this is kind of weird. Shocking news. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we're all learning I, I, stuff today. Don't worry, I haven't played it. So, But anyway, so like, uh, so I got started because the goal back in those days was of course I was raised on NES and Sega Genesis and Super Nintendo and whatnot, but I also spent a lot of time in the arcades and I didn't play a whole ton of pinball, but I always loved the pinball machines that I did play and always loved all the arcade machines that I played or videos, however you want to. Now, what, let's let's get a frame of reference. How old are you? How old are you, Joe? I will be thirty-five this year. Okay, all right. So you you still had a little bit of arcade run out that was still there. You could actually go into a quote-unquote arcade oh yeah okay. yeah where i grew up was uh, next to fort knox and there was three arcades okay and we used to go all the time so the my favorite titles are actually the mid to late 80s titles because that's what i was a kid remember playing that being new but i still love you know galaga pac-man miss pac-man asteroids all the classics as well because i also played a lot of those and then by you know mid 90s we just we played some but they were all the arcades were dying, so we didn't care as much anymore. But I got pretty big into fighting games, too. But anyway, long story short, so I was always a console guy because that was easy to collect in my era. But I always wanted some arcade games. So I bought... Actually, the very first thing I helped a friend buy was actually a pinball machine in the late 90s in a 
when we found one in a bargain mart. I don't know if you all remember that or not, but yeah. great times. So for people not from Kentucky, oh, I think that was regional. I think that was maybe a tri-state thing. I think it was. Indiana, maybe Indiana, Ohio, Kentucky. Maybe it's like, a thr- it's like a thrifty nickel. Yeah. It, it, yeah, we, we, check, we checked those too. The higher yeah. end bargain. It's yeah. before yeah. Craigslist, really. Yeah, it was you know? it was a print classified ad. Yeah. It was weekly. Yeah, it was weekly. Yeah. It came out like Thursdays it, or something. And if you were looking yeah. for something, you, you tried to get like to the store like late Wednesday night or early Thursday morning to get the... I got a Battle Zone and a Route 16 out of a bargain mart under free items. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> cool. Incredible. Actually, I, and Matt Matt took the company truck and we, we drove over and picked them up. Yeah. That free. That was pretty cool. That's yeah. crazy. That was oh, the first that's awesome. two arcade games we had. When I first started, I actually had to sell a few through the bargain mart because there wasn't really... I think Craigslist was out there, but not to the degree it is. I mean, because it started in what San Francisco, yeah. And I, you know, I don't. I'm pretty sure it hadn't gotten to the to the degree to today where it's regional, where you've got them for all these cities. But anyway, so but yeah, yeah. So me and my friend Ross, we were in high school at the time, bought him and his dad a Flight 2000. So it was freaking sweet. We electrocuted ourselves a couple times, messing around with some stuff, trying to get it fixed up. That was my first foray into everything. But I wanted, of course, always a Galaga. And I didn't get one in high school, but I did get one many years later when Jeremy and I, I I bought a few machines, but I never really knew what I was doing with them. I was just kind of messing around. So I had those for many, many years. But in 2009, Jeremy and I were working at the same place. And I happened to be mentioning some of these things about it. And Jeremy was like, oh, yeah, 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 dude. I have tons of pinball machines. You need to come out to my hangar and check it out. And... You know, that's when the magic happened. Your hanger? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Is there any more to that? I didn't know you had a hanger. Oh, Is yeah. It just- it's, it's a big steel building like, oh, okay. like you have. Uh has a plane in it. Therefore, oh. Yeah, it's the only real difference between your building and his building. He's got a plane in his. Yeah. Yes. I did not realize it. Cool. And the whole sidewall opens. Oh, that's cool. So. so you go out to his hanger and check out his games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm not exactly sure. You know, in episode four, New Hope, if they, you know, described everything about, you know, the the Lax Alliance or whatever, um, <laughs> and how this all came to be. But uh, yeah, now, it, it basically, it was kind of like kindred spirit minds. Like, oh yeah, yeah, you're huge and hardcore into consoles, and you kind of like arcades. Well, I'm huge hardcore into pinball machines, and I also like arcades. So yeah, that's cool. I didn't realize that you all had worked together, Jeremy and and Joe. Yeah, me and me and Joe work together, and and of course you know Matt because he's your brother. Yes, okay, absolutely. gotcha. It, it I've was... never met this man before in my life. <laughs> <laughs> so what we wanted to do is have like a uh, originally the idea was like having a barcade or something like that that we can open up. We have a couple more friends that were involved um, originally, and it just turned into a uh, kind of like a nightmare as far as you know thinking of insurance and where we have this and how we staff it and things like that. And then finally it was just, well, Matt and I used to always go to these pinball expos um, in Chicago, Allentown and things like that. So why don't we just try this out in Louisville to see how it works as far as having our own arcade show. Well, I guess the upside of that is, is one, you can try it and two, you're not in a constant, you know, if it's, if you, if you've opened a location, it's every day. Yeah, I, I know this. No, you're right. And and when we were going in, we thought it would take three years for us to break even. And we just thought the first year we're just going to just make it, you know, worst case scenario, we're going to have a really, really cool party at the Holiday Inn. I went to the first year. I didn't take any games. And uh, from what I could tell, I mean, it turned out great. And it seems like it has because you all, you all have continued to grow every year. A lot of what you all do, you don't really advertise. It's word of mouth. I know you get some local coverage. Uh, since we've been doing the podcast, we've tried to cover you. Do a little local radio. Are you all invited for that, or do you all seek that out? 
Or it seems like you have in the past. I think you've mentioned it to uh, We get invited. Do they find you through, we, we through do a, what? We I mean, do do, a are you working release. through? Okay. Like Joe always puts out a press release. The local media loves covering this because it's, you know, it's a fun thing. And we try to raise some money for charity and some canned goods for Dare to Care and stuff like that. And everybody has a good time. It's oh, family friendly. So That's a good point. Yeah. You've got a donation area in the usually every year. And I guess you will this year yeah. in the front of the, uh, the venue or anyone that wants to bring canned goods or anything. For every uh, like two canned goods you bring, you get a ticket. For a raffle we're doing. Okay. And I think a ticket's a dollar, a uh, raffle ticket. This year, the big prize, and that's the centipede, actually. We're doing. Oh, wow. So we're hoping we get a lot of money in canned goods for that. Well, every year that, that I can think of, you all have given away a game is like the capital prize, right? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, the first year, we gave away a pinball and an arcade machine. Oh, I knew you gave away. Um, just been downhill since. Then. <laughs> well, well, you shouldn't no, have set that. You shouldn't. The, have, the pinball machine was for the for the tournament. I know. I'm just joking. Yeah, yeah. You shouldn't. You know, you set a precedent. You know, it's like, what do you do now to to top yourself? Yeah, yeah. it's it's just well, like it's just like dating. Yeah. You don't give flowers on the first date because you're expected <laughs> to give flowers all the freaking this, time. The, you know, this show is full of tips, not only game related but life related. <laughs> That's right. What was the? We may have talked about this last time. What was the story on pinball? It was a space shuttle, right? Yeah, that's right. Was I've got in my mind that that was on a TV show somewhere. It was, yeah. No, they, they told me about this, and you need to you need to get them for the full details. But basically, you know that them history channel, two that, guys here? the American Pickers or whatever. Okay, like they they are another set of pickers. They are pinball pickers right here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'd go that far, but uh, it was it was a kind of fun story. I mean, it, it started with the Craigslist uh, posting for some old Bally Bingo machines. The, the guy, I can't remember how much you wanted for the bingo machine, but looking at the picture, um, of course, it came up as pinball. And um, looking at the picture in the very back, you just saw a a partial side of a of a pinball cabinet and it had an astronaut on the side. And so was, you knew it was Space Shuttle. I was like, oh, that has to be Space Shuttle. And so I, I emailed the guy saying, hey, I'm not really interested in the, the, the bingo machines you ever sell, but how much is that Space Shuttle in the, in the background? You know, he said, well, it is for sale. And that, then we started talking to him and... I really didn't have any pictures of it whatsoever except for just the side because there's so much stuff in front of it. But we got it pretty cheap. It was stored practically outside. It had a roof on the barn, but it was very open. On so the it sides. was literally in a in a three sided barn. It was very weathered. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, and Matt and I went down. I almost want to say it was the day after Thanksgiving. I think it's one of those Thanksgiving type things. I just Probably. remember there being a lot of snow. Very cold. Yeah, it was, it was a lot of snow and uh, you know two wheel drive pickup truck. You know, I think I don't know if we got stuck maybe once. I don't know. It just seemed we like did. we were in the middle of nowhere, and it was we like really Horse Cave, Kentucky. I think. It was. I think it was called Center City, Center, Center City. Kentucky. So it was like if you go to the Center that, of Kentucky. That sounds Center very. City, that sounds Kentucky. very familiar. Yeah. So yes, yeah, so we we got the machine. We started fixing it. Marco Specialties donated a lot of parts to uh, to working condition. I remember the machine to have been stored as you say it was. Uh, that's surprising because it looked very nice. And then Marco jumped in the first year of an event and donated parts. Yeah, that was nice. pretty cool. Very nice. Yeah, and after we fixed it up, actually, the, the guy that won it, Matt Gosselin, he was our first uh, pinball tournament champion. He's since then he's uh, put a CPR play field in it. You know, it looks even better now. So pretty cool. So he was very excited to get the game. And to tie it all back around with the American Pickers thing, the guy that we bought the game off of on the show, there's this is an episode where they're in Kentucky and the guy has these big buildings. What was his name, Jeremy? Like Tootie or something? Oh, that's right. It was Tootie. Yeah, yeah. and he had, like, he's a big guy with a cane. And he has like a hot tub in one of his like storage hangers awesome. and stuff. This is all on the show. Anyway, so that's the guy who uh, he was selling the game for a friend. But but it was just cool to talk to him a little Did, bit. About didn't the they buy thing. like a 
kiss or something that they wanted to turn into a table or on something. On their show like that. they bought a bunch of games and it seems like they always pay too much on Yeah, I do remember yeah. that one where they bought the I think it was a kiss they turned a coffee table, but there was also uh I remember them buying a Muhammad Ali and take yeah. it to the Texas Pinball Festival. But that was kind of No, cool. I don't even remember that. Yeah, there was I've, a Texas Pinball Festival. I've seen quite really a few cool. of the shows, yeah. but I don't recall that one. I've, I've seen one where they, they pick up some kind of hockey-type game. That's they, the one they took to the Texas Pinball. Bobby Orr? the hockey thing. No, it Not, was like, wasn't it one of those bubble ones? No, it was or, a, uh, like a two-player, like, end-to-end type thing. It, yeah. was, it, was, it was laid out oh. almost like a joust pinball. Yeah, like joust for, pinball. Yeah. Right. Was that the Gottlieb Jr., whatever, like his son's game? Didn't he have one? Alvin, uh, Alvin it, G? No, it wasn't that. Oh, Alvin G did about. have one, though. He did have one, but I don't, maybe it wasn't I don't that. think that's what they had. Yeah. That, this is a complete tangent, but this show's known for that. So it, that's how we end up with seven-hour shows because Whitney and I tangent to know it. Right. But so we'll have to go back and check that out later on the History Channel. I'm sure someone is listening, going, "They're so wrong." It's blah blah. blah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's Send all your happen. hate mail to Matt at actually no. Whitney at. <laughs> I, I did want to bring up real quick before I forget, but when we were talking about having uh, donations and stuff like that, oh, yeah, and Derek yeah. Care involved, the one person who pretty much brought balance to the force of LAX, Ken Yoder, he's with E-Waste Recycling. Oh, um, yeah. We Ken, do have a thing out, out front that people can bring cell phones and old computers and things like that, and we really encourage them to bring that and drop it off at our show for him. For recycling. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's for it's, recycling purposes, but also he is the one that stores all of our TVs and, and the monitors that we that we need for these old, sorry, classic consoles. Whatever, dude. Like I said, they call themselves old. You heard it right there. <laughs> you heard it here first. I'm going to go with I'm classic, all right? I, I'd forgotten about Ken. Yeah, Ken's uh, is actually Bluegrass E-Cycle. And Ken, we, when we sit around the table and we think of heroes, his name pops up first because yeah. I called him on Arbor Day, like 2012 or something. And I was like, hey, I'm sure. Because I was trying to- What day to, is Arbor Day? Do you know I think what? it's uh, April 22nd, okay, actually. Okay, right, I have to make a note. Hmm. All right, go ahead. I think. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm sure we're going to get another like hate, hate mail. Hate mail like, to You Joe. do not know when Arbor Day is. Oh, my God. But I wish I did. But the Louisville Arcade Expo is brought to you in part by Arbor Day. <laughs> <laughs> did you get? Did you get actually get a hold of him that day, or did you I get did out of office for Arbor no, Day? No, I told like here's what was crazy. <laughs> I was like, you know, I need to call like a. I think it was Matt's idea. Actually, he's like, dude, you need to quit going to Craigslist and trying to find these cheap CRTs. Surely to God, some recycling place has a an ungodly yeah. amount of these things. Yeah, Joe was buying old TVs that people throw out every week. On and so and we were like, storing them. You're storing well, old TVs. People it's are hard to do. Out. And I'll say this. From the first year you changed venues to the Ramada. The Ramada Plaza. Yep. Okay. There, there was quite a few that was at the first location. Year two, come to the Ramada Plaza. And we'll give the address and the specifics here in a little bit. But just the sheer volume of trying. I mean, I couldn't imagine going out and trying to buy all of those. I didn't think about storing them, but go ahead with what Kent, where Ken stepped yeah, up. Yeah, so what you're talking about is exactly true. So I think maybe I bought 20 or 30 for the first year. I had a bunch myself, maybe 10, actually, because you could just you can pick them up from people. Like, oh, I'm getting rid of a TV. I'm finally getting an LCD. Mm-hmm. It's 2011, keep in mind here. Yeah, so that was somewhat easy. But even, So then it, you could grab some. So I called Ken, and I actually got him that day. Like the, I checked all the different places. Bluegrass E-Cycle had a number listed, and it was actually like his cell. And he picked up, and he yep. was like, hey, I'm at an event right now. I can't remember what he was doing. I think he was in E-Town or Lebanon or something. Somewhere, actually, I knew kind of where I'm from. And he was like, dude, this sounds really cool, and I want to talk to you more because you don't understand. These things are so difficult to recycle, and they're really dangerous for the environment. So mm-hmm. if there's a way 
to keep them running for a little bit longer before we actually have to recycle them. I'm all about it. And it was funny because I remember I was, I think I was talking to Matt and Jeremy about it and I was like, yeah, what should I say to this guy? And Jeremy so eloquently said, dude, it's reduce, reuse, recycle. <laughs> you got, you don't have reduce, but you got reuse. So you're at least two ahead. So, Hey, we had the fourth R retro. <laughs> <laughs> So it, it really has worked out well. In fact, I actually, I need to give him a holler and, and see how he's doing and see what's going on and make sure that he's he's good to go for. I've talked to Ken a little bit. I haven't talked to him in a while. Actually, it crossed my mind that, that I need to give him a call myself. He's got an arcade game. I know that he, he's got a, at least a Galaga. Galaga. Yep. And he'll bring that out. And uh, I've taken some stuff up to his shop made a tie back to him through you all you know i didn't throw you all under the bus but i said yeah i know you're involved with the guys and i take some games out there and he's actually even called me before and said hey i've got this old piece of test equipment that came in are you interested in it you know and i mean he's he just along the same lines that, that you're talking about joe he's just he's a great guy oh yeah and uh, he really and he doesn't want to see anything go to waste but if it's something that's useful you know he he's more than willing to try to do something with it so to, but, to go back to what Jeremy said too, like in years past, he's actually brought stuff that has been out in the environment, like a circuit board and what it does to the environment and how it damages, like, I don't know, the ecosystem and stuff like that. And it's really crazy to see like, you know, those green, like the way yep. that plastic just peels off and there's, you know, those older ones have those lead solder in them too. And it's just like, he likes getting all that stuff out of landfills basically. So if you've got anything that you want recycled, any kind of electronics, Anything yep. that's just sitting, honestly, I mean, think about it. I have gotten, I don't know how many calls when, when folks know that I do, that, hey, you do video games, pinball machines, do you want an old stereo? Yeah. Uh, how, they're, how they're related, I have no idea. But I get all these calls about old that's electronics. Works, I know. And You need an 8-track player? I've got one. To, there's an 8-track player actually right over here in my game room as part of the decorations. Well, right. that's exactly See, how it's related. That's, that's why you get them. <laughs> There you go. I think I just proved that I'm old. <laughs> I think that's what I just because actually I actually used that's I didn't even pick that up at a thrift store. I had that back in the day and listened to eight tracks. Nice. Wow. Did you have a mixer with that too? Like you could have done some early podcasts with that. Oh my gosh. You know I think it does have a mic input. Oh yeah. No, you we used, we used to play with those. Yeah, we used to record on eight tracks. Yeah, you could record eight tracks. You know, this took a ser- serious tangent. Now I don't know where to go with this one, Joe. Thanks. Yeah, sorry, dude. That's all right, but. Yeah, if you've got anything out there and you're coming to the show and it's sitting in the corner of the garage, bring it in. There'll be a bin out in the front. Ken will be glad to take it and uh, take care of it. And then hit the canned good things again. Give us give us a rundown. Yeah, so if you bring uh, two canned goods in, you get a ticket for a raffle. Do two, two canned goods or a dollar for a ticket. Do a drawing, and the main prize is a centipede full-size arcade game this year. Okay, and so. I was going to to bring that up too. It's not just a drawing for the capital prize. I know in years past you had other prizes yeah there's other prizes too we usually get our uh, vendors to donate stuff and artists and things like that we've got some pretty sweet louisville arcade expo hats that are going to be in the drawing i know brent's been eyeing them so oh yeah he's gonna have to buy some tickets he, you know we try to throw in as much cool stuff as we can we have to throw a broken token shirt in there i don't know who'd want one of those yeah please if there's anything yeah someone wants to donate for the raffle that's you know we love it that's great all of that goes back into charity you yeah all the money's of- gone to cozair uh cozair children's charity and uh foundation and the canned goods all go to Dare to Care. Awesome. So let's hit the dates and the times. We haven't touched on that yet. Give it to me. Who, who knows it off the top of their head? March 6th through the 8th, 2015. Friday is 2 to midnight. Saturday is 10 a.m. to midnight. And Sunday is 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. And that's where? The Ramada Plaza in Here. Louisville, which is uh, 
64 and Hurstburn Lane is the easiest way. The address I think Jeremy has memorized. It's uh, 1776 Plantside Drive. And what's your website? LouisvilleArcade.com. This just popped in my mind. I want to ask you all about this. Do you all still have a domain name, ArcadeRx? Yes. yes. That's our LLC. Okay. Yeah. What What is the genesis of the ArcadeRx? There's smiles and grins. <laughs> and I ask a question. <laughs> well, it's almost another hanger story, and a lot of beers, I think, were involved. But uh, I think that'll start Jeremy off on the right path. Oh, man. So. <laughs> <laughs> Joe's driving the bus, so, and Jeremy's under it. So we're thinking like Arcade RX. We're trying to think of like a cool name for our LLC. Like if we're, if we're going to do something. I know, thought it was some Dr. Mario thing. Sort of. So okay, I mean, all right. So you're on the right track, but yeah, kind, kind of. So this is like before we have our first year show. And at this point, we're not even sure if, we're our, if the show's going to even work. So we want to have an LLC to, you know, to have a little bit of a liability away from our, us individually which makes sense I mean, yeah and so we're not exactly sure if we're going to be just a rk expo at this point so we want something a little bit more generic that we can do something with later on maybe open up a you know like a little club or you know barcade or something like mm-hmm. that uh, so start throwing all, around all these names we wanted you know we thought arcade expo we thought little expo um that's that's all expo oriented then we started thinking like okay what if we do like repairs and stuff and you know, the, our whole idea is we're we're trying to bring back arcades, and and you know when you're bringing back stuff, it's it's like you're revitalizing it. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of like a, and we're trying to satisfy the addiction of arcades, and so it's like the arcade drug, the arcade RX. It is the, an addiction. You know, it's like we're yes. the we're the pharmacy of yeah <laughs> pinball. Get your fix, arcade. baby. Well, that's cool. Yeah. So, and then the dual meaning was the RX could also be retro expo. Retro expo, right? Oh, that's awesome. So it's okay. it's kind of kind of fit. I actually know, pretty didn't well. know that. So you didn't know that? I didn't know the RX part. The uh, retro. Well, you need expo to get in the crowd. You need I to do. Get in the group. I do. It's me and you on this end of the table, and those two down there. I know. I know. Matt was probably passed out. Probably was. <laughs> so. <laughs> Show when you when you come to the event, expect oh, uh, talk talk about admission. What's admission? Are we doing a tournament again this year? Yeah, it's uh, it's twenty dollars at the door a day. The best deal to do is to go to our website and pre-register there. It was fifteen dollars a day online, so that's a big difference. I think it's it's still fifteen a day online. <laughs> right now, I'm not probably. exactly sure about this uh, at, yeah, at the time of this podcast, but. It'll um, be a little higher probably when this airs. Yeah, yeah see, this, this show should air. Uh, we usually come out like in the 20s, you know, around the 23rd, 24th of, of the January. month. January, okay. So, yeah, January, that's when it'll hit. Yeah. So, it, sh- it should be $16 a day pre-registration. It might be 19 Whoa. You just better pre-register as soon as you can. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it is going up by Bottom the Bottom line is you save money if you pre-register. I, I'm looking yeah, at the site so. right now. When I first brought it up, it was 15 and now I've refreshed since 15.50. So it's going <laughs> up by the second. Yeah, it is. So if, if you're at the door, it's $20 for the day. Yeah. What's the square footage on the building? Is it 30,000 or it's, something? It's close to it. Yeah, the, the main hallway is 20,000. And then we have, I mean, probably, probably, probably about another 8,000 square feet and all the side rooms. Yeah, I think it is 30,000 total, just about, or more than that, actually, because the main room is 22. The one where we do the seminars and the concerts is 3,500. Okay. Bottom line is it's really big. Yes. So if you've never been before, you should check out YouTube. There's plenty of videos. Look at like we've uh, got coverage of it on our site on brokentoken.com. Yeah. Check out brokentoken.com. They always do a great write up on it every year. It's we kind of look at the broken token write up. We used to like always try to document each year of how many games were there, what was going on, but you guys do such a good job writing up like the history of the show that it's it's way better because we're always so busy doing stuff at the show. We don't have time to even see all the games. 
half the time. So well, I know last year in past performance is not indicative of future uh, future events, but last year there were so many pieces that we couldn't do it. You know, I know Whitney, he likes to go around in years prior, he's been able to take a picture of just about everything. We had to kind of fall back to areas of six and eight and ten games just because there was just so much. I know we started out kind of right where the pinballs met the videos, and, you know, things will change, I'm sure, but it just continued to grow and grow and grow, and I'm thinking that, you know, you're going to have a turnout like that again this year. I mean, it I'm sure yeah, we, it promises to be good size. We always plan for about 20, 30% more games when we do our layout for electric and everything. Mm-hmm. And really, it's just the turnout from all the collectors is just amazing. Yeah. For every every game that you bring in, you get free admission. So, for the weekend. Know, for the weekend, for the right. Weekend. So if it's $20. What's our, what's our weekend price? I think it's 45 uh, online. Uh, or is it 35 online? 35 online. I can't remember what the door price well, is. Well, no one ever really gets weekend prices. No one usually it, gets weekend But passes. if you just think about it, you're going to save... I mean, you are bringing an ar- a full size arcade or pinball machine in, but if you when you bring that, you're you're saving forty five bucks, and if you bring two games in, then you're saving roughly ninety dollars for the whole weekend just to have your game set up and you know take a massive beating from all the people. Yeah, and the game has to be set up on free play so everybody can play it, and uh, it's fine if you want to sell it. That's totally understandable. But yeah, we you know without people bringing games to the show, the the show doesn't work. So we've been lucky each year more and more people bring games. We hope that continues this year. Well, you said something about it taking a massive beating, which is kind of a... It was, that was kind of a joke. Yeah, I mean, that's it, kind of a... I mean, we have so The more games you have, the less of the play occurs on the machine. Like, for example, last year you could walk around to all the pinball machines and the arcades, and there was many that did not have a line. I mean, you can just walk up and just go ahead and play it. When we first started out uh, the first year, I mean, we had probably, what, 30 games? No, we had no, probably, probably 50 or 60. Like, 60 at least. I don't know. Maybe 10 games. I mean, <laughs> it's going to get less you know, and less. I think there was just one Pac Man in the center of a room, wasn't there? <laughs> but it, it was hard to get It was there. a very long, I mean, it was a long line being like, you know, four or five deep. And, you know, if you're waiting around, you know, and somebody's just playing pinball and, and, you know, they're really good, it's like, man, you could be waiting here forever. So, I mean, but that game's never getting a break, you know. But if you have more, a lot of games and there's not a lot of lines, that, that machine does get a break from, from all the play. The other thing we do for all the people that bring machines too, each machine is entered into a raffle for prizes. So on Sunday, what we do is we give away pretty cool prizes that you know that that your game's actually winning. So if you bring three games and they're there every day, then you have nine tickets that are for some raffle prizes. Like oh, I didn't uh, realize it's a daily thing. Yeah. I thought if you brought three, you got three entries. It's you get no, a- each day. Each day your game's there, it gets an entry. And then also if you show up on Thursday with the games. Even though Thursday's not even open, we're, we're trying to encourage people to bring them in early so we can get everything set up. You also get a ticket for that day, too. So if you bring in your games on Thursday during the load-in, you can actually have four tickets for that one game. I must be the most the unlucky person on the planet. <laughs> when you have you people, when you have like people like Zanzibar. Because no, you bring a lot of games. I have not. And not that I want. It doesn't no, matter. No, there's a lot of prizes, though. I'm but surprised. I have in... In, I mean, when you have Zanzibar bringing ants bring, from Zanzibar bringing forty games, yeah. I mean, he's setting the pot, you know. Just yeah, well, of course, well, he's got he's got so many tickets. But I, you know, I've never won a thing. That's never funny. have. And then also, we're not included. So all the games we bring, or our company, or whatever all our right. individual brings, we don't count in the prizes. So you know, so you have a pretty good shot of winning something besides Brent, I guess. But. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, for a while, I thought you we were like, "Oh, it's him," and just throw it away. <laughs> no, I I sweated it. It is kind of funny. I didn't re- didn't realize that you had that many chances to win, which is awesome because I've seen a, a, there's a gentleman here locally that has 
he bought his first arcade maybe within a year or so ago. So it was maybe, well, actually, let me, let me think of this out. It was probably three or four months before your show. So it was a little over a year ago and he brought it to expo last year and he walked out with a Star Trek Translite. Nice. Oh, cool. And I mean, he was just, I mean, it was awesome. It was a great experience. Like the new Stern. Yeah. The new Stern. Stern, Yeah. Cause Stern donated some stuff last year. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. He was thrilled about it. It was a, it was a great experience for him. It was a great experience just to come to the show and to kind of get into the community. That's great. That's great. We're a little bit all over the board here, so let me, which is common for this show if you've ever listened to yeah. it. So let me let me try to bring it all back together. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, starting what this was it the sixth of March? Yes, March sixth, seventh, and eighth. March sixth, seventh, and eighth. Mm-hmm. Website. Louisvillearcade.com. Louisvillearcade.com. I always go to the old one, so that's why I got a little. Then our Facebook there. page, facebook.com slash Louisville Arcade. That is a lot of current info. Headliner guest is going to be uh, David Crane of Activision, mm-hmm. who is you know heavy on the console side. We all know him from from Pitfall and the Atari. And I've listened to a David Crane interview recently, Joe. I didn't realize how how many other things he'd had his hands in. Oh yeah, so. he was a big deal. Still is. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's still he's still involved in the industry. Can goods for uh, raffle tickets. All the proceeds go to Dare to Care. Can, go, can goods go to Dare to Care. Money goes to Cozera Charities, Children's okay. Hospital. So. Great. If you bring a game, you get free weekend admission. And then you, uh, and I'll circle back around to this comment you talked about. And it was a joke, obviously, about getting beat up on. In the years I've been to the show, all the crowds have been great. They have been. It has been an unbelievable kind of group of people that come. It's a lot of uh, a lot of folks come from from out of town. Of course, you get a, a heavy heavy showing from folks here in Louisville. A lot of families. Coolest thing for me is to bring a game that I played when I was young, and then have a six or seven or eight year old step up to it and play it. And it's like watching myself, but from behind myself play the game. Very cool. So, Very deep. Yes, that, it is. that was deep. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, always a very great crowd, a respectful crowd. Um, I will, from kind of a technical side of the house, if you're going to bring a game, you all have always been really good about, like, if a game goes down. And if it goes down, it goes down. I mean, because they're just not used to it anymore. I mean, these games are 30 and 40 years old. old games. If you're going to bring a game, put a little time into it, maybe. You know, just because it's... I know you all are very easygoing about it. Personally, I'm, I'm I like to have my games up. I know you all have seen me every year with the stuff I bring. I'm all, I'm working on at least one piece, and I just can't leave well enough alone. But you know, just a thought. Just if you're going to bring a game, maybe go over it a little bit. If there's anything that needs a little attention, because it's going to get played. It's it's not going to be just like you turn it on for your week the weekend at your house and you're you're going to get a couple plays on it. It will get played through the weekend. People will be there and they will be enjoying it again. Right, and we have we have volunteers walking around too. And if, if you know if the game's acting up or there's a stuck ball or something like that, uh, maybe even a button's just just a little bit out of adjustment, so it's never you know the fire button's not working anymore. I mean, we'll do some very very minor stuff as long as the owner is okay with that. And if not, then what we do is we just basically turn off the game and just put a little sign on it. And um, and you all don't even manage keys. You all ask for the owner's name and we actually, on the game. We actually do have a key box if somebody wants to give it to us okay. at the front desk. They can do that. A lot of times it's kind of 50, 50. Some people don't really want to. It's fine. You know, and the volunteers that are walking around looking at machines and kind of diagnosing them. These aren't your run of the mill. Like we just got these guys off the street. These are guys who were previous techs or our current techs that can actually kind of do some quick diagnosis. And then again, with the owner's permission, if it's cool, we can do more, but that's just kind of just want to throw that in there. So we've hit the arcade side real heavy. Let's, we've got Joe here. The third 
big piece to Louisville Arcade Expo. We, we've alluded to it a little bit as the console side. Yeah. Console and the, the home computer side. So just give, give us a rundown. You know, what kind of floor space you've got, you know, what you're what you're expecting. Most of the consoles tend tend to come from collectors within kind of the group. There are are, are, are do people like me to show up and say, I want to bring this. No, no, no. All the machines are either owned by us or owned by very close personal friends. So we don't encourage people to bring them because Con- know, consoles are old home computers. Yes, because, you know, if there's something that goes wrong with them or, you know, if it accidentally shocks someone, that's a liability issue for us. So. We own almost all, probably 99% of all those. And the amount of space we use, we use those side rooms for the majority of that. And then we also have a little bit of kind of bleed in where there's just, just depending on the amount of space, where you have some consoles kind of hanging out with all of the pinball and arcade machines too. And then, of course, the 80s living room also is, I kind of count that as console area. And it hit that 80s living room, what is that? So the 80s living room is just kind of what you would have seen in the mid-80s at anyone's house. It's the big console TV that's like a piece of furniture. And then you've got the old chair. And that's how you, I mean, that's just how you played. It's all hooked up through old connections. There's no HDMI. It doesn't have any of that. So that is legit how you played in 1985. Complete with like the newspaper stand and everything, right? Like like an end table, wasn't there? Like a oh, coffee yeah, table yeah, yeah, yeah. that coffee I table mean, is my grandmother's old table. And then the phone. That's Everybody the, loves that phone. Yeah, that see-through phone that's like, <laughs> you, you can like look in and see all the circuits and all the wires. That was my phone when I was like 10. So like all that stuff. And there was an old Trapper Keeper that I had in second grade. And then Matt and, and Jeremy's, I think, aunt and uncle had the 1985 Cardinals like... <laughs> You the dorm have. phone book. Yeah, yeah. So, like, if you, you know, if you're going <laughs> back to call Purvis Ellison in 1985, you know. Well, I mean, it's 2015, so if you're going back yeah. to 1985, you, you know who to call. Yep. So, sure. you're good to go. Ghostbusters. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's 85, right? That's, that's 84, close. I think. 84, and then right? also, Joe, talk about all, all the demo units. There's some amazing demo oh, units. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, like, I used to work at Babbage's way back, and they used to have really cool demo units in those stores, you know, like GameStop, Funkolin, and all those places. So, whenever I think PlayStation 2 came out, all those guys were like, ah, get rid of all this crap. And I was like, no, 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 wait. What if I buy those from you? And so I got, you know, pretty good deals on, you know, some like Super Nintendo, Nintendo 64. and Now these little, are the store kiosks. Yes, type. they're the kiosk thing. So those to me look really neat because they usually have extra lights or extra sounds. Like the Nintendo 64 one will randomly just have Mario talking. I don't know how they do that. There's some extra like sound chip inside there. So you'll just hear, Hello. Those are really cool. We also do a lot of console-specific tournaments, which those also, not not proceeds, 100% of, of whatever gets put into those goes to Coaster Children's Hospital. They're not as like fancy, and the prizes aren't as of a big deal, but it's just kind of a cool way for people to compete and just be like, oh, yeah, I'm better than you at Dr. Mario. Yeah, that's right. So, so we, what kind of consoles are people going to see? I mean, we all would kind of expect maybe a Commodore 64 and an, an NES and... What are some of the more outrageous non-mainstream things that you'll that you'll have there? You'll see you anticipate some, having. Yeah, yeah, you'll see some random stuff like uh, the Pioneer Laser Active. I don't know if you've ever heard of that one or not, but it's actually a laser disc player that you can hook up Sega games to if you have the Sega adapter for that, or TurboGrafx-16 games to if you have that adapter. No, so, I've not seen that. Yeah, so that'll be. Well, dude, you, you got to come go for a walk when I'm you're have at to the some, expo. I mean, Jesus, hey, I, I stay busy, man. <laughs> I, I hear you. No, I hear you there. Whitney just go, 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 and I'm just running. I got to get away from it. Yeah. I, I'm actually interviewing, you know, for for Whitney's replacement at this point. You all just don't realize that who's in the running. Nice. That's excellent. <laughs> no, I love you, Whitney. Um, one of the favorite things of mine to show people is the Phillips CDI. Who's, who's Whitney? <laughs> I don't know who Whitney is. I've heard of Whitney. <laughs> I don't know. 
which was um, Nint- like Nintendo and the whole PlayStation thing. If you're a console nerd, you'll, you'll, you'll like that I even mentioned this. PlayStation was originally going to be the Super Nintendo CD system, but Nintendo backed out on the deal with Sony, so Sony went with it on their own, and that's why you hear of the PlayStation today. However, Nintendo partnered with Philips, and, they, and Philips had the, had the CDI system, which stands for CD Interactive, which is really terrible but very fun system. So they licensed three Zelda games and one Mario game for that system. And we love to show the Zelda games to people because they are absolutely awful. And every, they're kind of like an internet, and I don't know the word for this, right? Is it meme or meme? Meme. Meme. All right, my bad. So everyone's seen those memes, but they've actually never played the game. So when people play it, I love to see like forum comments or like YouTube video videos of people saying, oh my God, those Zelda games are absolutely terrible. I had no idea. I heard about them, but I never actually got to play them. So that is one of my most favorite things to have people play is the Philips CDI Zelda and Link games. So a lot of rare consoles, uh, r- rarely seen consoles. What about on the home computer side? I, do you do anything? In the, I know you all have a lot of home computers. I'm not the best at the home computer side. Okay. Um, I know the console side a little bit better. I know I know Commodore 64, but that's about it. But we have some really great volunteers that help us out. And they had a really awesome idea of having a museum a couple of years back. Mm-hmm. And that was, I don't know if you had a chance to go in there and see it, but we basically chronicled everything. So it started yes, off I did with like see that. Pong yep. and mm-hmm. then like, I think something that came out of Matt's like grandfather's house. It was something. like a generic Pong. It was my wife's uh, grandmother. The Wonder Wizard. The Wonder Wizard. That's right. Yeah, yeah. The Wonder Wizard, which was fantastic. Sounds like there's a story there. It's a Sears. Well, it's Sears brand Wonder oh, Wizard. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. I thought she was just really good at Pong. Okay. No, no. no. <laughs> yeah, she, she is, is the Wonder Roebuck. Wizard. Yeah, <laughs> Miss Robux. She's awesome. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that goes through and chronicles just about everything. It starts, you know, pro- with Pong and then ends with Dreamcast because that's you know the ninety nine. And, and all is it fair to say everything is playable? Everything is playable. Yeah. Even like when you did the museum a few years ago. I mean, it was quote-unquote playable you yes can sit it is down. an interactive museum it's not like nothing's behind glass you can sit down and you all have got volunteers that i've seen you know who the volunteers are because they're they're generally kind of dressed in a manner that lets you know they fit with the show right and if you want to sit down in front of uh, you know anything and play it and there's other games available there are folks there to help you switch cartridges you know, get systems running. Yep. You know, if you sit down, I remember seeing what was it, Doom running on a 386, I think last year. Yeah, I think it was a 46. Was it? You know. We had the Duke Nukem, original Duke Nukem too. Did you? Going. I can't remember I if we did that or not. But yeah, so like the. Or Wolfenstein, people Wolfenstein. Oh, yeah, Wolfenstein 3D. Yeah. yeah, good stuff. Oh, no, that's what I was thinking. It's not that it's that old. I mean, I remember that when it was new. It's, it's pretty it's, old. Well, not compared to like an Atari 2600 <laughs> or an NES or something. But you're right. No, it was Wolfenstein 3D. Now, yeah. now there's all these. Ooh, you're an idiot. I'm going to get the hate mail now. Just send it to to uh, Matt. Whitney. <laughs> we uh, we love stupid. having like uh, Oregon Trail, you know. Like the Apple II, I remember playing that in a computer lab as a kid, but I had a hard time like loading something. Because I remember Commodore, load, you know, come, yeah, a, come, come, a, come a one, one yep. you know, load Star, come a, come a one. That's easy. But I, I don't remember how to load Apple something on terrible. Apple. I mean, you had to just type load. Now you're going to get hate mail. <laughs> you said yeah, type load, and then you type run. There's no comma a comma one because it already knew it. You didn't have to address the drive. Well, it you was gotta, just so weird. It's hard. It, could Apple have more than one drive? And if you wanted to see yeah. the whole list, you had to type in catalog. Well, you had to type in list on Commodore. So that was a little okay. Easier. That's, 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 no, you. It was. It, it was. was list. It was load quote dollar load, sign comma eight because all you had to do was load what was ever in eight. That was load. I thought it was load quote dollar quote comma eight. Oh, it might have been enter, dollar sign. And then list. Right. It might have been dollar sign. <laughs> that sounds crazy. I mean, Wozniak was amazing. <laughs> 
When are we getting Wozniak, by the way? Do you know? I don't know. We're, we're sending him a shirt this year. I had the had had opportunity to meet him at uh, Tech Ed last year. Oh, cool. So I was going to send him a Little Arcade Expo shirt and invite him out. That'd be cool if he came. That would be wonderful. Yeah, that'd be pretty I amazing. wouldn't, uh, you know, count your chickens, kids. But No. Yeah. <laughs> well, you never know. You, yeah. ne- you never know. Oh, he's trying to go to Australia, isn't he? Oh, we know. It sounds like you know him better than we do. Yeah, he's. There's a podcast I listened to where it was talked about was a podcast called the Amp Hour. Uh, One of the hosts is is from Australia, and uh, yeah, he's no, no, no. It's the Retro Computer Roundtable. One of those guys is Australian, and he just recently talked about Waz, and he's going through whatever the stages are to a to become an Australian citizen. Wow, that's pretty cool. So, you know, if you're all paying for flights and all that for guests, you better hurry up and get it because. (laughs) You know, if you're going to do it, you better do it fast. 2016. We can have an expo in Australia. <laughs> oh, man. That'd be awesome. <laughs> or just, I'm not, t- hey, it's hard enough for me to take. LAX down this, under. I'm going to be very selfish here. It's hard enough for me to take games there. I'm not going to Australia. What if we had a kangaroo tournament <laughs> at LAX and say, hey, why don't That'd you come awesome. over here? Yeah. Before you go to Australia. Just kind of used you to know, it. Actually, I think David Crane might have been involved in kangaroo. Nice. Also. So that's probably all there is that. in Australia. Is you think he can make it? I mean, everywhere, he, everywhere. You think you have enough notice? Maybe. Try it. <laughs> I think you've got a job. <laughs> nice. So at the show, you'll expect to see a lot of videos, a lot of pinball, a lot of classic home console and, and uh, home computer. On the console and home computer side, as I mentioned, there'll be folks there to help. I mean... I know I grew up on a Commodore, and I'd have to sit there and study it to try to remember how to load games. There'll be folks there to help. If there's something you want to play, you know, ask. In years prior, they've had, like, white coats on. Or yeah, they'll, they'll be doing gonna, that again. They'll be yeah, doing that again. they'll be wearing, they'll be kind of like, it'll be the laboratory kind of, and they'll be, they'll be there working. And you can ask them almost anything, because there's a lot of stuff that's really rare and random, but we, we all kind of go over that stuff, and we have notes that we we study for, like, you know, a computer from the United Kingdom, which obviously, unless we grew up there, we never really messed around mm-hmm. with much. But there, there are sequences like I think that one loads off tape, so it takes a while. Also, oh, like, is it a Spectrum or is it a? No, it's not a Spectrum. I think it's an Armstrad or whatever. Oh, okay, all right. I've heard of, but not never had or seen one. Yeah, so. they're pretty cool. Cool. We had one last year, dude. Where were you? I can't see everything. I try. I do. I try to. Do you all even get to play any games? Oh God, no. Yeah. No. All right. <laughs> I did. No, we don't. <laughs> I think I think it was Saturday night last year, you know, and and I'm not organizing the show. I mean, I my my piece of this is itty bitty, and I Whitney and I follow on your all's coattails because you all have been kind enough to allow us to do that. I can only imagine what you all go through. I know that when I get there on Thursday, there are crates of all of your all's equipment sitting around and usually i see jeremy and i don't know what involvement maybe you all matt and joe stay away from it for for fear of him electrocuting himself but usually i see jeremy out there laying out all the electric just in looking at that there is so much forethought that goes into your all show so that as a consumer of the show a visitor to the show it's just wonderful i mean there's not anything to really be concerned with once you get in you get in the door and then it's just there and it's it's easy and it's enjoyable I could have said that in a much more eloquent way, but I mean, that's the truth of it. You all put so much into the background of it. Just things like even Joe said, you all, you will go through, I didn't know you did that. You all create notes so that if I had a question about that Amstrad, someone there that may not know anything about it, he's at least equipped to handle, you know, your basic types of questions, which is, which is cool. I mean, as opposed to, I don't, I don't know. I mean, that's cause that's a bad experience for, for your visitors. Wikipedia. 
you, you'd be surprised. A lot of stuff on Wikipedia you wouldn't be able to find. But yeah, actually, a lot of those notes were I think were stolen from Wikipedia. Still though, still though I mean, you, no, that's you, cool. Thanks. You thought yeah. about doing it. I mean, that's that's awesome. Yeah, and Jeremy Jeremy spends a lot of time with the power. He he buys more extension cords than anyone else in America. We There's, just got we just got a shipment in yesterday, which on a Saturday. From FedEx really? Home Delivery, yeah. For more extension cords, amazing. Every year, more I was so excited more. when they when they showed me it said heavy on the side of the box. Like I knew exactly what those were. <laughs> more extension cords. Are you? Is it because you're like you're changing the layout? It, no, it, it's because like what we said before, we always expect twenty percent more games, and the layout's changing a little bit. But okay. still, it's like we we went into our reserve <laughs> extension cords last year. Oh, okay. So right. you know, I was just thinking in my mind, you, we had a lot of games last year. Oh, uh, yes, a lot of games. I'm thinking yeah. close to two hundred. Maybe. Oh, probably more. Oh, that was yeah. crazy. I think it was about 120 pinball, probably 70 was, or 80 I thought it was, yeah, I think arcade at least. So I think it was I think that's around right about 10-ish, right. actually. And then, see, the, the consoles don't really draw as much power, so it's not as big of a deal. I had run home Friday afternoon to pick up something that we'd left. I left, and we had space around us, and I came back, and there was like two rings of pinballs where additional games had come in, and you all had put them in a, in a big circle, like back-to-back right out in front of where we were. I mean, just games were just coming in and coming in and coming in. So you'll see a lot when you come in on, a lot come in on Thursday. You'll see a lot there Friday, but games will continue to come in through Friday generally. Do we have a table for Brent this year? I mean, Are you wh- did, wh- not, sure, not for we? Whitney. <laughs> <laughs> for anybody that's wondering, Whitney is a little under the weather today. So uh, you, you all have had to listen to me yammer on and on and on and not the, not the two of us. So he'll he'll be back with us here soon. So you said the layout's changing a little bit? Just a little bit. And it's always a cool layout. It's not just like rows. We started doing the layout changes the day after last year's show. Jeremy uh, basically what we do is Yeah, we, Jeremy does a great job with the layout yeah. before he gets going too much, so we just got to give some props well, to the J-Man. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it, it, is, it is more of, is yeah. of a, right after the show, we start looking at our notes of, okay, what can we improve on for next year before, because at that point, we're kind of, I'm not going to say we're, we're completely wiped out, but it is kind of like a, it's you fresh get, like, in your you mind. kind of like this little high of, you know, during the, during the show of, this is awesome. Everybody's having a great time. Everything's running smooth. But it just takes that one little thing of, man, I really wish we would have done this or changed that, or we need more room here, or, Wow, we had a we had a Ninja Turtles that showed up. What was it, Friday or Saturday? I think it was and Friday night. Friday night. It was the worst spot we could have put it at, but that was the only spot we had. Of course, that drew a huge line. Yeah, and so it's just those type of things. Like we're gonna have like these little red marked areas of. This is only a place we're going to put games that we know are going to draw a crowd. So that way, if an Ninja Turtles does show up late, you know we can say, okay, that's going to be a, a very high volume type of game. So we're going to put it in a special area, not in a corner that's going to block off part of the console room or something like that gotcha and then you start that right after the show so it's fresh in your mind you're constantly improving is what it sounds like that's why i was wondering like even just on the logistics of the power why did you need more extension cords because it just seemed like you had at least good physical coverage but i guess if you're if you're changing the layout a little bit and you're gonna do different cells and different pockets you got to get power there yeah exactly well the reason why we chose armada plaza really is for two reasons first off we go to shows ourselves and bring games and we know that it's very difficult to or how hard it is to move a game in. Um, so we wanted to choose a venue that is, you know, first floor, very easy accessible into the, the room, not very long hallways. Um, you know, you don't want to walk a mile yeah, there's <laughs> from a loading dock. There's literally a ground level roll-up door on the back of the building where right. you can bring games right in. Yeah, and then the second thing is the power. The, the nice thing about the Ramada Plaza with the power is they have two different two power units that we that we use. Um, they have a very long SL cord on it that you can plug into. I think there's like five or six different spots inside the room. 
So we can configure however we want to and just move that, that power box to whatever makes the most sense. And last year, we, we did a much better job on our layout that we actually ended up using shorter extension cords. So we had a lot of extra 100-footers, uh, which normally before we used to run out of the, the long ones. Mm-hmm. And we started daisy-chaining them together. And, and last year, we, we ran out of the short ones. So now we just sort a lot of short ones this year. Well, you know what will happen. Now you need another 100-footer. Probably, but that's well, actually a good problem. I yeah, mean, it's always a, it's always a good problem when we run out of if we run out of power. That means we have probably five hundred, six hundred games, and that would be amazing. When do you all actually start start your setup? I'll come in on a Thursday, and you know, obviously, I'm late to the game. Are you all? Or is this a whole week ordeal for you all? Do you all get it, or is it like Wednesday or? Well, I mean, like starting getting ramped up is all week, but actually moving stuff into yeah. the building. I would I would say is it Wednesday? Is it I can't, Wednesday night or Thursday morning. I can't morning? remember how we do it. <laughs> it's it's always we such usually, a blur. <laughs> well, we try to get. I mean, we have the building from Thursday to Sunday. I think true, but I think so, sometimes we do drop off some stuff. We Wednesday try to night. drop if there's nothing going on at the hotel. They're very nice and will let us bring stuff early. If we can bring anything early, we do because uh, actually last year we uh, brought it like a week ahead. A lot of it because we were, we did an exhibit at the Slugger Museum last year. Oh, that's so right. We moved a lot of the stuff from that to the hotel early. This, and this is some cool behind the scenes stuff for people that go to shows and you don't realize you do, a lot of people just don't show up and you plug games in there is a lot that goes on around uh, surrounding that you know first of all any of your promotion like you're doing now any of the equipment that you have to have extension cords aren't free the computers to run it aren't free any kind of artwork isn't free and, and it just doesn't appear so you know just something for people to think about out there putting on a show is hard you see the guys if you get a chance to meet the guys that do it walk up thank them you know shake their hands Slip them a 20, do something. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> we got sanit- hand sanitizing stations, too. After you shake our hands. Okay, I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, and before I forget, real quick, if you're coming to the show for the first time, or even if you've been and not realized it, right across the street is a huge parking lot. So don't come into the venue and kind of get discouraged Especially if you're, you know, if you're if you're coming from out of town and you're committed, a lot, you know, you're there. But if you're local and you want to stop in for a little bit and you oh, there's no place to park, you know, spin your head around, look across the street. There's a huge parking lot. The the parking right out in front of the actual venue is a little a little scarce. Uh, there's actually a lot of place. There's a lot of space. There's more than you realize. And guys, uh, that's it for me. I, you know, I think I've hit I've hit all the high points and we've. One other thing. Oh, uh, yeah. Our pinball tournament uh, is on the Papa circuit, which I don't think we've talked about. No, we haven't. Yeah, I feel bad uh, about that. It's <laughs> actually well, the... Uh, I mentioned it earlier, and then we, we, tra- we yeah, forked off. like been all over the place. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Which is fine. That's the way we always are, too. Yeah. We're always... Our show is all over the place. Yeah. But uh, the Papa circuit, we're actually the last stop before the finals, so uh, it's a big deal. The guys come in from Pennsylvania, Papa, and run the tournament. It's one of the biggest ones in the country every year. It's it's awesome. Everybody has a good time. It's uh, You're playing against... You know, the top, pretty much most of the top 20, I'd say, in the, in the world, world come in. Yeah. So, you know, if even if you don't get in the tournament, just watching these guys play is amazing. Uh, last year, they had cameras up and were broadcasting the play up. And uh, I think they're doing that again this year. I think it they do an usually, amazing job. Usually gets right. on, uh, is it Twitch or whatever? No, they, it's Papa TV. Yeah, Papa TV. Um, I think it, now it may... I've watched it, and I honestly haven't paid attention to the URL if it branches off to Twitch. But you can go, right, you know, right to Papa's yeah. website and then click the link, and there you are. Yeah, so it's a big, it's a big deal. It's it's a really big deal tournament. So yeah, if you're into pinball tournaments, you should definitely try. It. We'd love to see a local person do good in it. You know, since it's sort of turned into a national event, it's you know it's tough to see a local person sneak into the top ten. But 
Uh, I know there's a lot of great players in town, so it'd be good to see somebody get in there. Yeah, with with each admission, you get two free entries into the pinball tournament, too. So you can walk up and play at least two of the games that are kind of in that Papa area. Yeah, yeah. just get your name on it. And we really encourage that for everybody because if you look at the IFPA rankings for all the shows, it doesn't matter where you place. It's really like for, for us, for running a show, it's just how many unique people you had that entered the tournament that makes it a quote-unquote bigger tournament. Um, you get more points for the number of people that you have in your tournament. So, so a couple see, of years ago, we were one of the biggest ones in in the U.S. And we really encourage anybody to just walk up and say, you know, I like to just enter, just play my two free games. So you walk in the door, you get your admission for Saturday, and you want to see the Amstrad. That's all you're there to do is see the Amstrad, and you're looking for Joe. It's pretty ridiculous. And you're, well, I'm, I'm impressed. You're there to see the Amstrad, but you've got two tickets for po- to play in the Papa tournament in your two hand. tickets for Paradise. <laughs> this segment has had more cross-cultural references. I just want to say that's probably on a track. We're going to have to bring you all in as regular. This has just brought in a completely new dynamic to to the Broker Token Podcast. So the Eddie Money dynamic. So, so you're there for the Amstrad, and you've got two tickets to go play pinball <laughs> on the Papa games. You know, go play them. Go use them. Go over there. And those games, so, so that everyone knows, the games that, that Papa plays, they bring those games, and they're they're in a... They bring most of them. There's a couple of collectors, too, that they... They um, rely on. Yeah, they rely on, too, yeah. So, yeah. But those games aren't kind of out in the general the general play area. All, all the arcades, all the pinballs, all that, that's all on free play. There's nothing that mm-hmm. caught... Once you get in, it's all on free play. The Just so that everyone knows, the Papa games, you have to be in the tournament to play them. Right, and and uh, I want to say finals. I want to say the finals cutoff is around seven or eight p.m. on Saturday. So as long as you walk up to the tournament area before that time, you I can, think the classics finals. I think the main finals are just Sunday all day. I, I would just walk up Friday or Saturday during, the, or even just look at the schedule when you get there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and just as long as it doesn't say finals, as long as before that finals time, you can walk up and just say, you know, I got I got two free admissions. I like to play this game or that game. And they're going to have some very unique games themselves inside the tournament that you will not find on the free play area. I've uh, I've never played in any of the Papa tournaments, but I've heard it discussed. From what I understand, they do anything and everything to make it as easy for someone as possible. And it's intimidating if, if you, you see all these games are kind of, in this situation, they're kind of cordoned and off. They've got last year and I assume this year they've got cameras over them they've got people around it's just this kind of this different kind of a situation than the free play area and it can be definitely intimidating my impression is it's not an intimidating situation just walk up there and talk to them they are great people and they are yeah, more they're, than, they're all more great people and the main thing of Papa really is to just sort of sort of be ambassadors to pinball just kind of get more people into pinball and because pinball really you know was sort of a dying thing but but it really seems like it's, you know, I don't know if that's sort of coming back or it's just more popular these days, uh, you know, the best way to describe it. But those guys, you know, you walk over there, you talk, and most, a lot of the guys running it are even, you know, top 10 players in the world. And you talk to them, they're super friendly, you know, it's a, it's a good thing that they're doing. So so definitely take advantage of the tickets. Yes, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and, and like you were saying, it, it is a little bit intimidating at first because of the cameras and whatnot. But once you go up there and talk, they're super nice. So I, I was in the tournament last year dressed as Luigi. Walked right up, played Iron Man. It was really fun. Never played it before. Did pretty decent. And uh, they were just really cool. I was like, well, what do I do? They're like, oh, yeah, just here. Give me your ticket or give me your name or, or both or whatever. And you'll and which game do you want? And you lined up behind it. I think I waited like two minutes 
just hanging out talking to people and then i went up and played and yes it was filming my game but it really it was no big deal it was cool mm-hmm. okay gentlemen i that's all i've got do you there's anything i've missed there, there's one more oh. thing I, I did want to mention uh sure. beyond the uh raffle and um some of the other stuff that we do we also do a cosplay or costume contest we do mm-hmm. two of those we're doing a one for adults and one for kids we also do uh, some free concerts. We're going to have uh, DJ K-Dog again. He does UofL's football and basketball now. So he'll do, he'll be spending either Friday or Saturday night. We haven't got that 100% finalized with uh, him and his management yet. And then occasionally we'll have other just random, like, name that tune. There's a really cool guy named Ricky Henry who does chip tunes that he programs into his Game Boy. And then he can play those. But what he'll also do is he'll do a, a name that tune, which is he'll play stuff from, like, arcade or console stuff and you can guess it and whoever gets the top whatever will win some prizes and stuff it's a nice way to kill you know 30 or 40 minutes and hang out and have a good time without necessarily playing games so and i've said this before on prior shows check the schedule you yeah. know it'll be on the website and then you all have uh, have done this in the past and i assume maybe this year too right across from the registration area you had the schedule printed up oh, on right. the wall yes. yeah. yeah it was up on huge sheets of paper on the wall so that you know you couldn't miss it you knew what was going on the case of your all show, everything is right there in that one building. It's not like you have to leave the building or any of the rooms for any of the other. The side events are, you know, down four hallways and to the left. It's all kind of right there, and it's either through this doorway or that doorway. It's yeah. all easily yeah. accessible. Right. All right, gentlemen. Have we wandered around enough to cover everything that goes on at Little Arcade Expo? I think so. I mean, this is our fifth year, so that's kind of cool for us. I mean... You know, being our, our fifth year show. I know you've said it several times. You weren't sure how the first year was going to go. Well, yeah. we weren't sure if there was going to be a second year, really. Right. And then us, uh, the cool thing, too, is on uh, the centipede that we're giving away, we got that centipede right after our first year show. It was a big event golf. You know, somebody, you know, some operator changed it up to a big event golf. And we've been kind of working on it off and on for five years and restoring it back to a centipede, kind of like our show, you know, where we're bringing back a, an arcade. And uh, it's just kind of cool that this being our fifth year, we're giving away the centipede from the first year. Do you get the that big, we picked up? Do you and, get the big event golf board? You know, we still have that. We were supposed to give that to somebody. <laughs> but if somebody wants that, we might just give it away for a prize, too. That'd be kind of cool. Well, regardless, you brought a game back to life. Yeah, I and, mean, and I don't, somebody, honestly, somebody can win that with canned goods. Let's be honest; no one's crying over the big event golf. No, the centipede is gonna be cool. I would and you're right. Not. Yeah, everybody loves centipede, and they can yeah. win it with canned goods. Yeah, uh-huh. canned goods right. or you know, just now couple, I have one raffle tickets. I have won a a raffle one year. I did get a Sega CD. Uh-huh. Nice. I did win that. I so. think that's right. Yeah, that was from Ken Yoder actually. Oh, was it? Yeah. Did he have that? And donate it? Yeah, he did. Okay, and you handed it to me. Dressed as Luigi. Yeah, but, you won. Uh, I mean, yeah. that's how it works. Well, I mean, I would prefer Matt hand it to me, but whatever. You know, if well, it's going to be you, we'll, it's going to we'll, be you. Yeah, we'll hook you up next time. Okay. All right. <laughs> 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 all right, gentlemen. Well, I appreciate the time, and we will see you at the show. All right. Thanks, Brent. Right, thanks, thanks, Brent. We're at the part of the show where we discuss a little bit of industry news, and Brent, we're not known for being, you know, uh, having our pulse on everything, but there, there we is are some, far from industry insiders. We're, we're far from industry ins- insiders, there's no doubt about it, but there has been a couple of notable items that, that have popped up in the pinball scene, and I, I do want to make sure that, that we make note of them and, uh, and, and make sure that everybody else is aware of them, too. So, Brent, just, I, I'm going to backtrack here for just a second. Uh, episode 21, everybody knows we had... 
uh, we're very fortunate to have John Trudeau on and uh, and talk to us about WrestleMania. And Brent, I went back and looked at the download numbers, and that show has just it, it has been downloaded a lot since it was released. And so I want to thank everybody who has taken an interest in that. And Brent, we've gotten emails and and you know and tweets and, and on Facebook and everything. People saying, "Man, that was a really good episode. I really enjoyed it." So I, I do want to before we get into the feedback, I will say thanks everybody who's written in, who's you know posted something on Twitter on Facebook page, uh, and saying that they've really enjoyed the episode. So I, I appreciate that. And here's a here's a shameless plug for us folks that have listened to the episode, <laughs> listeners of the show. Yeah, sh- please share that around. Oh yeah, you know, we've yeah. talked a little bit about this in the past. Whit- Whitney and I are looking just to inform people, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. to kind of get word out on things, to just be active in the discussion. Yes, you know, we're we're doing this for the love of the hobby. That's right. So if you've got uh, a friend that that's a pinball person that in, that enjoys that particular title or will, would enjoy that title, uh, if you participate in a in a group somewhere, we would really appreciate that if you yeah. share that around. Yeah, it, and like I say, it just helps to build the network and just helps to to push everything forward. And you know, we just we love to do this every month. And if it helps to get the word out, then we we thank you guys for doing what you do. So, so shameless plug over. Yeah, shameless plug. Hashtag, yeah slash shameless plug. We'll we'll end that. But um. When we talked to John in the previous episode, the there were no pictures of the LE had not been released yet. The reason that I'm bringing this up is that the LE version of WrestleMania, we now have pictures of that. It's a beautiful gold machine. It has the big, it has the Hulk Hogan nameplate on it, signature nameplate on it. It has the LCD there above the ring in the play field. And you know, Brent, I, I would, uh, I would. I would love, love, love to see one of these out on location to go play it. And I, you know, I know that we didn't really get into didn't really get into our feelings on the theme so much. But you know, I'm not the biggest wrestling fan. I'll go ahead and say that. I really have no problem saying that. I don't think the theme is necessarily for me per se. But dude, this thing's going to earn like crazy, and I love it. Oh, I and believe I love so. it. Yeah, I and think I, it's perfect and, for Stone. And I love WrestleMania because of that. You know, I feel that it's this is going to be a great thing for the operators. It's going to be a great title for the hobby in general to keep the momentum going and to make sure that the money continues to flow. Okay, so I think WrestleMania is going to have its spot, you know, in in the you know in the scorecard of history of pinball simply because of that. The new technology, just the wide appeal of the theme, uh, now with an LE coming out, man, it's it, it. I think it's big. I think it's big big thing. You know, it's it's a big thing. I think it's going to be a great follow-up yeah. for The Walking Dead for Stern. For it, sure. D- as you mentioned, Whitney, I cannot imagine that this is not going to be a big title. Uh, there's going to be, obviously, people in the in the collector community mm-hmm. that this is going to be a title that will resonate with. Mm-hmm. There's going to be people in the collector community that will perhaps pan it (laughs) well i was gonna say perhaps want it because it's going to be the first on the new technology platform that's true that's true it's it's got an an interesting play dynamic with the ring Uh you know uh we all know of the games that are that are taking on a, a life because the the gameplay is there for somebody who may not particularly care for the theme and, mm-hmm. and I, let's let's just be honest I, I don't care what the game is there are going to be people on both sides of the fence and, and there's going to be people that pan it that's yeah, exactly there's right. going to be people that pan it across the board there's yeah. going to be people that want it for the theme there's going to be people be people that want it for the gameplay there's going to be people that want it for both and there's yeah. going to be people that want it for something for everything in between all yeah. those points You're so right. in, in the bigger picture 
I'm really excited about it because of the things we've mentioned. It's on the new technology platform. It's got some uh, some interesting play. It does. I'm liking. It's, it's it's a unique game. It's a unique game. Yes. And and the appeal for 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 people wrestling fans is going to be just ginormous off the charts yeah, yeah off yeah, the charts so yeah i, I think it's going to be a great follow-up for the walking dead I, I think you're right i think you're right and for a lot of different reasons than than what the walking dead is so yeah so it's it's a it, it just looks to be a winner of a game i personally i'm looking forward to playing it i mean i want to find I one too. out on yeah, location i, I want to play it because i want to experience what's unique about it i want to see how the game feels on the on the new on the new system and every and everything like that on the new spike system i'm just really looking forward to experiencing the the how pinball is maturing with stern so it's it's really cool so yeah so everybody check that out um like i say the the pictures of stern has released pictures of wrestlemania le and um if you don't mind check out uh, our prior episode and we have you know well well at an hour if not a little bit more with john trudeau and just uh it was just just great great fun so that's new school whitney let's talk a little old school there's no school like the old school well old school but new school yes very it's both yeah It's, it's pinball circus but the new pinball circus is in um we're gonna is in the taking the original well not even the original well yes the it's, original it's, it's like the, a superset it's like the original and then completely some. screwed this up Whitney. it's all I was, good i was gonna say the original pinball circus but i don't want you to think this is the pinball circus like it like is like out today the, like the, in the pinball hall of fame that's right we're going it's not we're going to the original pinball circus as python had envisioned it yes. and the new school is is the new production hopefully of that game and we wanted to just you know kind of bring this back up a little bit uh, make sure folks were still aware yes that that plans were moving forward and you know kind of give a, a you know a congratulatory you know just a little bit of a commentary to the folks at circus Mac- maximus on what looks to be a new production facility <laughs> Awesome. We'll have a link to this on uh, 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 in the show notes. But mm-hmm. if you take a look out at the Circus Maximus Facebook page, they have just shown that they have purchased a 12,000-square-foot facility with a 1,200-square-foot paint booth on seven acres. I want to go there, Brent. And, and here's the bonus, you know, which, I mean, if you're going to purchase something, a location to per- to build pinball machines short of buying out another pinball manufacturer what's the next best thing the next best thing is to buy out a cabinet and furniture manufacturing business and they leave the equipment i mean lathes uh, you know saws you know what routers everything that you could ever want or need it's there so that that's going to be a, yeah. a huge shot in the arm, it's big time in it, man. Uh, for Circus Maximus and hopefully you know Pinball Circus. Yeah. So we we wanted to mention that, uh, give the guys a shout out, a, a congratulatory shout out, and you know everyone, we encourage you to jump over to their Facebook page and take a look. There's pictures up of the new, of the new facility. Yeah, that's great. Well, Brent, uh, before we uh, before we kind of roll roll out uh, of the show, uh, it's it's we're at the point where we we want to go through and and talk about some feedback. And man, I, Brent, I am so happy because the the feedback is really picked up over the past six months or so. I mean, we've got we're starting to get a, <laughs> and it's not all negative and it's not all negative. It's great. Yeah. So uh, we are we're really you know we're 
really starting to see a lot of listener interaction, uh, both on Twitter, on Facebook, and in email. And we've got some of each this month. And uh, you know, first off, I'll say thank you to everybody who you know who who, who interacts with us and, and takes the time to do it. I mean, we've got some really interesting stuff that I that I want to uh, that I want kind of want to you know bring to everybody's attention. Is it's it's neat to read and it's neat to hear. So it's it's pretty sweet. So the first thing up, uh, Joe Zinkus wrote in. Yeah. And I, I know Joe, he's a he's a listener of several of the podcasts mm-hmm. out there and, yeah. and an avid contributor to the hobby. Yeah. So Joe wrote in to discuss uh, LED bulbs and uh, you know the availability of some products from Titan, Titan Pinball. Yeah. We've talked a little bit about Titan in the past. Uh, we've actually talked to the folks at Titan. They were looking at it, kind of doing something, and I don't want to let anything. You know, I don't want to get ahead of myself. I don't know what where they're standing, but they were trying to do some some new and interesting things on you know the flipper rubber and the general rubber side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, right now, you can go to Titan, and you know, the Broker Token Podcast is not sponsored by not, Titan Pinball. Not not at all. But one of the things Titan does offer is colored pinball rubbers. Yeah. And they're they they don't act differently as I understand it between colors. That different colors don't signify or are not a different i think that the ter- the measurement's a durameter okay so so the characteristics of, of the rubber are consistent uh, across the colors. exactly yeah there you go well you know i've never been accused of being you know right to the point and and me neither brent yeah. I, i'll usually say something fairly fairly together one time per show and that was it that was that was that, the one that was, that was the your one, one shot that was the one shot yes no and they offer an array of colors so if you want <laughs> green or red or blue or whatever colors they've got they all as whitney said so succinctly they have the same color yeah. or, excuse me the same characteristics <laughs> <laughs> okay i get okay i get a mulligan i'll say something else pretty cool you know before the end of the show How about that <laughs> that was terrible so but anyway joe wrote in and uh he reminded us that titan actually has a line of led lamps yes, yes. so and, and and joe gave us some feedback from episode number 20 uh the mammoth one where we were discussing some coin taker bulbs and things like that and uh and, and gave us gave us some really good feedback and and gave us some insight into what titan offers as well so joe thanks for, thanks for doing that and uh, he said anytime we're up in chicago man look him up and we'll go to the underground retrocade and brent i've never been to the underground retrocade but i want to go i've heard a lot about it from uh, the, our friends over at no quarter yes 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 it sounds like a great place i'm looking forward to doing it so joe just keep an eye out man uh, i travel for work a little bit brent brent is, is no stranger to traveling uh traveling with me as well when, when we can get a you know a group uh, you know a group trip together and so man we may uh, be knocking on your door sometime soon now on the facebook side of the house we have surpassed the 600 like mark yeah and brent i wish i had my soundboard set up to the point where i'm satisfied with it because i'd have like some woohoo sound but yeah man we did it it took us a little bit of time to get there, but you know, we, we'd like to really thank everybody. Yeah. We've noticed that the, the feedback through Facebook and through other social media sites, it has it has ramped up through the course of the year and yeah. it has done nothing but pick up steam. Yeah, it's I mean, cool. We were, we were excited to finally crawl past the... Uh, and, you know, usually it's like 100, 200, 500, you know, yeah. just these milestones that most folks for whatever reason just pick out as important yeah we were for some reason kind of focused on hitting 300 yeah yeah. and and we it we finally crossed 300 and then the jump to double that to 600 uh took less time less time yeah yeah and and we're actually north of 600 as of when we record this today so yeah it's it's neat you know as we mentioned earlier we 
we're we're not looking for any kind of notoriety. We just like to give back to the community that gives yeah. so much to us, yeah. give back to the hobby, anything that we can do to kind of disseminate information and maybe entertain. Yeah. Entertain and make new friends, dude. It's, yeah, it's absolutely. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the real desire yeah, here. It's, so it's the community side of it. So now, if, you, if you haven't given us a like, why haven't you yeah, given exactly. us a like please, yet? Please What's wrong? That. Please do that. Yeah, <laughs> please jump out on facebook.com slash broken token and, and give us a like and, you know, check out what we're doing. You know, everything that we talk about, well, most everything we try to, to catalog through, through our, our photo album yeah. or updates. And you, know, you can, you can, you can kind of get some insight into what we're doing. And there are a few things that go on, out on facebook that don't get into the show oh yeah so i mean really watch them all because really i guess everything that's happening across the whole i guess um <laughs> bt you know across the whole broken broken token um, a multiverse the multiverse yeah is, is not even a universe no 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 it, it would be a multiverse is really kind of the the amalgamation of all of those so, so. Now, speaking of facebook uh whitney had some um let's just go with directed commentary oh, yes, yes. Uh, through Facebook. Yeah, listener Ben Avery. Uh, ben, we, we appreciate you uh, participating on the page. Uh, he heard me talking about my pole position cockpit in episode 20. He's like, Whitney. And so here's his feedback. He says, Whitney, please don't cut your pole position in half. He says, mine's cut in half, and I so wish it would never would have been. If you need to move it through doorways or downstairs or around a doorway corner, uh, he says, lift it up on its front or backside and put some furniture movers or a dolly under it, and you can maneuver it in, a, in the house a lot easier that way. So so basically moving it tail on its tail end its instead tail. of... Uh, yes. So, so move it so so move it tall ways rather than broad ways is is really the way that i think about that so i'm gonna have to lift you know kind of tilt it back up on its uh on its front or on its back so ben i appreciate that you know i when i when i was talking about the cutting the pole position i have seen other people on cloth do it and be successful and it looked good but i've i have definitely given it some given some consideration to not doing it as well it i think the way that i'm going to make this work is by completely stripping the cabinet outside the house and then moving the empty cabinet into the game room and uh and then essentially reassembling it all back together kind of like what you're doing here with the with the um the with, with the picture theater here, Brent is doing it on a tarp or something like mm-hmm. that. So, I was really trying trying to find a way to get it into the house easily myself without having to call my brother or call some buddies and get them over to just you know get mad at me for trying to move something like that into the house. But I think if I do it with the cabinet empty, I think I'll be a little more successful in doing that. Now, do you so, have some of the furniture movers? I do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, good. I do. It, I do. It, it, if well. Uh, you know, we're here. Why not just bore everyone with this? I was going to offer to lend you some if you did. I, pre- I appreciate okay. it, but I've got some, and I'll probably be calling you anyway. So okay, just, well, just cool. get ready. That's so cool. yeah. So uh, how let's, about some Twitter feedback? Let's say move Brent. on to Twitter. Yep. Mark Bell uh, send us a tweet. <laughs> Exercise. I thought this was great. So let's let's get <laughs> let's let's cover all that Mark did. Yeah, yeah. Which was which was a lot. Exercised. Yeah. Set up a C sixty four. There that's, you go. That's right a Commodore. On. That's a Commodore sixty four. Oh yeah. Played Black Widow. Yes, I love it. Tron. Yes, I love it. Bride of Pinbot. Great machine. And listen to all seven hours of At Broken Token Podcast. <laughs> what a great day. Mark, we love you, man. That's awesome. <laughs> what a great day. That was that was great. We're theme all day long. All day long, man. 
And let's see, uh, next, some more feedback from Twitter. We've got some from uh, J.A., and he goes as uh, the M.A. Gamer, and he says, Broken Token, I'm only two hours in, and this is the best show ever. Great blend of technical bits and humor. Hashtag Zenith sucks. <laughs> My gosh. That's awesome, dude. Does That's Zenith awesome. suck? Yes, yes, yes. So, on, on the... Gosh, I'm sorry. I'm focused on here, how bad here, that Zenith I, I, was. Oh. Here, I'll set this one up, Brent, because th- this is a little bit of a conversation here. So uh, this is uh, some tweets from uh, another fellow listener, Supersonic Brewing. Uh, I had posted uh, on Twitter working on an in-between episode that might drop tonight if all goes well. And that was <laughs> and that was the, uh, the the John Trudeau episode, you know. So I posted that, and then, and then here's Supersonic Brewing's uh, response. So go for it. At Broken Token, dang. <laughs> I'm only in hour four of the last podcast. He's only on hour four of the last podcast. Hashtag deep dive. Uh, So, dude, he he was probably listening to you talking about, you know, (laughs) some corrosion repair or something. So that's great. So I respond back and I say, hey, dude, uh, episode 20, episode 20 is massive, no doubt. Uh, we take it a bit easier on on 21 though. I, I make no same promises for 22. Thanks for listening. And then he responds at Broken Token. No complaints here. Love all the content. Yeah, yeah. That's that's really cool. That's really cool. And then another listener, uh, Ty Laurie, he responded. He responded. He said, "Listened on the way to work. The LE is awesome. Hogan, Andre, and Flair." And so he was referring to the John Trudeau uh, interview episode. So Ty, thanks a lot for listening as well. So yeah, and that's just some of the feedback that that I pulled out, Brent. And Next month, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and, and pull some of the iTunes reviews because Brent, I checked those a day or two ago uh, before um, before I started working on the show notes. But for whatever reason, my mind space and I forgot to get them in this month. But we've gotten quite a few uh, iTunes reviews, and we'll we'll cover oh, those. great. Yeah, yeah, we'll cover some of those next hey, month. Hey, and as Ty, well. I just noticed Ty. He also uh, uh, when he when he sent that tweet, he sent it at Stern Pinball Incorporated. Yes. Yeah, yeah, man. So he gave he gave us a bump out. So thank you, thank you, dude. Appreciate that. Awesome. Uh, what do you want to do now? Awkward pause. <laughs> <laughs> I'll cut that out. Yeah. Now what do you want to do now? Okay. 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 I got it. I got yeah. it. Okay, Brent. So so that was uh, feedback for this month. Uh, like I say, really appreciate everybody. It really. We'll start again. <clears throat> start that again. So Brent, that was feedback for this month. I really appreciate everybody who's taking the time to you know to interact with us here on the show. So Brent, before we go ahead and roll it out, uh, why don't we go through a couple special announcements, uh, and then we can go ahead and uh, close the show. And Brent, give everybody uh, some hours of their life back. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think this one's going to be a little shorter compared to the last oh, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But still, still, yeah, you know, it, it's we it's had pl- plenty quality. of content. We had plenty of content this month. Yeah, oh yeah, it was, it's been a fun show, man. I've I've had a lot of fun recording it. So on the road. We've we've really got no travel, you know, coming up. So, uh, so that that's kind of good. I mean, the schedule appreciates that. But uh, we'll, we'll have some we'll have some throughout the year. I, I know that. So Brent, that wraps up our feedback for this month. And like I say, we really appreciate everybody who's taken the time to you know to interact with us and, and send us comments and emails and, and tweets and everything like that. It's it's great fun talking to people in between you know in between the show episodes. So with that, Brent, why don't we go ahead and uh, just do a little bit of housekeeping here before we wrap up the show? And uh, let's try real hard to give everybody some uh, some hours of their life back. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yep. we'll we'll give you a few back. There you, you know, go. Yeah, we're, we'll give we're you a few hope- back. 
holding your life hostage here <laughs> yeah. at Broken Token. <laughs> at least your attention. How about that? We hope. So on the road, Brent, we've really got no travel coming up. It, I think our next thing, I, I think our next uh, time on the road is probably going to be June for Southern Fried Game Room Expo. Would love to get another trip in. You know, in the second half of the year, we'll kind of see how that goes. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll certainly let everybody know uh, if anything changes schedule wise on that. Now coming up very soon, yeah. and we've talked about this quite a bit in, the, in this episode is Louisville Arcade Expo March 6th through the 8th, 2015. Yep. The Ramada Plaza Hotel, Louisville, Kentucky. And again, you know, early in the episode, we had a good sit down with uh, Jeremy, Matt, and Joe. Talked through the expo, what's going on. Whitney and I have mentioned that we, of course, are, go- are going to beat the expo. We're going to come out strong again this year. We will have a, a place at the show, and we'll, we will be doing two live broadcasts. Uh, at one, least. At least. Yeah. Oh, yeah, at least. That's probably a good way to hedge that, Whitney. Uh Right now, the tentative plan is Friday night, the 6th, Saturday night, the 7th at 7 p.m. Eastern. Mm-hmm. And we're going to go until we go, yeah, it's yeah. just like we did last year. So yeah, it'll be fun. It, I think it'll be a ball. We're hopefully going to be able to put together some stuff with some other podcasters, yeah. you know, more detail to come on our side. Yeah. But back to the show, if you want to go and check them out, uh, ArcadeRx.com is one way to go ahead and find them. And, of course, Twitter, at ArcadeRx. Yeah, we look forward to seeing everybody there. Uh, here's one show, Brent, that's uh, coming up kind of hot on the heels of the Louisville Arcade Expo. And this is a show that I would love to get to at some point, Brent. Uh, it's the Texas Pinball Festival, the TPF. And that's March 27th through the 29th, 2015. Uh, there's 40,000 square feet of game room bliss. And that is at the Embassy Suites Dallas Frisco and uh, conference center uh, there in Texas. So I guess, man, 40,000 square feet, dude, that's uh, that's rolling. <laughs> that's Absolutely. A, that's a lot of pinball, man. A lot of pinball. And then, of course, Whitney, uh, the Southern Fried Game Room Expo. I cannot wait to go back to Atlanta, man. This is going to be great. It's coming June 2015. Yeah. And so we'll make sure that, um, that, that we have all the details on that as we draw closer to that. But you can find out more information on that at just southernfriedgameroomexpo.com. Don't forget to find us on uh, all of your favorite social media and news outlets. We're on the Throwback Network at www.throwbacknetwork.net. Yeah, and I do want to give a shout out to Rob O'Hara for, uh, for you know for working with us and getting us on the, on the Throwback Network. There's tons of great podcasts, Brent, on that you know on that that are featured on that network, and so it's a privilege to be part of the it's a privilege to be part of those guys uh, th- those guys's work. So yeah, it's it's neat. Look for us on iTunes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you Please leave us a review if you get a chance. We would we greatly appreciate it. It helps to get us noticed, helps get uh, a little bit more attention to the show. We get a little farther out in the community. We do read those. We do keep up with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we will look to spotlight some of those and give some additional feedback here in a future episode. Yeah. And also uh, Stitcher Radio and Xbox Music as well. So uh, I think we've got the, you know, I guess kind of like the, the big hitters, you know, covered when it comes to you know, where we can be found, uh, you know, from, from a podcast perspective. Now, speaking of uh, the big hitters, the big hitter, hitters in social media, Facebook, mm-hmm. facebook.com yeah. slash broken token. Yeah, yeah. We mentioned this earlier in the show. We do a lot on Facebook that does not make it into the show. So you can see uh, things that we're working on firsthand. We'll do pictures. Uh, we'll do photo albums. We'll do additional discussion and, and just some stuff that we've generally got going on in the arcade hobby. Yeah. So, yeah, check out Facebook. Yeah. And we can be found on Twitter at broken token. 
and of course our own website at www.brokentoken.com yeah so Brent this has been a great episode I've had a lot of fun recording it and we definitely want to say thank you for everyone uh, who's, who's listening and who's uh, interacting with us and we just say everybody stay warm I hope you had a very good Christmas and a happy new year and game on Congratulations, you made it to the end of another episode of the Broken Token Podcast. I promise they'll do better next time. Maybe next episode, they'll actually listen to me for a change. Just go easy on the guys. They don't have a lot to work with, but I know their moms would be so proud. We want to hear your feedback, comments, rants, raves, and otherwise, both good and bad. Drop us a line via email at podcast at brokentoken.com. You can also call us at 470-2-CALL-BT. That's 470-222-5528. And leave us a voicemail. We'd love to hear from you, and we might play your message on air in the next episode. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broken Token and like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Broken Token. Britt and Whitney are always posting content between the official episodes, and it's a great way to stay involved with the show between the shows. You can find our podcast on the iTunes store and on Stitcher Radio. Just search for Broken Token and subscribe to the show. Like what you hear? Please consider leaving us a review on the iTunes store and on our Stitcher Radio page as the reviews help out the show. Please visit our website at brokentoken.com for articles, reviews, restoration logs, direct show downloads, and expanded show notes for this and every episode. Once again, thanks for listening. The Broken Token Podcast would like to thank the only person on staff who has actual vocal talent, Miss Christy Litzy. And that's me. <laughs> Music for the Broken Token Podcast, graciously provided by Hacy Dixie. Head over to their website at www.hayseed-dixie.com for videos, tour dates, merchandise, and to purchase music. What is this, episode 22? This is episode 22. Oops, and you just sorry. kicked me. So, yes. Sorry about this that. This is episode 22. <laughs> oh. <laughs> To the curb! To the curb! <laughs> Marty, I'm being put off my own show. Yeah, I love you, Brent. Kapow! I just learned, everybody, I just learned how to tie my shoes. So, Whitney, I got a call the other day from the the Louisville... Arch- I, I did. <laughs> I only live here. I was like, Louisville? Did we yodel in Kentucky, and now everybody knows that.